You've seen those movies where they say, make my day, or I'm your worst nightmare. Well, listen to this one. Rubber baby buggy bumpers. Ha! You didn't know I'm gonna say that, did you? Your move, creep. The Matrix is everywhere. It is all around us. Even now, in this very room. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Doc. Huh? Are you telling me that you built a time machine? Out of a DeLorean? Hello, everybody, and welcome to an episode of the Film Feast Podcast. I am your host, Matt Bledsoe, and this week, it's one of my favorite episodes of the entire year, because it's our annual Discoveries episode. We talk about our favorite first-time watches of the past year, and that means that, of course, I am joined once again by the two men who have joined me the past two years to this episode. Uh, so first up is the host of the Varsity Cinema Podcast, someone who's been a guest on this show and many others. It's Keith Rich. Keith, how you doing? Hey, I am doing saucy. <laughs> I said that before we started the show. I'm still Keith saucy. Feeling saucy for this episode. Feeling saucy. Good. No, I'm, in, that... I'm, I'm all right. I think we're all pretty amped up. Uh, so... <laughs> Did a lot of cocaine for this episode. Uh, yeah, well. So... <laughs> I probably shouldn't say that. But I'm kidding. Anyway, <laughs> uh, and so we, uh, we are also joined by the host of the Cobwebs podcast and the Cobwebs YouTube channel, uh, Daniel Epler. Daniel, how you doing? Oh, I'm pretty good. And, you know, Keith is not lying about him being saucy because we've all got our cameras on and he is naked. I am. I am. It's a lot of like nipple to skin ratio, which is really weird. It's an odd, weird mixture. You know, you do it's, have large it's, nipples. It's yeah. more nipple than chest. So it's, uh, I would have to agree. You're sorry. Very this is well a visual. You see everything. There's a lot. You have the chest hair of a 10 year old as well. <laughs> Wow, this has gone off the fucking uh, rails. Like, no, no, this is great. Great start, everybody. I love <laughs> you <know>. this. <laughs> uh, this is why I love this episode. Uh, so we, uh, oh my god, yes, we've done this for the past two years. Daniel did it for the past three years, and you now Keith has joined us. It's my, I, I said it's one of my favorites. No offense, to anybody else. Love all my guests. Great people. This is my favorite episode of the year. Um, it, it, it it's because it's right. the most kind of fun. I mean, like, uh. Even yeah, those the other top- people are not fun at all. I agree. <laughs> no, no, it's not even the people. It's the topic. The funny well, sure thing is, is, I love this topic right. so much. We're it's doing not it again. you, Keith. It's not no, us. It's not, right, right, you guys, right, right. You guys are okay. But, but <laughs> no, no. Um, it is you guys, and it's a topic. <laughs> I didn't mean to insult you. I'm so sorry. Yeah, it's fine. Um, it's fine. But uh, <laughs> no, Keith, consult the nipples about it. It's fine. <laughs> Keith, please. Um, no. Oh so, man, I'm so sorry. It's okay. This is fine. Yeah. <laughs> this is this podcast in a nutshell. It just goes off the rails immediately. <laughs> um, you guys have not heard this yet, but uh, the episode last week, and this is so confusing. Anyway, that's an episode with Preston on After Hours uh, that's coming out soon. And I said to Preston, this should go about two hours, right? And of course, it went three because <laughs> that's what this podcast is about. Um, that's I think double was... the length of After Hours. Yes, I know. <laughs> and Preston <laughs> joke at the end. Oh, great. We double the length of After Hours. Um I think it went about three. I haven't finished the final edit yet, but I'm pretty sure it's close to that. But every time I'm like, this will be this long. And then it goes on forever. Um, but it's fine. I like when it goes off the rails. But yes, I love this episode. Love talking discoveries with you guys. Um, if people haven't heard this episode before, I'd be surprised because I feel like we have a pretty 
you know, steady listenership and people love this episode. But the, the only real rule to this discovery is, is it just can't come out in 2023. That's the only it can it can be from 2022, 1912. It's fine. <laughs> like uh, whatever year. Um, and it's just something we loved. It's a top 10. I don't know how structured your guys top 10s are mine. Like the, the order is kind of it's like kind of irrelevant till like maybe like the top two or three um just 10 movies i love this year that i found so um i'm super excited i don't know if i need to ask any like lead-in questions we just want to jump into our top tens but i mean i guess i can ask both of you uh did you feel like you had like overall like you watched some great new stuff and keith you can go first if you want oh sure um yeah i definitely think i watched some great stuff i i found that and and even and even before I started doing these shows with you guys, like before before then, I would definitely like have a little bit more of a kind of a wider net of stuff that I would pick from, and and uh, like just in terms of like I was a little bit more loosey goosey about it. Like I, I don't know for whatever reason, I think the more movies I've watched, the more critical I've become about picking what I consider my top favorites of the year, um, and I'm kind of discerning little nuanced things like yes i really like this this was entertaining but did i get anything out of it ultimately like in my soul you know yes no it was just pure trash and fun and that's fine too um and some of those make my discoveries every now and again but uh yeah i think i just definitely kind of went in with a little bit more of a discerning eye about what really kind of struck a a deep chord with me because it is uh i wouldn't say harder to get something to kind of really touch my core. But I mean, I think like with anything, like, you know, you've everybody's heard like thousands of songs. It's just like sometimes one just stands out and hits you and you didn't think you could feel that feeling again, you know, and it's not that I'm not enjoying movies or enjoying music, but it's just like I enjoy them. But sometimes they just don't hit like hit like they used to uh, like a few years ago, you know, when I'm like really hitting the ground running, watching it. A ton of stuff uh and so i think this list is like really cool it's pretty varied uh it's a lot of world cinema i've i've been i've noticed one thing at least on this list uh and i was telling you matt um i was texting you maybe a day or two ago about how a lot of the stuff i was picking was definitely more asian centric uh and i just like the last couple of years i've been just hitting that like side of the world so hard in the in in film like just i I was so obsessed with it in the early 2000s and now I'm like right back there again and discovering all sorts of cool stuff. Uh, so it's been a very exciting and gratifying film viewing year so far uh, on that level alone. Like that's been keeping me really, it's kind of like reinvigorated uh, some feelings about, about movies and movie watching for me. So that's I think that's cool. reflected on the list. So, yeah. yeah, that's very cool. I'm excited to hear your list now. So uh, I was excited to hear before, but now. But that is very exciting. I it's I think as people who watch a lot of movies uh, like after time, not like saying you feel like you've seen everything. Maybe you want to start like pushing out to different things mm -hmm. you haven't seen, exploring new avenues or like new films from a certain country or, you know, something this or that, like, um, that's kind of part of the fun, I think, of continually watching movies. You get these get these grooves, like, oh, I'm gonna watch a bunch of like Miyazaki movies I've never seen, like which I mm -hmm. kind of did this year at one point. Um, or I'm gonna watch like a bunch of stuff from Hong Kong or something. Um, I don't know. I just love that kind of stuff. So that's exciting. So uh Daniel, yeah. how do you feel like your year went with like new stuff? Do you feel like you had a good year of discoveries? 
Yeah, man, I had so much fun watching through movies. <laughs> and and this year was a little bit different for me coming into this because this was the year that I, I really got serious about doing a YouTube channel. So even more than when I was podcasting, most of what I've watched this year has been like for some kind of content. Uh, which means my movie watching has been pretty structured and it generally geared towards the main things that I talk about on my YouTube channel, which are vintage stuff, old classic movies and horror movies, particularly like gothic horror and stuff like that. Um, so that's where most of my movie watching energy has gone towards. And that's what a lot of my list kind of represents. But um, yeah, my whole year has been like, you know, different grooves of like, um, I decided to do a video on this topic. So I watch a bunch of movies from there and and I've also watched a lot more of my physical media collection this year than past years because I've always been a physical, a Blu-ray collector, but I wasn't always great about then watching them. Like sometimes <laughs> uh -huh. I would just, you know, go to streaming because there's this mentality sometimes of like, I bought it so I'm good. It's preserved. It's there for me. But then this thing might fall off of streaming. So I need to go stream this thing. Um, and I think I kind of had that mindset for a while, but not this year. This year I've really watched a lot of my blu-rays probably gone harder on collecting blu-rays and watching them mm. um so i i have a lot more like physical media stuff on my list this year too um so i just i just had a blast watching movies this year tons of fun and and i had a very long list before i <laughs> cobbled it together into a top 10 that could have easily been different but you know this is what it is and uh <laughs> and i'm happy with it i i think it's a it's a good old collection of movies not the classiest collection I think there's definitely quite a few movies where people will be like, really that that's like one of the best things you saw this year. And I'm like, yeah, I don't oh, know. Don't what to worry. Tell you. I'll take the heat on that for a couple of my picks. <laughs> I was like, he said, I feel like his list was like, or he just said like world cinema. I was like, mine's kind of trashy at some point. So then not, it's, it's a mix of things. Like it's all over the place. I've got um, some, some trashy world cinema. I might have some of that for I sure. I have some of that too, actually. I'll <laughs> yeah. just say that. Um, I feel like I tended to lean trashy uh, generally. So I, I feel like, <laughs> Yeah, I really, I, I, could, uh, yeah, yeah. Sausage <laughs> damn entertaining. I don't trashy know. films. Yeah. <laughs> Every time there's a, a shitty movie on and I'm watching it, Suzanne just leans over and goes, yep, that looks like a Keith movie. It's like, <laughs> I don't know what that means, but I'm going to assume it's a compliment. Yeah. Oh, so, I think that, that's what cinephiles you know. are now. Like, we're all watching, like, we watch Criterion <laughs> stuff and yeah. we watch Vinegar Syndrome stuff and we enjoy it in equal measure. And yeah, that's, true. that's what we're all doing. True. We're watching the trashiest stuff and like the slowest of slow cinema stuff too. <laughs> I, I celebrate yeah. it all. Something yeah. about me loves that. Like that I can switch from like a cr classy <laughs> yeah. Criterion movie to like a trashy weird Vinegar Syndrome movie and go back and forth and like... I love to jump all over the place. It's kind of like how this podcast is. Like I don't like <laughs> to do one thing. Like one week it's like hackers and the next week it's like something classy no offense to hackers keith i know we both love oh hackers, no it's like, not very good it's, it's a okay. highbrow high is a better term um <laughs> okay. but yeah i just love that that's the part of, fun of watching stuff and my list is maybe the weirdest list i've had it's very eclectic um i have i'm gonna half of the movies in this list are foreign language movies and that they're two are from japan and three are from hong kong so Ooh, man i have two foreign language movies i think it's about half in half oh wait no technically about... one technically one actually i think it's i think it's 50 50 for me maybe <laughs> maybe six but, but i think it's five yeah, yeah. five five seven. yeah i think i think my theme this year was i got back into watching way more asian cinema that was like a thing i got really into as a teenager because it was like mm -hmm. 
this brave new world of movies that were unlike anything I've ever seen before. <laughs> and like uh, my Hollywood video had a good amount of like Asian movies. Like I think it had like they had yeah. some there were like their own lines. Like, I remember what's that line called? There's like a, <laughs> I mean, I'm blanking on it. I can see the logo in my head, but there was like a uh, God, I, I can't I can't remember. But yeah, there was like they had things where I'm like, oh, I got to get this. And I went back to that a little more this year. Like I made a conscious effort to watch more stuff because I was like, I love this stuff when I was younger and I kind of got away from it. Um, even when I was younger, my friends would be like, oh, he likes those weird movies. <laughs> like anything with subtitle was just weird to anybody. You know, it was like, why are you watching those? Um, but I really do love that stuff. That. And I think it's reflected in my list. I was like, I got to keep watching this all the time because like most stuff I watch hits. Like it's not even all great. I mean, I watch some stuff that's kind of like duds, but I don't know. Just they... <laughs> It's like some, especially in like Hong Kong, just things were different. Like the way they made movies was like, I just love it. Um, You know, I will, I will say on the subtitled um, topic, Mm -hmm. I'm not as, I'm not as cool as you. I don't have a ton of subtitled stuff on my list, but I do feel like this was like a breakthrough year for me on completely warming up the subtitles. Cause like Mm. at first I didn't like subtitles and then I got to a point where like I was fine with them. But I was less likely to put one on, you know, because mm-hmm, it kind of right. felt like more work. Yeah, yeah. This has really been the year where I don't even think about it anymore, you know. And I th- and I think, you know, I would just say that as a message to anybody out there who doesn't like subtitled films, like the more you watch them, the easier it gets, you know, like some of us don't like them at first, too, or maybe not don't like them, but have a little bit of a harder time. But it gets easier. Yes. That's, I mean, yeah. there's been times when I'm it's like late or I'm tired. I'm like, well, I don't want to read anything. So I'm not going to put on a, a movie with subtitles. But that's why I've always thought like action movies, some of the best things to put on um, for uh, to like for subtitles, because there's a lot of times you weren't even like having to read anything because, mm-hmm. you know, pe- people are just fighting or something where there's like something going on. So like half the time your brain doesn't have to even worry about even processing that. So um, but yeah, yeah, there's a couple of those. Um so yeah i'm excited it's uh it's an interesting list i i i don't feel like i had a bad year but i did notice like my list last year was huge like my honor mentions were like out of control and i feel like my list this year is like much maybe not much smaller but smaller for sure um maybe i was more discerning i have no idea (laughs) like maybe i just put everything on the list but um but yeah it was hard it was hard to like kind of pick out of my like what to put in the top 10 um and sometimes it kind of comes down to like what do i actually feel like i could talk about or want to talk about um a little bit <laughs> like uh i mean it the, does sometimes t- yeah when you got to make a number, tough call it's like well what would i rather talk about i've done that yeah. many years like and my yeah. number 10 is like people are like that's one of the best thing you saw this year I, listen it's like we'll talk about <laughs> it but um it had to be on the list somewhere so i was i gotta put it on here so um anyway we're talking all about it let's jump into it um I wish I could remember who I let go first last year because I would let the other person go first, but I have no memory of that. Uh, so I'm just going to go alphabetical and let Daniel go first. <laughs> and uh, I did and go first off. last year, but that's okay. You did go first? I did. I have a well, weird memory like if that. If you're okay with the key, we'll just... <laughs> yeah, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And then we'll yeah. go around. I'll go last in the host. So we'll do. And we'll go from 10 to one and yeah, we'll read them. We'll go all around. So um, Daniel, kick us off with your number 10 discovery of the year. Okay. sounds good. So my number 10 represents a couple of kicks I went on this year. Um, One of which is I gained uh, even bigger appreciation than I ever had before. George Romero. I watched a lot of his movies, but I also uh, got very obsessed this year with witchcraft, not with doing it, but with (laughs) learning, actually learning about it and like learning about the history and the real practices and watching a lot of movies about it. And now I've I've gotten to the point where like if a movie has anything to do with witches or witchcraft, like I want to watch it pretty much. And my number 10 is Season of the Witch from 1972. 
um, also known by the terrible alternate title, Hungry Wives, that makes it sound like a porn. And it's definitely not. <laughs> um, it's a fascinating movie about a uh, housewife in the 1970s who is dissatisfied. She has a workaholic husband, um, her teenage daughter. She's very disconnected from and they don't really have a good relationship anymore. And in kind of just like desperation, she starts turning to witchcraft to find some kind of empowerment in her life. And it really uses witchcraft in a great way as an empowerment metaphor as it often is used as uh but then just as a witch movie it's extremely satisfying because there's so much visual witch iconography uh her going to shops to buy herbs and crystals and stuff and doing these rituals in her living room um so if, if you just you're you've ever been a person who's fantasized about about doing spooky witch rituals this movie will really give you that in a great way um, and then it's just such an interesting movie about like how much it can suck to be a housewife sometimes. Like really, it kind of feels, it seems like if you're a housewife, you're really at the mercy of whether your husband is shitty or not. And if he's shitty, then your life is going to be shitty. And then her life is. Um, so it's a good midlife crisis movie in that way, but a great uh, witch horror movie and George Romero rules. So that's my number 10. <laughs> Nice. Keith, have you seen that one? I have not seen it. No, I know that I know that there's a Blu-ray out there of it, but I, I have not checked it out. Um, but no, I'm very intrigued. I've heard I think I heard Rebecca McKendry talk about that title a few years ago, maybe on Shockwaves or something, and it sounded really interesting, but have yet to check it out. Yeah, I wanted to check it out after I think Daniel mentioned it in a video, <laughs> and it was on Prime or Shutter or something like that. And I went to go watch it, but it was like the 90 minute cut. And there's like a two hour and 10 minute cut. And I don't know which one you watched, Daniel. The 90 minute cut. I didn't I didn't even oh. know about a two hour, 10 oh. minute cut. OK, because I was like, oh, this must be like the bastardized version if they cut 40 minutes of the movie out um, or wait. No. I've never heard of that. Yeah. Cut. Interesting. <laughs> like um, that is right. Yeah, I was like, what? Uh, yeah, I, I was like, oh, it's that's a huge cut to go like from two hours, 10 minutes to 90 um, yeah, I really didn't feel like rushed or chopped up. I, I feel like it's a movie that does not need to be that. OK, long. so OK, so I thought, well, I'm not going to see the real version, so I don't want to watch this one. Uh, but I guess that's the one I should watch. <laughs> so, Interesting. Um, yeah. OK, that was I, I held off. I was like, no, no, I'll get like I think I get the Blu-ray or something to get like both cuts. But um, but yeah, I want to see it. I love George, uh, George, yeah, George Romero, yeah. but I have not seen that one. It's just a handful of others. I've actually seen most of his stuff, but um that's one of the ones I haven't seen. So I have to check it out. Um, okay. Off to a good start. Uh, Keith, <laughs> Keith, what's your number 10? Uh, so I, my list is in no type of order whatsoever, <laughs> just as a, just as a heads up. Um, and I, this is like one of the most recent movies I'd watched and I had been putting it off for years. I had the DVD, never watched it. The 4k came out. Finally watched it uh, a few nights ago, and I know that you're you will have already put a, an episode out about this, but it is Martin Scorsese's After Hours. Oh, uh, yeah. from 1985. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> I think it's my favorite Scorsese potentially uh, next wow. to maybe wow. like Taxi Driver. <laughs> um, I genuinely thought it was it, it grabbed me like immediately. And I given the frenetic pace and everything, I don't know how it couldn't grab someone because it's just <laughs> insane uh literally from the first shot of you know the camera dollying right up to the to to uh um griffin dunn but yeah it's just a story about a guy it's very kafka kafka-esque uh you know griffin dunn plays paul hackett he's a word processor in new york city uh leads a fairly seemingly boring and kind of 
maybe cyclical or routine life. Uh, and um, he meets this gal, Marcy, played by Rosanna Arquette, like a diner while he's reading a book. And basically that kind of sets the whole film into motion. Um, it's just like a really, it's like if Uncut Gems were fun uh, <laughs> or something, you know, like I love Uncut Gems, but it's 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 such an anxiety attack the entire time. And this is that, but like fun and cute uh, somehow. Um, I don't know. I just like, I love, I love the atmosphere of the movie. I love how kind of Scorsese makes you feel like you're really boxed in like the character. I mean, it really feels like it's just one big box or like maze that all leads to the same place no matter where he goes and it's so uh weird how you can feel lost yet trapped at the same time like you know in the same spot it's very confusing but it's super effective the ending's uh so depressing but like perfect for the movie uh and it's funny i think um the cast is insane like terry gar as like the beehive queen i don't know she's got like an amazing <laughs> head of hair and like a shelf full of aquanet um and linda fiorentino uh who else we've got Catherine o'hara john both, Hurd. both parents from home alone in the same yeah movie. both yeah both parents from home alone <laughs> cheech and chong um it, it's so insane and griffin dunn is like perfectly unhinged and <laughs> snarky and but like i was texting uh Brian about this because I know it's one of his favorite movies Brian Sauer I know it's one of his favorites and that's how I got uh, turned on to the movie and I was just like why does it seem like every like man mannerism and like body just kind of his posture and his the way he reacts to things I just felt like I was watching myself on screen and it was like really uncomfortable <laughs> and I was like holy shit like how do people stand to be around me because I feel like I'm just this guy uh and I said that to Suzanne and she just kind of just kind of nodded silently, but didn't say anything. So, uh, yeah, so I'm basically Ugh. Paul Hackett, uh, more or less, um, but without the unibrow. So I don't know. Yeah, I, I loved it. I thought it was killer. The transfer looks incredible. Uh, it's so playful and fun. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I like Scorsese's gangster movies and his other stuff. And I... Uh, yeah, I appreciate everything that he's he's done, you know, and I, I love all of his movies that I've seen, but that one, for whatever reason, like really is kind of maybe speaking more to my sensibilities than kind of a standard, standard like gangster picture or something like that, um, you know. So that, yeah, it's my choice after hours. Very nice. I had saw you log on Letterboxd like just, yeah, <laughs> like a couple days ago. And I was like, wait, yeah. that's Keith? No, I don't know if you'd seen it or not because uh -huh. I was just like, I don't, he maybe saw it and like they put the little like I've watched her icon and I was like, Keith's gonna love After Hours. Like, I just know he's gonna love After Hours. Um, so I'm glad you enjoyed it. I, it's so yeah. you're gonna love the episode that comes out, uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> can't wait a uh, few days. Uh, I, that movie is so good. It's like, I, it's Mars Cortez made a lot of great movies, obviously, yeah. that kind of goes to insane, but, um, when I watched it when the 4K came out, it like jumped way up, it almost in my top five, like. But I'm, that's behind. I mean, like you know, Goodfellas my number one, and then it's mm -hmm. what it, like Wolf of Wall Street and Departed yeah. and Casino, and it's like so. And then it's like mm -hmm. then there's After Hours, but it's like those are great movies to be behind. Like me and Press talk about this a little bit. It's like it's so hard to pick a favorite Scorsese because like it's got a lot of good ones. It's hard to rank them. It's like like his six best movie is somebody else's like absolute number one masterpiece. You know, um, <laughs> totally. 
So, I mean, it's funny because I just talked about it last week. So, I don't know how much I have to say. People just listen to the episode. Um, we talked a long time about it. But uh, <laughs> everything you said, I echo. It's fantastic. I love how Griffin Dunn's, like, trying to keep it together. Like, yeah. and kind of trying to be polite to people. But he's, like, clearly losing his mind. Like, I love that kind of thing. Like, it, oh. I think I compare it to, like, Simon Pegg and Hot Fuzz. Where it's, like, he's trying to keep yes. his shit together. But everybody's just, like, needling him. But also, like, they're kind of, like being polite but he's like losing it and like um i think and i laugh so hard at a couple things but the thing i think i laughed the hardest at like guffawed was when he's trying to go on the subway yes he doesn't have the right amount of change yes and because after midnight and the guy's like i can't let you on he goes okay buddy come on it's like i'm whatever 40 cents short who's gonna know and he goes He's like, I could leave. I get drunk, go to a party, tell somebody. It's like, <laughs> it's like what? Like, oh, it's so good. Scenario. Um, it's so good. Yeah, so many great little performances throughout the movie. Uh-huh. Um, it's yeah, it's it's fantastic. It's, it's hilarious. It's really yeah. great. It's... Yeah, yeah, loved it. Yeah, I love this movie. I I first saw it by renting the DVD from the library because oh, it was nice. a difficult movie to see for a long time. Uh, was very happy to see it for the second time by getting the, that 4K. Um, I'm not always the biggest fan of cringe humor, but After Hours is like the best example ever of cringe humor because <laughs> it makes me very uncomfortable because like the so- the social situations are so awkward in this movie. And like, it's a movie that makes me like get down on my knees and thank whatever higher power that I'm not single because just <laughs> the idea that like, you know, you meet Rosanna Arquette. Yeah, you're going to try to go on a date with her, but like you go through just, there's so much awkwardness to try to go out with her and in, like it's so uncomfortable that oh, without thinking twice he's like okay i gotta get out of here like it doesn't matter how pretty rosanna arquette is and he yeah. starts like faking yelling at her and being a jerk just so he can have an excuse to leave um <laughs> i love that it's such an uncomfortable movie and it's awesome and i wish yeah. martin scorsese would make another 90 minute movie i will just say i don't know why yeah, they all have uh, to be i'm with you yeah four hours long but yeah. uh this is a great 90 minute movie yeah so good um yeah. i'm glad you, i'm glad you liked it because yeah i saw that i was like he's gonna love it after i was he hadn't seen it yet so um yeah fantastic uh well i'm gonna bring things down from <laughs> martin scorsese to my number 10 directed by christian dugray uh or i think i tell you for that dugay uh live wire from 1992 <laughs> starring pierce Brosnan. Oh, there's so many better movies behind Livewire that didn't make the cut. But but I love Livewire. I talked about it incessantly uh, earlier this year when I first saw it because it like just was like all the sweet spots. It hit everything I love in like a 90s uh, action movie. Um, and I went on uh, Dirk's podcast and talked about it like any excuse to talk about Livewire. I still may do a whole film piece about Livewire. Like, I just was like, what is this movie? Like, um, it's so it's it's energy level is like ratcheted up to like a hundred at all times. It's so insane. Um, basically, these terrorists get a liquid invisible bomb that uh put in you know people's water and they drink it, and then when you drink it, it's activated and you just blow up, you become a human bomb. <laughs> And Pierce Brosnan's a bomb disposal expert in DC. He's kind of a dick. Like he's like, <laughs> uh, the first thing, maybe the first thing you see with him, he's trying to defuse a bomb in a woman's car. And he's like, the shots like him, it's like between her legs because it's under her seat. And he's making, you know, comments about that and just being like, this guy's kind of a dick, but um, it's so different than him being like bond. It's just so funny. He was bond three years later. Um, 
And at one point, my favorite thing in the movie that his his ex-wife, or I guess they're not divorced or separated, is having like an affair or relationship with this uh, senator um, played by Ron Silver, played by Ron Silver. And everybody in town seems to know about who Pierce Brosnan is, who his wife is, and she's having this like affair with Ron Silver. And Pierce Brosnan walks into this building and these two security guards are like, oh, that's the guy who's a uh, wife sleeping with Senator Tavares. And Pierce Bros is like on elevator, gets off the elevator and is like, <laughs> so like they're, he said, that, like, oh, they're fucking. He's like, they're not fucking. OK, <laughs> like, they're kissing. They're kissing. Like he's, like, <laughs> he's very adamant. Security guards like, hey, they weren't fucking. They were kissing. And then gets back on the elevator. Um, <laughs> it's just it's so much fun. The explosion scenes are crazy. There's like a thing at like a uh, outdoor like kind of circus playground thing where there's like a clown who's gonna blow up and like <laughs> Pierce process trying to get him away from a crowd and it's like so like ah, like the energy is just so bananas um has a great ending where he becomes like MacGyver slash Macaulay Culkin Home Alone and like dispatches with these guys <laughs> it's like um it's a blast it's 85 minutes what more could I want from a movie <laughs> like there's a robot there's a uh, name Madonna I mean my god Boy. it's like it's it's so much fun. It is so much fun. I uh, I, I love that movie. I watch better things, but in my heart, I was like, I got to put Livewire at 10 because I want to talk about it at least one more time. So yeah, Livewire. Wow. There we are. I'll jump in uh, because I, I did watch this movie on your recommendation <laughs> and uh, I enjoyed it. I didn't think it was as fun as you did, um, but but I enjoyed it. But I have to mention my, my favorite thing about this movie, and uh, I always mention it when this movie comes up, which is shockingly a lot. Uh, and it's that at the beginning, so he's diffusing a bomb between a woman's legs uh, that her husband put there because she was cheating on him. And this is his revenge. And when Pierce Brosnan diffuses the bomb, his advice to her is you should go back to your husband. <laughs> And I'm like, he literally tried to murder he her. Shames but... that woman. <laughs> oh my God. It's Jesus. yeah. And then she's got a bomb between her legs again at the end of the movie. Of the movie. Like, I thought I told you to go back to your husband. <laughs> and she's like, I did. This is from the other guy. Oh my God. I oh. need to see this movie. I assume this is a Tubi movie. I don't know where it is now. I okay. rented it. <laughs> oh, okay. It's not it on Blu-ray. Like a... Okay. Yeah, it only has a DVD that I had yeah. to buy, and I was happy to pay for it. Um, <sighs> an unrated DVD that I think just has like a longer love scene. I'm pretty sure, wow. <laughs> like a very cheesy '90s love scene. Um, again, it gives me it's, it's the like two everything. hour ten minute cut. <laughs> That's what I need. <laughs> I would take so much more of Livewire. <laughs> like <laughs> I always complain things are too long, but I'm like, I don't know, Livewire could be like three and a half hours like killers of the flower moon um you can you can rent it on amazon prime it's what i see okay, you can rent it on okay. prime um yeah it needs a blu-ray i don't know I mean, it's a perfect like kino lorber movie i feel for like for sure yeah okay. um okay. 90s action is like kind of in their wheelhouse i feel like um oh, could even be like a vinegar syndrome like vsa honestly totally yeah <laughs> like, that could work i like um, that Somebody put it out. Arrow. I don't care. Anybody. Criterion. Where are you? Like, come on. <laughs> like That would that's... be amazing if they put out a Vinger Center VSA because then all the Blu-ray collectors are buying it. They're all watching Livewire. And that would just be kind of amazing. <laughs> yeah, that would really help spread the word about Livewire, which I do it all year long. I just, man, mm, love it. Uh, so, yeah, that's Livewire. <laughs> I did a whole I episode never, on I the VHS podcast and me and Dirk. So you can hear me talk wow. about it way more on that, too. Um, Keith, you got to see it. No, I... I, I... I, I had to look it up while you were talking because I was like, why does that sound familiar? I've totally seen that video cover from like back in the day as a kid. <laughs> cover. Like, I, yeah. it, it's great. It's a lot of fire. 
it's a lot of fire. <laughs> yeah, so it's much a lot fire. of fire. Pierce Brosnan uh, looking cool. I love how the tagline is: "Your body is ninety three percent water." <laughs> dot dot yeah. dot. No one is safe. <laughs> <laughs> and you gave uh, it four stars, so you did. But then you did say, "Not a great movie." I mean, it's so. I listen. I understand it's like four stars for me. I understand like. <laughs> To most people, it'll be like two and a half or three stars if they're, you know. Um, I gave it three stars to give you an idea. Yes, he's a great example okay. of like, okay. and most people will be like, this is fun. But I like went just gaga over it. And I don't necessarily know. I think it's just because my oh, taste. Man. It's very much to my taste. Like, I want to see it so bad. Yeah. It's, it's a good time. No, it um, looks great. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Daniel, you're number nine. This works out because my number nine is my live wire of the year. Uh, the movie that I think most people will give two and a half, three stars. Oh, I for some I reason, I went nuts over it. I give it four and a half stars. Ooh. And that is Prophecy from 1979, directed by John Frankenheimer. Oh, wow. Uh, an eco horror movie in which an EPA guy is called in to gosh where where are they like alaska or something like that but um he's called in because there are a bunch of native americans who are protesting a paper mill company that's chopping down trees because they're taking their land away from them and he wants to he's like a a real left-wing activist kind of guy and he wants to shut down this paper mill um and he does find out the paper mill is doing horrible things to the environment contaminating the environment and this all sounds like a very like legitimate like kind of political social commentary film and it like is that, but it's also like super trashy, ridiculous monster movie because how the company is polluting the water is like causing animals to turn into these bizarre, grotesque monsters, uh, and including the main uh, antagonist of the movie besides the paper mill, really, uh, which is a bear, a bear that has been <laughs> mutated into a giant monster. And, you know, the special effect is is not great as a 19, you know, 70s mutant bear, but um, I love it. I just find the movie I do think it like works enough as an adult drama. It's got kind of a ridiculously character who's like kind of unlikable, but I also kind of like him. Um, and he's got this failing marriage with Adrian from Rocky. And uh, it's like, it's like this really well-made movie and John Frankenheimer can make a movie, you know, yeah. by the way, I just realized like what an idiot I am because this year I also watched John Frankenheimer's the Manchurian candidate, which <laughs> I also list. loved, but probably made the list. Wow. <laughs> wow. We're really leaning to this whole thing about like, yeah, we like trashy stuff. Yeah, like I do. I'm, prophecy. A, <laughs> I'm just, I'm a hardcore horror fan folks. Okay. It's always going to be my favorite it. genre, uh, but I did love the Manchurian candidate. I thought it was awesome, but yeah, like that guy made a mutant monster movie. So like, it's a really good version of a mutant monster movie with just some ridiculous <laughs> over the top nonsense in it. Uh, so I love Prophecy. Uh, I've talked about it so much this year and went so crazy for it. I would be lying if it didn't make my list. This is your life wire because it I totally gave this is. three stars when I watched it. All your recommendations. Yeah. Like the inverse of what we just talked about. Where <laughs> I thought it was good. Um, isn't there a subplot about the main guy trying to get his wife to have an abortion? Kinda, yeah. She he really doesn't want kids. He technically is not trying to get her to get an abortion. He just keeps talking okay. about how he does not want kids. And oh. she got pregnant and she's afraid to tell him. So technically That's... the A word is never spoken. Okay. He's just like she's afraid to tell him because he doesn't want kids. Because he like doesn't want to bring more people into this suffering world. Blah blah blah. It's it's that kind of <laughs> and thing. he said that in 79. Like think of it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Good point. Uh people could afford things in 1979. Anyway, uh yeah, going into <laughs> 80s greed, dude. 
Wow. You're white. You'll be fine in the 80s. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> oh, thanks, Ronald Reagan. Anyway, uh, so, um, yeah, I like I mean I liked it. The bear is insane. Like the, I thought it was like the, the effect worked for me. I just I I don't think I was into the maybe the human drama of the whole like the and the guy is unlikable. The main guy is really unlikable because it's like that whole thing about like he's just kind of a dick to his own. <laughs> and it's like i mean but i get it I, it's like he's technically is... not technically like they seem to have a good marriage she's just afraid to tell him that she's pregnant oh i see i thought i remember being kind of like a dick in general <laughs> like i don't think more... he is <sighs> there I is mean... this one line i did a podcast on it with hayden and chris mm -hmm. and there's this one line we quoted over and over because it's so funny <laughs> but he's talking to these native americans and they're talking about how like you know their land is being taken away from them which is kind of a big deal and he's like <laughs> You know, there are people in the city fighting for a single square foot of living space. I just thought you should know. So it's like him being judgy oh, to them wow. for not wanting their land ripped away by a paper company. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay, that's probably what I was thinking of, too. It's so <laughs> funny. So it's it was like so little bad. things where you're like, yeah. But I mean, I enjoyed it. The three stars is, you know. So that's your life wire. I get, I get, it kind of yep. works out perfect. Yep, yep. Um, Keith, have you seen Prophecy? <laughs> this is another one that I've heard about for years. Uh, the Killer Bear specifically and how not great it looks but i'm curious uh i, I definitely fun you know it. if you like practical monster movies it looks fun I, i'm into it and I, I like i think john frankenheimer has made some of the greatest films of the like i don't know uh, just in film history i don't know i just like love you know the train and i love ronin and and uh seconds and all and manchurian candidate and stuff so i mean he's made such good movies uh i'm just so curious about this little odd piece and his filmography for sure and i love the cover of it uh i've eyeballed that blu-ray for a year or two now but i just haven't pulled the trigger so i need to make uh need to make that change could be some good things to add to your watch list here i feel like absolutely no, this is great i'm like writing stuff down and be like i need to bump these things up up the list <laughs> we're giving you some good three-star movies <laughs> it's, it's kind of my wheelhouse dude like that's kind of listen exactly if you watch like live wire yeah. and prophecy in the same night that's a good time that's gonna be a good, good double <laughs> i am so in oh all right uh keith what is your number nine uh, it is. Uh, I got a classy joint for us. It's another cool. Criterion title. Um, so at the beginning of the year, Suzanne and I, my wife, Suzanne, uh, for those who don't know, uh, we were we do this thing, and I know I've mentioned it to you guys before. We call it the back burner series, where we go through and we watch movies that maybe the other one hasn't seen or whatever. So we did one where it was the Criterion back burner series, and we went through all the titles that we've had that we've like had for over ten years at least and 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 you know kind of in descending or ascending order rather um from the oldest to the newest uh just trying to like work through old like old discs we've never watched uh sad to say but sometimes it takes that long to get there um and one of them was a french movie that i was just like absolutely knocked out by and i and i know that it's like a big deal in certain circles but i don't know a lot of people that have seen this personally i don't know if you guys have seen this but it's called lahen or len uh lahen it looks like lahen it's, oh is it lahen it's, that's how i yeah, said it's, I don't know if that's it's how it's, it's lahen i guess in french uh i looked it up i wrote it oh, out okay uh, I've been saying it wrong for years. I just okay. say I just say Lahane because uh, I'm American. So, uh, but it translates to hate or hatred or the hate. Um, and basically, it's a kind of a 24 hour kind of time frame where there are these three friends, uh, kind of kicking it in the suburbs and 
in Paris proper uh, while they kind of await news of how their friend is doing. He's, he was uh, beat up. He had a police altercation. And at that time in, in France in the 90s, uh, there was a lot of socioeconomic unrest. And so there were a lot of clashes with the police and protesters. And uh, yeah, so he basically got in an altercation. He's hospitalized, but also in police custody. And so they're just kind of waiting and they're killing time. And that's basically what this movie is. It's three guys that are kind of viewed as maybe uh, less than uh, in like a social kind of standing, I guess you'd say. A lot of them live at home, uh, you know, probably equivalent to like food stamps and maybe the projects, that type of vibe. Uh, But it's three guys. One of them is Vincent Cassell. And basically it's just them wandering around from kind of like mid morning, afternoon, all the way till the next morning. And, And they're up all night just wandering and what it really is at least in my in my opinion is is it's its own kind of coming of age kind of tale uh in a sense like you you kind of understand the dynamic of the friends and why they're friends but you also understand how quickly they can push each other's buttons and you can kind of see that maybe one is more interested in kind of getting out of the life and like making something better of himself. The other one maybe is a little bit more kind of fine with what's going on. And the other one really wants to kind of prove himself. And he's a little bit more aggressive uh, and like obsessed with like gangster culture, guns, things like that. Uh, I'm not going to say much more than that because it's more of an experiential type of film. Uh, but it it is... When the end happens, uh, it reminded me of something like when I went to see, I think maybe like Hereditary or something like that, where I was just like physically shaken by it. Mm. And it's an incredibly enjoyable movie, but there are parts as you get along, you're like, oh, this is something's like, it's building to something. Um, and uh, I, I won't say any more than that, but it's it's gritty. It's it's a very visceral type of experience. And I think it's like legit five out of five type of movie. It's It's very much my kind of thing. Uh, it's got a great soundtrack. It's very like hip hop of that time, like boom bap kind of stuff, which I, I love that kind of style of hip hop. And, uh, the 35 millimeter is like film is just like insanely beautiful to look at. It's so crispy and gorgeous. And, uh, the director did go on to make Gothica, which is not great. Uh, it's not a very good movie <laughs> at all. I remember seeing that in the theater and being like, why did I do that? Uh, why did I go to this? But he made a really killer debut and i would highly recommend if it's been sitting on anybody's shelf or if it's barnes and noble criterion sale right now so like this would be such a great title i'd put it like in the category of like um like a train spotting in terms of like that vibe of like indie kind of movie of that 90 mid 90s era um so if you're into that kind of thing uh i would highly recommend it i think it's absolutely phenomenal okay i'm making a a letterbox list so how do you spell this uh, it's L.A. and then the next word is H-A-I-N-E. 1995. Okay, 1995. cool. 1995, yep. Yeah, I have so. not seen this, but I've almost watched it many, like, I think a couple times I've played on it. I've almost bought the Blu-ray blind because um, the movie I just heard about for a long time. Like, mm-hmm. it, I've seen a lot of images from it, a lot of clips from it. Like, it's just one that people keep talking about even after this many years i'm like hey well it's almost 30 years it's just insane to say but yeah, like yeah. it's just one of those movies that had like a buzz always around it and i feel like it was one of those like 
I don't know how it sounds like like a knock, but like a film school kid movie. Like if it was a kid's be like, that. you gotta see this movie. Like it had controversy around it. You know, it was like, uh, you know, like the French, I like French train spotting or like one of their yeah. big indie hits. Um, but I've never actually watched it. I think because I always heard it's a real, I thought it was a downer. So it was <laughs> like, maybe you don't necessarily want that, you know? Sure. Like, um, so I'm always trying to find the right time to watch the movie, but I've never actually done it. So I should probably do that soon. So check up it like find me. Yeah, I think it's just highly it's it's very relatable. Like as you go through it, you can you can find nuggets of yourself within the movie and within the the grouping of friends and stuff. So I don't know. I related to it pretty hard in certain aspects of it, but uh obviously it's a very it's very much its own thing and 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 I can't speak to a lot of that experience, but uh I, I don't know. I but I get what you're saying about that film schooly kind of vibe. It definitely is that, but it's like well well deserving of that title like it's 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 like masterfully shot yeah, it's it's even, so fucking gorgeous it's yeah. one of those movies when i was getting to movies that people would be like oh, you gotta see this and it was like kind of you know like a like an indie darling type thing and people mm-hmm. like people in the know like you know people like movie people would be like oh you gotta watch this but like the guy in the street would be like i don't know what that is you know so it was like i remember kids like because train spot is kind of the same thing people you gotta see train spotty it's so crazy um so they're always kind of associate my mind too <laughs> so mm-hmm. um yeah i will i will probably check it out soon here i might go by i might just buy the blu-ray i don't know <laughs> so yeah i've never even heard of this doesn't cool. sound like my thing but you always have a very much not my thing pick so <laughs> oh, i respect it Keith. i had thoughts about right. it. i'm like, sure be Daniel daniel's alley but i mean that happens sometimes <laughs> so. doesn't sound as disturbing as a lot of your picks usually are, it's not it's not it really isn't it's not disturbing okay. really no uh they're just they're moments and and like i said the ending kind of packs a wall up but um i think it fucking rules i think it's great <laughs> it's it's like really uh, it's like really easy to get into it if that makes sense like it's very entertaining mm-hmm. for what it for what kind of movie it is so so it's not so like a, a slacker kind of thing oh boy no god no no, no, no the no. most it's... brutal experience you've ever put no 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 sorry life. sorry hey i didn't tell you to press play i just no, said i liked it uh True. no uh no it's nothing like that it's very much following a narrative the entire time okay it cool. is so not slacker this is an sorry. actual like put together <laughs> film in 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 a, in a, in a like like a quote-unquote normal structure yeah 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 did yeah. you ever it's watch slacker Matt? i was gonna say i'm sorry to say i have not watched slacker keith and that's I know okay like i understand one. i understand should be the tiebreaker when that was your number one pick was that just last year or before it was last year but it but it hit it hit me just like in the right i was just like in the bag for it at that that very moment like that could have easily not even made my list if i watched it the day before the day <laughs> right, after. right you so, said that you like just, couldn't yeah. finish it like four times before yeah you i tried to it. watch it like four or five times i could not even watch past like the first wow. 10 or 15 minutes yeah so i could yeah, remember last year your list Brutal. was like a thing where it wasn't really structured you was like here's 10 movies or was that like your at the time you were like this is my number one with a bullet it, it, this is it like, <laughs> I, I don't think it was my number one with a bullet i i wouldn't say that but i mean okay. it, it was just like one that i found that did something for me you know it resonated with me uh I think you would like land a lot, a lot better. <laughs> I'll just say that. I, I mean, if nothing else for the camera work and um, the acting is, is incredible. I mean, it's, it's like if you took train spotting and taxi driver and mashed them together or something like that's the vibe. Um, but like not funny, <laughs> you know, like it's, but it's also, got humor. Not like taxi funny. driver, a riot. <laughs> oh, I meant trains. Train spotting <laughs> has moments of humor. Yeah, I knew what you meant, but it sounded taxi, funny. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, you know, yeah. Crack up yeah. taxi driver. 
<laughs> yeah, I know. That's a um, hoot. That's a, that's a real hoot. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. It. I mean, very different from your <laughs> last pick, Keith. I'm going to take us yeah. back to like yeah. fun. I, I, it's, I don't want to call it trash. It's just very fun and very lighthearted. I finally saw The Last Dragon. Oh, man. 1985. <laughs> uh, I loved Last Dragon. I was like, this is maybe more than any other movie I watched this year. The one where I was like, why have I not seen this before? Because it's so up my alley. Like, talk about like live wire here on my sweet spots. Like, Last Dragon, too. Last Dragon has like real, like, big trouble in little China vibes to me. I think when I was younger, I thought they were like somehow related or they were the same movie. Um, but it's a year before Big Trouble in Little China. But um, this is the one I probably talked the least about like what it's about because honestly, I watched it a long time ago and like the plot was like not the thing I was like, you know, really like, responding to. Just how fun and stylish the movie was and the soundtrack. And like, I think I wrote something in the Letterboxd review was like, I wish half the movies made or like, I wish movies were like half as fun and joyful as Last Dragon because it just, it's like, it's just such a good time. Like it's like martial arts and like this, the music in there. And like, it's, uh, you know, you've got vanity who I feel like I always end up liking vanity and everything I see her in <laughs> like, and she's, it's not her. She's beautiful. Uh, and then, I mean, God show enough, like the great villain in yes. show enough. Like, yes. um, so I really, I don't have much to say about it. I was like, that's the one I was like, I was like, I don't know what to say about last dragon besides it's just a really good time. Um, I, I was, I think I, I was to say, I think it's in the mail, but I think I finally bought a uh, Blu-ray 4k of it. Cause I was like, I gotta own last dragon. Um, it's uh, yeah, it was, I could not believe I hadn't seen it before. Like I watched it and I was like, what, what have I been doing <laughs> sleeping on this movie? Like, um, probably one, I saw parts of it, like friends houses as a kid, or, like a sleepover or something like that, but never saw the whole thing. Um, I don't know. Had a great time. Loved it. I don't know what to say. <laughs> so it looks like you both have seen it from your reaction. So, uh, Keith, you want to go first? <laughs> Sure. Yeah. I just watched this like a month or two ago. I had a, I had somebody at work ask me if I had seen or heard of it. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. He's like, <laughs> I'm not going to, I'm not going to describe it, but I'm going to give you my copy to, to watch. And I, so I checked it out and I was like, Holy cow, this is a bananas. Like the whole time. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, good movie. I would not say uh, it's good, uh, but I would say it check it like exceeds in the entertainment uh, category. No question. Uh, the fighting is really fun. Yeah. I love when Shonuff kind of glows. He does that like red glow uh, towards oh, the, the glow. end. I think yes. that's such a great, <laughs> that's such a great effect. Oh. Uh, he is like borderline almost too annoying for me, that villain, but like he somehow <laughs> is charming enough to keep it together. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't have a lot to say about, about last dragon, <laughs> uh, Barry Gordy's last dragon, but yes. uh, I would say that it is a damn, good time and there's some decent fight scenes i really like the uh fight scene in the movie theater uh in particular that's probably yes. like my favorite part of yep. the, the part of the movie but yeah <laughs> and vanity yeah of course yeah <laughs> period <laughs> daniel last track yeah yeah i super love this movie um I, it was actually it was an honorable mention for me last year just didn't get mentioned because i i had to head out before the honorable mentions but that's i saw right. it last year i loved it i remember during the third act thinking like this is like as satisfying as satisfying as action movies ever get. Like it's <laughs> so yeah. fun and so blissfully satisfying watching your hero kick some bad guy butt. Um, <laughs> I love the main hero guy. He's like you know awkward and quiet and sweet. And I I tend to really like action heroes like that. Like I can be a fan of action stars who are you know super tough tough guy like Steven Seagal or something. But I like these like 
sweet, vulnerable action heroes, and he really fits in there. Um, <laughs> and, it, and I will say, it just got a really nice 4K steelbook, mm-hmm. and I've seen like a lot of people like show it off in like halls and stuff, but people don't seem to be watching it. So like, <laughs> if you got that steelbook, it's just sitting on your shelf. Grab it, put it in. Yes, it's watch good. Last Dragon as soon as possible. Time. Uh, yeah, I think he's one name. Tymac, I think, is his name. Just that actor, Leroy, Leroy Green. Um, he's good. He's like he's like a different kind of action hero. It's like a yeah, this soft spoken kind of quiet guy, and he's like really likable and yeah, more relatable than like your super uh, stoic tough guy. <laughs> like, um, it's just so much fun. I really, really, really enjoy it. So um, now I want to watch it again. Just talking about it. So um, <laughs> that's all I have on Last Dragon. So Daniel, you're number eight. Okay, I'm finally going to class this place up. So get ready. Um, oh it also has a criterion. I don't actually own the criterion, oh, but okay. I'll I'll hop on Keith's thing and, and say I, I'm pulling out another criterion. Uh, so this is Mildred Pierce as my number eight from 1945, directed by Michael Curtiz. Um, I specifically checked this out because I did a video on like my favorite movie from every year of the 40s. And I thought I can't do that video unless I see Mildred Pierce because I knew it was just such a classic. And uh, it really is that good. It's as good as everybody says. I love this time period when like melodramas could be so wildly entertaining because that's that, that doesn't seem like that's really the case these days or in a long time. But um, so it's starring Joan Crawford and uh, she has kind of a bad relationship with her husband and they end up he's not like a terrible guy, but they're not getting along and they get divorced. And um, she decides that and he's kind of out of the picture. So she decides, like, I got to do whatever it takes to give my daughter a good life because she's got this this daughter she really cares about. So she works really hard at a restaurant. She then is able to open up her own restaurant and she becomes like this very successful business mogul. And it's like this very early feminist movie where it's about Joan Crawford is this woman who is succeeding in a man's world and all the way that ways that she's not supposed to in this time period, supposedly. Um, and all that's really entertaining to watch. Um, just like the various problems she deals with as a, a big business owner, as a woman. Um, but it ends up having a bit of noir leanings towards the end as like you start finding out about this murder and maybe somebody close to her did it. Maybe she did it. We don't know. And uh, it's so wildly entertaining. It's so fun to watch, but it's so incredibly well done. Like the dialogue is incredible. And Joan Crawford is awesome. This is also a year where I've watched more Joan Crawford stuff and I'm becoming really a big fan of her. So that's my number eight, Mildred Pierce. Pete, have you seen this one? No, this one's been on my list for years. Uh, yeah, I, I I definitely am a Joan Crawford fan as well. Uh, this is, I know it got a 4K upgrade, I think this year even. Uh, so yeah, I, I think I have the Blu-ray. I don't remember. Question I, mark. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my, my memory is starting to get fuzzy with what I actually have in my criterion collection. Uh, it, and that's not a brag. It's like, that's when you know you've just, made it. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's just, it's just like t- total brain fog. Uh, I always get it confused with Gilda. Cause I know I have Gilda, but I don't, th- I'm like 50, 50. I might have Mildred Pierce, but Heath, that's what I've been wanting right to now. see. I can't. I'm not home. I wish I could. Oh, that's right. I, I wish I could. I'll have to check my letterbox. I think I have it. Keith recording live there. from the streets. A man of the oh, street. Oh yeah. I'm a man of the. I'm a man of the people and of the streets and or of the streets. That's either me. one. Either one. Either one. <laughs> Take your pick. No, but uh, it's it's been on my list. I've heard uh, it's one of the greats, and I I definitely need to uh, I definitely need to not sleep on this one. Yeah. Yeah. I've never seen it. I I'm still still so 
deficient on so many classic movies. Um, but I don't I'm looking at my MDB. I don't think I've ever seen a Joan Crawford movie. My Joan Crawford knowledge comes from like the movie Mommy Dearest, where they uh where oh god, who plays her in Mommy Dearest, where it's all about her life and how awful she was to oh, gosh from Chinatown. They done away. They done away. Yeah. That movie was like a big deal in my house. I remember my mom loves Mommy Dearest. It was like I we like watched it. I'm like, is this for children? That's kind of scary. Your mom like, loves that movie. I know. I don't know why. I think she's she like, this it was... is my role model right here. This is what I aspire to. No wire hangers. Like, mom, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> no, she, she did nothing like her in that movie. But I think she just thought it was so crazy. She's like, you guys got to watch this crazy movie. <laughs> and it is pretty crazy. Um, but that's I don't. Yeah, I haven't seen Mildred Pierce. I again always see the blu-ray in like barnes and noble and i'm like i should watch Mildred pierce but i have not done it yet (laughs) so one day one day but okay i guess sorry i got distracted (laughs) i got thrown off (laughs) um i thought keith stopped moving i was like oh god the keith freeze but um (laughs) there he is um okay so wait we're on key okay we're on key number eight sorry yeah (laughs) i'm a good that 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 quarter of my beer is kicking in sorry my nipples were being distracting again i apologize they um, were blinded they were bl- well yeah well <laughs> got a lot of lighting I, I, set up I, to shoot am, light off i'm surprised you can't see what's literally right behind me i'm so transparent um <laughs> anyway uh, <laughs> i'm gonna bring it uh i'm gonna continue the 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 kind of classic movie trend uh i, I like watched... how we keep differentiating this is classy pick this is trashy pick. <laughs> this is trash you this gotta is... pick one for each pick yeah these okay I'll where do... are you going i know well <laughs> I like the theme where am i going that's a, that's a <laughs> bigger that's a bigger question than i'm willing to get into right now um <laughs> what is the purpose of life Dude, tell I, you tell me. I don't know right now. <laughs> we got to keep it my four hours, name. remember? <laughs> oh, shit. Well, we're in trouble. We're These in are trouble my now. follow-up questions. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, oh I'm, I'm here for it. All right. Um, So I watched a movie that really... Uh, I didn't I didn't realize a movie this old could unsettle me so no. badly. Uh, And when I described this movie to Suzanne, I was like, you have to see this like this thing was frightening and in a way that I I like I described it to her in such a way she's like I never want to watch that movie and I was like what no I think you would love it. and she's like nope not I'm interested so intrigued right now <laughs> and, and and uh and it's Ida Lupino's The Hitchhiker which oh okay that movie oh my god like it's so good so basically it's two guys on a fishing trip and they're driving along, and they pick up a hitchhiker. The hitchhiker turns out to be an escaped convict who is like a, a psycho, uh, basically murderer uh, type of guy. And it's him basically directing the guys the entire time from the back seat with a gun on them, telling them where to go, what to do, what to say. And it's just, he's so cold and calculating and it's so unnerving and these two guys are super likable like you believe their friendship like they're they're so good together uh and it's like they they rarely can find a time alone to try to devise a a plan like can we escape can we get away uh you know they have a flat tire at at one point and you're just like holy shit like what's gonna happen now like is one of them gonna are they gonna be able to signal somebody to like help them i'm not gonna ruin anything but it's crazy. And what makes it worse is 
they pull over for the evening to like have a have a rest. This guy's hammering next to me. I'm so sorry. I can't hear uh, it I don't all, know if that's so coming okay. through. Okay. <laughs> no, cool. no, no, I can't hear it. And, uh, <laughs> and basically, the killer has a little bit of an interesting uh, feature in which he has an <laughs> eye that won't close. So it's always open. Oh, wow. <laughs> and so, oh, yeah. So he, he, he basically is kind of almost like daring these guys to try to escape uh, at nighttime. And he's just like well you'll never know if i'm sleeping or if i'm awake but i'm gonna i'm gonna be right here in front of you guys (laughs) yeah so it's basically just them it's it's kind of just this great survival thriller uh and i had never seen anything quite like it it's super well acted uh william tallman who plays the killer is like so unhinged um and like i said he always just seems like he's maybe a couple steps ahead of the guys like he he has a plan uh, and, and how he wants to execute it. And it's just fascinating. And it's like a breezy, I, I think it's like 82 minutes-ish, somewhere in that ballpark. Super um, short. It's yeah, super just, short. It's like an hour and 10 minutes, I just looked. It's like 70. Oh, is it? Okay. Like 70, 70 minutes. minutes, yeah. Dude, it's incredible. Sign me up. <laughs> it's so good. And and I I, I mentioned, because I'd, I'd watched um, One Way Passage like a week ago, and that's also like a 70-ish minute movie from uh, you know maybe like 20 years earlier. And I just, this is a prime example and just like one way passage that you don't need a movie that goes over 90 minutes. Like Mm -hmm. this is so much more impactful than some meandering. No, 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 no. He's got focus. He knows he doesn't take his eye off the ball. It's different, but it's like, you know, you're not like watching some fucking three hour Marvel movie that goes everywhere. Some some of us like those. And I like them too. Keith, I will say. The like Marvels too, is but... an hour 45. The runtime was does not oh, help. <laughs> brilliant. Okay. All right. Well, based on what I've heard, it's because it doesn't have a plot. So it can, oh, can well, be wonderful. I didn't, okay. Sorry. I started to side track. No, no, I didn't no. talk about it with Preston last week, and I was trying to avoid it's such a hotbed of stuff with the Marvels. And I, I think everyone knows me and listens to the show. It is not some <laughs> kind of stupid, like, oh, anti woke. Marvel went woke. No, it's a such a badly put together movie. <laughs> like, that there was a point, like, maybe five, 10 minutes in. Where me, my friend, and several people in the audience went, huh? Like we because it it's so badly edited. It's like somebody took it and just uh. chopped it to pieces and tried to put it back together. And there's like no connective tissue. And I'm like, what is this movie? Like, I, I thought it was a mess. Like, I thought it was an absolute mess. Cause I saw <laughs> hour 45, cool. And I was like, oh no, oh, this, damn needed it. To be, this needed to be longer. <laughs> um, which I never I, say movie needs to be longer, but that movie I, needed to be longer because it was missing like probably 15, 20 minutes at minimum. I, I was referring more to like the Eternals. <laughs> oh yeah, that's a bad movie. To be clear, oh, that's a um, and I enjoy yeah. Marvel movies, but I'm pretty turned off of them at this point. Like I, I enjoy them. I finished the cycle, <laughs> As the, is the first world, cycle. The, yeah, like, I'm, I'm good. You know, probably forever. Uh, but yeah, uh, I, will say I love Keith, Marvel, Rank like, the Marvel movies with Scorsese's movies right now. Oh shit. Ah, uh, what is life? Yeah. <laughs> what is oh. the meaning of life? Uh, anyway, the hitchhiker. <laughs> sorry to take us off on that, but yeah, I. <laughs> this, uh, you, sorry, Keith, this sounds super interesting. I, I am very it's sold. awesome. It's actually on my list already, so it must have come up somewhere else. Um, uh, at some uh, point. Ke- yeah, Kino put it out. I have yet to pick up the Blu-ray, and it is like top of the list. Uh, actually, they're doing that noir sale right now, aren't they? Is that correct? I haven't heard I, about that. that. Did not is that see. still going on? They were doing like a sale. Maybe it was at the top of the month, but uh, that might have been part of the the package. But uh, it's 
it's it's pretty remarkable and and the way that Ida Lupina shoots as well is like masterful like she has a very strong idea of how to use that camera and uh and she does it well so um yeah i that that's like top tier for me that that might be like maybe number two of the year for me maybe um i i just was like blown away by it it was incredible did we skip the rest of your picks between like (laughs) number nine and number two oh yeah no you want me to redo them i can go back i can go back through it See, you got it. You got to rank them. But you start saying stuff like this. You're like, what have I been doing this whole time? <laughs> I don't know, dude. Dude, okay. you under I, my brain is just barely hanging on here at any given moment. Oh, yeah. So the fact that I put this together is pretty impressive. That's how I feel all the time. And then yeah. now my excuse is, oh, I've got uh, I'm still got COVID fog from having COVID two months ago. Dude, I get it. I get <laughs> it. My brain was not I was not that good before. <laughs> now I'm just like COVID fog. Uh, forget stuff at work. Eh? Um, eh? But uh. I, yeah, I'm sorry. I have not seen this. Daniel, have you seen this? I have. I actually watched it for the first time this year, too. Um, I I didn't like it like you did. It did not hit me like that. Mm. I. It's so weird hearing you describe your reaction to it because it's so wildly different than mine. <laughs> I thought it was just like a super standard noir that mm. just like kind of checked the boxes, didn't really do anything else. Um, I thought the main characters were very boring. I think there was anything to them. I, I thought like the performance from the villain was very good. Um, it kind of bummed me out a little bit because like, I love Ida Lupino as an actress and I mm-hmm. loved the fact that she got to be a director in this time period, which is so rare for women to get to do. That's yeah. just awesome. Um, but for me, it was just like noir 101 didn't do anything else. And sure. I was a little disinterested. Um, so that's, it's wild that we had such dramatically different reactions, but I've heard very high praise for this movie many more times than just you. So I don't know, maybe I wasn't in the headspace or something. I'm not sure, but a lot of people love this. Like you do. A, a lot of people compare it to slacker. Actually. It's um, kind of <laughs> oh, that makes sense. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> it all very checks similar. out now. I like that. We have different opinions about things sometimes and all agree yeah, no, on everything. I'm, it's fine. No, I, um, I like it. And now I'll watch it and I'll be the, we'll see how I go with it. You're <laughs> so, the tiebreaker. Yeah. I'll be the tiebreaker. Sure, yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, hour and 10 minutes, it might be the first thing I watch, honestly. <laughs> like You can watch after we get that. off this call. I know. I might have time before I go to sleep to watch that movie. So, um, <laughs> okay. Uh, my number eight. I guess I'm going to keep... This is a classic. I'll keep this classic train going. Um, honestly, if if this was ranked based on like the quality of filmmaking, this would have to be like number one, number two. Maybe number three. I don't know. Somewhere in the top three. But <laughs> it's a great movie. I don't know how much I'm going to watch it because I don't know how enjoyable it is, but it's fantastic. Uh, I finally watched William Friedkin's Sorcerer from 1977. Oh, my God. This movie is like everybody's always talked about how tense it is and how like insane it was to make. And that is shown on the screen. You're like, how did they do this? Like, I'm sure everyone's probably seen like the the big truck on like the rope wood bridge. It's like teetering very violently to want this on the poster uh apparently they just did that they're like let's go take a truck and put it on here and like tie it up and oh it'll tip over into the water um so i mean all the stuff i knew the stuff i didn't know about sorcerer the stuff no one talks about is like the first like 30 45 minutes is setting up the characters and the first time i watched it i was a little bit like what is this like why we're not in the jungle like we're not (laughs) we're not like this is not what i've heard about sorcerer all this setup so I liked it the first time I watched it, but I was like, I don't know, that first 30, 45 minutes was kind of eh. Um, 
this was the only thing I had to rewatch for this. And rewatching again, I liked it even better because I kind of expected that first setup of the movie. And that setup really helps inform the characters and why they all end up where they are because it's all guys running from some problem. Like a guy who's part of like a terrorist attack, a guy who's part of a like a mob robbery gone wrong and has to leave New York City, I believe, which is Roy Scheider's character. Um, another guy who's in like some trouble in France and has to leave. So they all have reasons to like leave where they're from. And they all go to this like little town somewhere in South America and end up getting pulled in for this job to haul uh, nitroglycerin, a uh, very unstable nitroglycerin, um, a very long distance. There's this, someone's like, can we just fly it? They want it to like blow up an oil field basically to believe an insurance company. I feel so bad. I forget this detail, but basically some people want to blow up an oil field. They need this nitroglycerin and they, but they have to transport it like a far distance. Someone's like, we can't fly it because it's way too unstable. Um, and we have to drive it in these trucks. And it's so tense because this stuff is so like, if you rattle the box it's in, it's a massive explosion. Like if you just like drop it an inch, boom, it's just a massive explosion. So these guys are on this basically suicide mission trying to drive these trucks. It's Roy Scheider. I feel bad. I'm not familiar with any other actors. Um, uh, any of them. It's like I'm reading the names. I'm like, I don't know any of these guys. But him and these three or four other guys just drive these trucks uh, through treacherous terrain, through all these obstacles, all the while, like, they can't, you know, you hit a bump. It's like, you could be dead. <laughs> so, super tense. Uh, it's amazingly shot. It's got a great score, Tangerine Dream score. Um, it's got one of the most genuinely shocking moments I've ever seen a movie in my life. And even on the second watch, knowing it was coming, I was still like, ah, like, I was like, <laughs> I was like, holy shit. Like, it's just, it, it's so well executed. I don't know how to describe it. It's not like a jump scare, but it's just a moment that comes out of absolutely the way that it's uh, hit is so good. Cause it, it's like so well-timed and you're like, holy shit. Didn't you know that was going to happen then. And great ending. Uh, it's really, really great. Um, William Friedkin obviously passed away this year. Uh, a really great director. I don't love everything he's done, but the stuff that I do love is like pretty fantastic. Like this to live and die in LA. Um, I do really like the exorcist, probably not as much as most horror fans, but, but I do think exorcist is really, really good. Um, French action is good. I mean, it's just, I, this is to me, this is like, I think my number one is to live and die in LA. It's my number, my number two now freaking movies. Um, but it's, it's great. I mean, it, but if you watch it for the first time, you might be like, why are we doing all the setup? But I feel like if you know that's coming, um, it kind of pays off better. It pays off really well. I mean, the second half of the movie on the trucks is like just some of the most tense stuff I've ever seen. It's so, it's so great. Um, so yeah, Sorcerer. Um, Daniel, have you seen Sorcerer? Uh, no, I, but point of shame. I actually, I've owned the Blu-ray for years. I still haven't popped <laughs> in. Heard it's great, but no, I haven't seen it. That's good, though. I think that Blu-ray might be at print. So it's good you own it, though. <laughs> so oh, I'm going to sell that thing. Man. No, <laughs> I won't. Sell Just that sucker. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't blame you. I, it's, like, it's like, listen, if some of these Blu-rays go for like five times what I paid for them, I might be like, eh, how much do I like this movie? <laughs> It'll probably be a 4K eventually. So. That's true. Someone's got to get the rights to it to put out like a good 4K at some point. Um, probably Criterion or Arrow, I'd imagine. But uh, Keith, have you seen Sorcerer? No, I haven't. Uh, it's another one that's been kind of a bucket list title, uh, pretty high up bucket list title, but it's been 
yeah, just never, never had the right uh, set of circumstances to watch it. Uh, funnily enough, I have had, let's see, it's been three or four times this year where I have put Wages of Fear, uh, the <laughs> movie that that's based on, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> in the player, about to press play, and either baby starts crying, uh, <laughs> or and it's like a three-hour movie, so it's not like yeah. <laughs> I really want to, you know, break it up. So yeah, I can't. Um, I feel like I cannot watch three-hour movies anymore. Like it's literally not possible. I guess unless I watched it multiple nights. It gets easier as they get older, but um, I mean, and, and Simon's too. But like, it, it, he, it's still like when he's going through spurts <laughs> and if he's sick and stuff. It's you, of course, it's conveniently when he's sick that I'm like, we should watch this, and then it's like, oh no, it's a terrible idea because we won't be able to watch any of it. Uh, so I haven't seen it, uh, nor have I seen the original, but man, I've been, uh, excited to see this one for a very long time. And the score is pretty great. Uh, I have listened to the score, but okay. I yeah. It's a really good score. I haven't seen the picture. But, yeah, I need I to watch Wages of Fear because I'm, I mean, I heard it's good, but I'm very curious because Sorcerer's only two hours. So I'm sure. curious what's extra in Wages of Fear. Um, yeah, that's not in Sorcerer, but I I mean, I'm, I'm not sure how direct a remake it is, but. Um, I hope I'm quoting that runtime correctly, but I feel like it's like mega long. It's definitely long. I remember that. That's why I haven't watched it. Uh, <laughs> I was like, oh, it'll be really long and have subtitles. Like, really got to oh, focus for it's two, it's two and a half. It's two and a half. Okay, two and a half. So okay. it's not it's not too bad, but yeah. <laughs> um, one day I'll get there. I'll add it eventually. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Sorcerer is fantastic. I mean, I was, oh, yeah. we're going off like pure like quality movie would be higher, but I mean, it's favorites. I I watched again. I'm like, how much I'll watch Sorcerer because it puts you through the ringer of like mm-hmm. suspense and tension. Um, but it's it's super good. So um okay, uh Daniel, you're number seven. Oh boy. Okay. Let me pull my <laughs> list back up. Uh I, I'm actually gonna stick with the old classic melodramas. I got two in a row right here. <laughs> this was my first number one favorite discovery of the year. I saw it very early. I think I saw it in, like in January. Uh, because our good friend Preston got me on a Douglas Sirk kick like in December, and then it kind of continued through. Uh, so this is currently my favorite Douglas Sirk movie, which is There's Always Tomorrow from 1956, which is black and white, which is you know, a lot of his most beloved movies are like these bright, beautiful color movies. This is a black and white film, but everything that he does for color films to make them like so unbelievably gorgeous. He does for black and white. Like this is one of the most beautiful black and white films I've ever seen. The blacks are so pitch black in shadow and it you they're used so beautifully in the image. Uh, but what the movie's about is it's actually a reuniting of Fred McMurray and Barbara Stanwyck from Double Indemnity. And Fred McMurray is a normal guy who's got a wife played by Joan Bennett. He's got kids who are mostly grown by now, but they still live at home. Uh, got a good job. But he meets an old coworker who he used to know a long time ago, uh, Barbara Stanwyck. And it just so happens that at this time, he's feeling very neglected by his family. His wife's not really giving him a lot of attention. His kids, they're kind of moved on from needing their parents much. And he's kind of lonely. Uh, and he, you know, starts hanging out with this old coworker, Barbara Stanwyck. And he gets to the point where he really wants to have an affair. And she's not like a femme fatale in a noir film or something. So she's not like immediately down for this. But it's just a really, really interesting exploration of extramarital affairs and why they come about. And Douglas Sirk made a lot of women's pictures, as they were called, like movies that really humanized women and looked at women's issues and such. And he does all of that, I think, for Fred McMurray in this, where like the movie's extremely empathetic 
towards him and why he feels like this towards Barbara Stanwyck and the situation that she's in towards his family and the situation this is putting them in. And it's just, it's, it's a look at extramarital affairs at infidelity that doesn't feel like it judges anyone. And you feel like you understand everyone involved and why things are the way they are. And it's really heart wrenching. And then when it gets to the ending, I thought I'm not going to spoil it, but I thought the ending at first was a little bit disappointing but I realized that's because for a story like this, if you're going to have a satisfying Hollywood ending, you kind of have to go one of two directions. And I won't say what those are, but you could probably imagine. And the movie doesn't really do either of those. And the note it leaves you on is like very real and kind of a, a melancholy way. And uh, I think it's awesome. So that's There's Always Tomorrow, Douglas Sirk. Great movie. Uh, I have not seen this one, as you probably know, not surprised by. <laughs> uh, I don't think I've seen any 50s melodramas. I love though that like, you and Preston are two guys in your early 30s. I think Preston is, is Preston late 20s or early 30s, but like two guys talking about 50s melodramas. I think you guys <laughs> mentioned that on the podcast. Like, I just love that that's like a thing that you're into. And like this one, I, I see it's like less than an hour and a half, which is good because I, for some reason, Most I always of these imagine movies are Douglas Sirk makes quick ones. For some reason, I hear 1950s melodrama. I think that's got to be two and a half hours long. And yeah. Like, um, I mean, I'm, I'm more open to them now. I, I they feel like they won't be my thing. I'll be honest with you, but I would try one see how it goes and then maybe go from there but um you may might surprise you because i didn't think these movies would be my thing either like i really didn't because mm -hmm. i'm not a big drama guy i don't watch yeah. dramas very much like yeah. very rarely and these like there's some kind of pulp entertainment edge to them that a lot of dramas don't have i think you, ha you have sold it very well so i think i will it's on my list actually i probably wouldn't talk about before so um I will check it out someday. Does it have, it looks like it's not available to stream anywhere. Does it have like a. It's not. I was able to catch it on the Criterion channel because for a little bit, they had a Joan Bennett collection, oh, okay. um, but it has a Kino. I haven't bought it yet, but it does have a Kino Blu-ray. So it'll be like $8 in a sale at some point. Probably. So. I think it okay. was like in the last sale. I just didn't oh. grab it because I watched it recently. But when I, when I'm jonesing to rewatch it, I'll grab that. Man, I, if it's in a Kino sale and it's that cheap, I really might just grab it because <laughs> that's like barely more than paying for a rental on prime, you know? So it's like, why not? Yeah. Um, Okay, Keith, have you seen this one? No, I haven't. Uh, I've actually not seen any Cirque. Uh, I have Magnificent neither, Obsession yeah. <laughs> that I got a couple of years ago, but I haven't watched it. Uh, this story type of, of thing definitely kind of is up my alley. Uh, it reminds me of a movie I saw maybe, I don't know, maybe three or four years ago that was like pretty top on my list for that year, but uh, David Lean's Brief Encounter. Which I, oh, I saw was, that this year too. Oh my yeah, that's God. great. It's so good. Uh, similar type of thing, you know, uh, maybe a little less melodramatic, but um, uh, incredible film nonetheless. So, I mean, I, I'm kind of a sucker for these types of uh, stories um, for whatever reason. So, uh, yeah, I, I definitely wrote that down. I'm very curious to check this one out. Yeah. I will just awesome. say Magnificent Obsession, not one of my favorites. So, if you don't love okay. that, don't let it turn you off. Okay. That movie's a little silly. It kind of okay. takes the melodrama <laughs> to kind of silly degrees. So. The, the, okay. the premise is silly in itself. It kind of so, is, I yeah. mean, you know, so I, yeah. So I'm kind of prepared on that front, but yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. Um, so Keith, what is your number seven? All right, guys. I'm going to go on brand here. Oh, boy. I'm going to go on brand. I'm excited. Uh, <laughs> all right. So I'm going to, I'm going to talk about. Uh, a movie that af after I watched, I wasn't 100% sure how I felt about it, but it was growing in my estimation after. Uh, and I really had to like take time to dissect uh, how I felt about it. <laughs> and it's a heartwarming tale of family. 
Animal Holocaust. And <laughs> God damn it. I'm just oh. I'm waiting for your really disturbing oh. pick. Oh, I can't uh, wait. <laughs> and the cold disconnect of murder on video. Uh, oh, it's God. Michael Haneke's Benny Benny's video <laughs> from 1992. Like, I knew you were gonna say Michael Haneke as soon as you said because of cold murder on video. I've never wow. heard of this one. Oh man. Um so, okay. Well so, this is his disturbing pick. <laughs> so, so I've seen so like if if anybody listening really liked my picks of angst and der fan uh this would be in that wheelhouse uh also german uh oh, wow. yeah. so there you go all three are german um the, i don't know if this would take the cake for my favorite haneke that i've ever seen uh piano teachers pretty high up there but that's not a movie for everyone uh it's pretty <laughs> fucked up i get it um, but this is a story about a 14 year old boy who has an obsession with television and his video camera. There's a like one of those big uh, video, you know, VHS video cameras always pointing outside his window at all times out of his head of his apartment building, like down into the street. He's always visiting the video store uh, after school and uh and and just always watching TV much to his dad's chagrin. His mom's a little bit more like aloof about it. But basically, uh, you, you kind of start to get the sense when you see him, when you see Benny in his family dynamic and at school that he's just a little off uh, and, and you can't quite figure out what that is. Like it's, he has a relationship ish with his parents, but is it a good one? Not really. He's just too consumed with kind of, I don't know, video, violence and movies and news and he's just so i don't in- know what that's like no i know right <laughs> the difference I, can't is, I mean i'm you're hoping. watching 50s melodramas you're saying i know, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> no i mean i'm hoping the difference is you're not uh uh cold and disconnected from your feelings and emotions uh but maybe i'm wrong i don't know maybe that's your thing oh god Keith, i met him in chicago i was scared oh, no. <laughs> I, I worked on an expose. Early. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> the, twi- the Twitter thread. We were always joking about this Twitter thread he's going to make exposing Chris and I for what we That was, what yeah, we really that was are. the running joke in Chicago. Was I think all of us were going to make exposes on each other. Oh, <laughs> amazing. Like, I was going to make an expose of like, I'm here with the real Daniel up. We're like, I'm like, here's what he's really about. Co- <laughs> um, you could call it Cobby, friend or foe. Um, <laughs> inside joke. Sorry, guys. Uh, oh. Sorry. I, and I'm still, by the way, really bummed uh that i couldn't be there uh COVID hit our family pretty hard right at the worst time so uh anyway that would that sucked but i'll be there next year uh so hopefully you guys will be too but anyway um yeah so basically as you kind of as you kind of go along you're like i said you're kind of noticing he's he's got a bit a little disconnected from how the world really operates i mean he's very much in his head and in in this kind of fantasy world but it doesn't quite appear that way maybe to everyone else. Like I think everyone's just either unaware or going about their day and, and they're too busy caught up in their own stuff to really pay attention to what's going on. He meets a girl. uh, This isn't giving it away because this is basically the, the, like the thing that propels the movie forward. He meets this girl. He notices that she's at the video store often when he's there, she's very quiet. He invites her over to his place. They have lunch. They're like hanging out uh long story short he ends up murdering her and uh and that basically is uh 
you know, it goes from there. And I won't say how that all plays out or what happens. Um, but I do want that to be clear up front because I think that uh, it's a pretty big, pretty big part of the movie. And like, if you can't handle that uh, aspect of it, and it's not, yes, we see violence in films all the time. We see murder happening in films, but this is different. Uh, a child doing it to another child, a teenager doing it to another of a teenager, but in a way where there is no reaction, no emotion. Um, and it's not even like he, it, it's like you're watching it. You don't even know if he's driving any pleasure from it. That's the like, that's the chilling part is he's just like, he doesn't know what to make of what just happened. And he's like perfectly competent as a human being on the surface, but emotionally he's, he's kind of elsewhere. So it's it it's super fascinating. Uh, it's it's kind of like a character study more or less, and it's a very quiet movie. Um, gore, again, beautifully shot. Uh, it takes its time. I don't think it's over long or anything like that, but uh, it's a very very clean looking movie. It's very sterile, and I think that fits the vibe of what the what the story is trying to convey. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't really know. I, I think what kind of drew me to it was that there is this weird humanity to it that you're, that doesn't sound like would be there, but there totally is something there. And then you kind of like get put into the perspective of other characters in the movie. And, and that kind of plays with your mind a little bit too. So uh, ever the pr provocateur Haneke uh, does it again uh, 30 years ago uh, <laughs> with Benny's video. Um yeah, if you're easily like uncomfortable or disturbed, I would maybe steer clear. It's not even remotely as uncomfortable as Angst or Durfan, but uh, I mean, it's just there, there's a discomfort factor there. So, um, yeah, that's my that's my pick. <laughs> okay, follow, follow, real follow up question this time. <laughs> so it's about a teenager who's awkward and weird and kills someone, and that's that's it basically okay he's just very okay. quiet but i it's i can't describe it. it's it's so much atmosphere like mm -hmm. there's so much mood to it that i don't i don't really know how to like at the at the at, yeah yes <laughs> to answer your question at the the simplest way to put it that's exactly right but it's okay it's more than that and i it, like if you've seen funny games you uh, for example, because I feel like that's the most popular one that everybody's seen of his his films. Like it's it's not quite as intense as that, but there's a vibe, right? So like it's that kind of vibe that permeates through the entire movie. And I don't I don't really know what that is. I, definitely dreads part of it for sure, but like I don't know what else other than like it's such a like an internal experience more than it is what you're seeing on screen, I think is more. And that's why it's so effective, at least for me, it like really, it really did something. I was actually fearful of watching this movie for about two or three years because the way I've heard it described to me was like, not something I thought I could handle. Um, Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Wow. But I think okay. Angst and Durfan are far more challenging in that, in that realm, as far as like visual squeamish and Benny's oh, okay. video is much more, emotionally squeamish. And I was going to ask how graphic the violence is. Not very. Whereas, okay. So, uh, no, wow. Because I watched her fan, which was insanely like <laughs> fucked up. Yeah. That's and right, I, yeah. I, I don't think that was so much squeamish. I was just like, oh my God, she's really doing what I think yeah. she's doing. Yes. <laughs> and it's yeah. like, wow. Um, It's not far off from that though, in terms of what he is doing uh, without 
one okay. aspect of it. <laughs> See, I think <laughs> but, I've yeah. avoided all Michael Haneke because I don't think him and mm. I align on our worldview <laughs> because it seems very bleak. You know, I'm a hound for justice and it seems like that he <laughs> does not adhere to that. And he, I've heard, I don't think I'm a pessimistic. Saw, yeah. I don't think I saw yeah. funny games. Someone described funny games to me or I read about it. You would not I was like, like it. I don't want to see that movie ever Yeah, you would because like I'm like, that is not what I want. Yeah. Uh, I understand that, you know, movies aren't real life and like sometimes things don't work out and that, that oh, i saw the remake of funny games and i just looked up michael hannigy i didn't realize he did he both did, he did the remake yeah he did yeah. he pulled yeah, a shot shot remake yeah. <laughs> rare yeah. when that happens but always interesting like they remake their own movie but um i was like me and this guy aren't gonna vibe <laughs> probably well, like yeah <laughs> well and i'll just say this i mean to the top of the episode we were talking about how i was making my list and how we've we've all watched so many movies over the past few years and stuff and I think for whatever reason, this is this is me feeling out to what my limits are and what I'm interested in and what I can handle and what I can't and what I can take away from things. So this is like this is like uh, I think out of all of these, this is like my challenge myself pick oh. and I handled it very well. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think that's where that's coming from. I think I think it strikes a chord with me because it is something so different from what I normally watch that it really had an impact on me um, in that sense. So I, I think this is kind of me just like kind of, kind of stretching, stretching my personal limits on what I feel comfortable to, you know, to, to take mm-hmm. again. So um, I didn't have any negative or weird thoughts afterwards, but it did affect me <laughs> in the moment. And uh, like I said, it was a thinker for me afterwards. It was just, it's interesting. It's just interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I don't want to make it sound like I'm not against being. No, 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 no. But no, like no. Michael Haneke, I, I, I just like for I feel like when I hear, I'm like, I don't know if I really want to see your stuff. But no. um, it, it's I all mean, generally yeah. fucked up from what I've seen. <laughs> so, so I get it. You know, I get it. Yeah. I uh, who knows? But I mean, I, as somebody who watched a lot of movies, like we all do, that like if you see something in a movie that really disturbs you, that probably means that it's pretty effective. Like because it, yeah, it yeah. takes a lot. I think these days to really like kind of mess with me in some way like to be scared or be disturbed like so i mean from that perspective yeah like uh and i don't really know anything about as a filmmaker he might he probably makes great movies but i've just never had the desire to sit down and watch one of those like just you know just watching live wire so (laughs) just really busy um and i so yeah daniel we neither one of us has seen this so uh anything you want to say daniel or before we move on to my number seven uh no i just um i don't know i'm kind of i don't feel like i have a good handle on what that movie is (laughs) it's hard it's true it's truly hard to describe uh yeah yeah i don't i don't i don't know i because i feel like there there are i feel like if i say anything else it kind of ruins when moments yeah and i'm not i mean it's like hard to yeah I'm not asking you to like, Oh no. I, yeah. <laughs> put it into words or something really, you know, when you were talking about it, it did make me think about one movie that I saw for the first time this year. Um, going back to George Romero, which was Martin. Uh-huh. sounds a lot like Martin, except that has like the vampire angle. Martin is a lot more <laughs> fun, fun in quotes. <laughs> uh, I really love Martin. I, I, I've loved Martin for years. I think that's a great movie. Uh, have you seen super dark times? No, I okay. really like that movie. I think it's super underrated. It's good. If yeah. you okay, Matt, actually, if you can watch Super Dark Times, you can one hundred percent watch Benny's video. Okay, 
Yeah. Does that <laughs> help seemed, put it in perspective a little yeah, bit? Yeah. Like, Super Dark yeah. Times, though, and I don't know because you've seen many videos. I haven't seen another example. Super Dark Times yeah. seemed pretty like stylish while being disturbing. Michael Haneke seems like he was almost trying to drain the style to like really make the violence hit where it's like he's not trying to. Um, it's very matter of fact. That's right. The okay. Difference. That's yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. he's not trying to like um, overdo it and make it too cinematic or stylish. <laughs> like he's just like very bluntly yeah. like this is what's happening. Like you feel like you may be watching someone really get stabbed or murdered right, or something right, like, yeah, right. like it's not. Yeah. Yeah. I can so, kind you of, know, I yeah. think I can put into words what I'm not understanding about this movie. Um, <laughs> and I'm sorry if I'm coming across like a dick, like no, sometimes no, I, no. I think you and no, Matt are like no, no. so nice. Sometimes I naturally fall into the asshole role with the three of us. <laughs> and I feel like that happens sometimes. I, um, I here's what so, I don't understand yeah. is, is like, you're talking about it as like a challenge myself, really disturbing. It just does not sound disturbing. I think that's the thing is I don't understand what's so it just sounds like a there's this awkward guy and he kills somebody. And I've seen a million movies like that. I, I yeah, it's just I, I really don't know. I, I feel like Super Dark Times is probably like the closest re- like thing I can point to. I really can't describe it more than that. It starts with the footage of a pig getting killed with a bolt gun. Mm-hmm. Uh it's real footage. I just watched a Spanish horror movie where they kill a pig for real on screen. And it was Oof. not fun to watch. Yeah. So <laughs> that's, random that's anecdote. How, sorry. No, no, no. I <laughs> saw a like, pig get murdered. That's like the you tone. Don't just watch a pig get murdered. <laughs> that's I, like, that's, it's like the way to set the tone of the movie. Uh, and it plays a role as you go, but like it, I really don't, know it's just more of an experiential thing. I really can't okay. describe it more than that because I, it, because sure, it, yeah. I, I see how it would sound, absolutely boring and i but the reason i'm trying to be you know and everybody processes things so much so differently uh but like if you've seen things like funny games and 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 it's not as disturbing as funny games but i i I just would like it just like affected me in a way that i think it was a little bit more it was more than what was on the surface for me personally uh that really got under my skin and it was kind of what the movie was saying about um, well, I mean, you could kind of like tack it onto social media or, you know, like how those things influencers or whatever, how that stuff kind of has shaped the cultural conscience of things. Uh, and, you know, I guess it's a little different because it's 30 years ago, but at the same time, it, I mean, it still resonates. It's, it's, it's about media and its effect of media on like kind of the human condition, I guess is like the best way to put it. Um, without sounding sounding like super pretentious about it or something like that, but <laughs> it may not do anything. Like if you watch it, it may not do anything for you, and I totally get that too. Um, it, super Dark Times was another movie I watched for the first time this year, and that had like an impact on me too in a very similar way. Super Dark Times is way more intense though. Like I, it's way more violence on screen. Uh, this is just like one thing that happens, and, and like it's. It's about how it affects, you know, like the family dynamic, relationships. It's it's interesting. I don't know. I it, it's less disturbing, but it's definitely like maybe more of just like a. It just made me sit with some feelings that made me. That's what made me uncomfortable more mm-hmm. than what I was watching, but it stirred up things for me. I think that's what I'm trying to get across than it than it did like visually or something. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's okay. it sounds okay. like I would have to see it. 
Yeah, yeah. I th- I'm I th- sorry I th- to make us stay so long on this. Oh, no, 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 <laughs> I'm no, just curious, no, no. honestly. I, I, no, you know, I kind of was to... too. So you're asking good questions. I, I just, I, from, and it's so fun trying to try, man. I've never seen a Michael Haneke movie, but from like what I know about him and what I've heard, it seems like his movies are the violence is very stark and there's almost mm-hmm. like a, I guess, a realism. But he's also he's always yeah. criticizing like movie violence with his movies. Like I feel like he correct, correct is kind of taking. Not like a shot. That's a. Oh, I love just, movie violence. I do too. That's what. <laughs> like cool guys on. with guns, right? Yeah, that's my whole. That's my whole thing. Cool guys with guns. I'm like, I'm gonna go watch Commando. Uh, so, like, <laughs> um, that's. I don't. Yeah, I'm trying to chime in. I haven't seen the movie, but uh, I would love if my number seven was like, and ne- my number seven's Ratatouille. Like, to follow, <laughs> oh, that is a to great movie. Have you not? I've seen never. Ratatouille? I've, not I've never seen, seen Ratatouille. I've never seen it either. It's like probably my favorite. Well, it's probably like my second favorite Pixar. It's amazing. I wanted to see it. I, I do want I, to see it. I just, was, yeah, <laughs> just was like, what's what would be the most nice, like, fun thing to follow up Benny's video with? <laughs> like, Ratatouille, everybody. Um, no, my it's funny because mine is like a violent movie, but it's the complete opposite because it's the most stylized violence. Like, like I, I was watching this one point and said, This is the greatest movie I've ever seen. Like, how could it not be? Uh, it's we the got heroic- a woo here close because we're in the same country it's hong kong oh, okay the heroic trio it's getting the criterion yeah it yes. is oh my god i was so excited <laughs> like it it's very hard it's been hard to see like it's on criterion channel but i don't think it has any kind of like good home video release you can't rent it um and i think i saw it on criterion channel months and months ago um directed by johnny toe uh he's done a bunch of things and has a few criterions is a, a release so um Oh my god, this movie! <laughs> it's like all movies that were just made for me. Um, like the so yeah, the heroic trio is made up of Anita Moy, Michelle Yeoh, Maggie Chung, which is just an amazing collection of ladies. Like um, Maggie Chung, especially like is so cool. She's like running around with like a shotgun on a motorcycle with like goggles <laughs> and a leather jacket, and she just looks like the coolest person you've ever seen in your life. And it's like. Um, the plot is insane. The plot is like, there's, I was going to read like from Wikipedia, an invisible woman is kidnapping newborn babies uh, who are destined to be emperors and delivering them to the mysterious subterranean villain known only as the evil master. Uh, police are powerless to stop it. Um, the only hope for the city is a trio of women who all share a terrible past. Um, and I just, I, it's the three women. They all have like kind of comic booky names. Like there's Wonder Woman, Thief Catcher, the invisible woman um kind of a spoiler michelle yo starts off as like on against them as kind of like a villain but then turns good and they all team up um crazy action just, i love those characters it's so good so good. so good this is like the great idea of like a comic book or superhero movie it's like so fantastical people flying around it's wire work it's like there's a fight scene that's already an amazing fight scene and then someone like a train somehow blows through the side of a building like and like it's like they, you know this isn't cgi like somebody smashed like a train through a side of a building or something how they did it. i don't know how they did it but it's like um the women are great it's like three of the coolest ladies and they're just like they look amazing <laughs> the fight scenes are great um it's so stylized like it, you it is so it's like takes place in like another dimension it's like it just it's like it's like in this burned out kind of city where it's like you know it kind of almost like a post-apocalyptic vibe, I think, or kind of feels like one of those artificial cities, like from like the crow or even kind of like Tim Burton's Batman, where it's like, this is clearly not like, this is so stylized, but so cool looking. Um, I don't know. I absolutely went nuts for it. Cause it's just like, 
bananas. Like it's just like uh cannot wait for that 4K from Criteria. I think it's in February. Um, oh, it's a 4K too. I didn't know. And, that. and you oh, get you get that. the sequel, which people say is not as good. I think it's called the Executioners, but it has the same three women back. But people say it's like just not as good a time. But at, whatever. I just want heroic trio and all the movies a bonus. So um yeah, I loved it. It's so it's so great. Um Keith, I think you have seen this one. And I, I have feel like you didn't like it as much as me, if I remember. Right. So, well, here's here's, I, I do like the I do like it. Okay, I did okay. have fun with it. I thought it was really fun and playful and funny, and the action was great. Uh, uh, Maggie Chung is like cute as a button on that damn motorcycle. Uh, she's just so awesome, and I think the the disconnect. And this is another. Sometimes you know. So whereas Benny's video is like a movie that I had to like mull over after the fact to decide how I felt about it. This was very similar in that way. And what's weird is this is how every single, with the exception of one, which I actively did not like uh, of Johnny Toe's movies. Uh, that is how I have felt. I've been, I, I've been watching Johnny Toe movies for probably like 20 years. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I, I, and I, and I always walk away feeling the exact same thing every time. Whereas like, that's all right and then i like think about it for like a week and i'm like holy shit that was really good uh i did that with heroic trio i did that with um uh throwdown uh i did that with breaking news which is like it was actually really good like trapped in a building crime movie um from like the early 2000s that movie rules and i wish that would have a disc uh but no i did enjoy heroic trio i think what kind of hurt it also for me is that i had just gotten done watching magnificent warriors royal warriors like all these movies that i think are just like absolutely up my alley insane uh because i was watching from that michelle yo collection as well on criterion channel and like yeah, so I think those I think it kind of paled in comparison for me because I liked those other two like way more. Um but that's not to say Heroic Trio isn't a good movie and I definitely am excited to watch it again. I I I enjoyed it, but I would like okay. to see it again because I think I would I think yeah. I would like it even more the next time. Kind Did of you mean to call I you out. Be... I just I feel no, like I've never seen your letter no. box review being like Keith, we're gonna talk about this. I mean, no, it's all stuff. right. It's all right. No, I, I yeah, it's <laughs> it's just one I knew that would kind of grow in my estimation. I yeah, it's just one of those few that that I don't like absolutely love off first viewing, but I know there's something in there that's gonna make me want to watch it again. Um I've been like wanting to watch Throwdown again too. I thought that movie was oh, really yeah. good. So see, Throwdown uh, was yeah. a great example of the Johnny Toe thing where I'm like I don't understand this or it's not like quite clicking for me. Like I recognize it's good, but it's like, it's not what I wanted. That movie was weird too, because I expected more of like an action movie and it was kind of more of a drama from what I remember. Kind of a drama. Like I didn't understand the tone, like the entire time until a certain scene happened. And I was like with involving a balloon and I was like, oh, okay. I think I understand like what this is, but the movie I didn't like at all was Vengeance that he did um, with like the gnarliest looking Frenchman I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, you should go, you should look at that dude. Okay, um, I'll have to, like, find it, that one. <laughs> his face was too distracting to enjoy the movie, uh, and I I don't that the say that lightly. <laughs> it is the meanest thing. It is the meanest thing. But like, oh. I, and I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But like, and I'm not I'm not that judgy dude. But like, it was distracting to where it was like it's just it's just like it's 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 just a unique face. I've never seen a face like that before. It was just like wild. 
Is he the is he that guy in from Amelie who like hangs around the shop and No, it's not that no, no, no. I know who you're talking about. It's not he is a funny he's he's a funny looking dude, but this guy's just like kind of craggy and he looks worn. I mean, it fits the character perfectly, but like something about his eyes, maybe or something. Like I just remember Suzanne and I were like, it's hard to watch, right? Yeah, like (laughs) it's distracting. Like it's just distracting. And it's not uh, yeah, it's I know I realize that mean uh i'm not that guy i, I promise but it's uh is not my thing but heroic trio cool movie anyway let's <laughs> save myself from myself Ugh. yeah <laughs> uh daniel have you seen this one i'm just, I, I feel like no from what you said uh, matt you pause. are you're gonna hate uh, me for this um uh, last year sometime i believe it was last year uh my local indie theater played this they played a rep screening oh, of it so and i <laughs> seriously considered going and i don't remember why but i didn't go oh wow so clearly I'm i just, should have no that's, i'm just so shocked it played like that's i know because so... like one reason i thought about going i didn't know anything about the movie like so i didn't know if people liked it or anything is just that it's so rare to see rep screenings of kung fu movies yeah i don't know if this is yeah. technically a kung fu movie or not but you know what i mean um, that's just such a rare thing. So I, I almost went just for the novelty of that, but I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know people liked it, but I'm going to commit right now, July Barnes and Noble criterion sale. I'll buy this. <laughs> this oh, one yeah. I love so much. I don't do this. I'm going to buy it when it comes out in February. I can't wait till the July sale. I have to, I got to have it. Um, I was like, wow, that's how I know I really like it. Cause I'm like, I'm going to buy it as soon as it comes out. But yeah. um, it's just, yeah, Hong Kong films. I mean, in my area, we don't get a lot of foreign films played. I very rarely Hong Kong films played. Um, yeah, it's definitely Kung Fu, maybe like Wuxia. Cause there's so much like crazy flying around and wire work. Like it's uh, so, it's like so wildly creative. Like I just was like, this is insane. Like this is like, this is why it was when I was watching. This is why I love Hong Kong movies. Cause it's like so creative, so different than anything you would get made in Hollywood. Like, um, and they try to do stuff kind of like this once like the Matrix came out, but it's like it's just not. There's a flare. They're missing something like a certain flair. They're missing like they just can't get this like level of crazy. <laughs> that's in like heroic trio. I man, I had such a good time watching it. Um, there's such an atmosphere spe- specific to Hong yeah. Kong films, but in this movie as well, like it's it's like just dripping with yeah. I don't know, like yeah. There's a there's a really cool vibe. To it's it. different than Johnny Toe movies I've seen. It's different than a lot yeah. of Hong Kong movies I've seen. It's just very unique. Like it's super super unique um i loved it yeah so um okay heroic trio with my number seven so daniel you're number six okay i'm excited for this so <laughs> this movie is not my favorite is not my favorite discovery of the year but it is kind of representing a thing that's my favorite discovery of the year which is the um indicators mondo uh no that's not what it's called mexico macabre mexico macabre box set which is my favorite box of the year. I love it so much. And this is my favorite movie in that set, uh, which is Black Pit of Dr. M from 1959. So it's a gothic horror film from Mexico. And I really discuss like, because I watched this box set, I feel like so all in on Mexican horror and I'm trying to get my <laughs> hands on more. Uh, but this is my favorite movie in the box set. It is about this uh, doctor who his doctor friend is dying and as his friend is dying, he's like, hey, don't don't forget about our pact of the deal we made. <laughs> and the deal is whoever dies first vows to come back from the dead as a ghost and tell the other one how to cheat death. So this happens. The guy does come back as a ghost and he's like, OK, I figured out how you can cheat death, but <laughs> it's going to be really bad. And he's like, just do it. <laughs> um, so then the rest, a lot of the movie is like 
watching these terrible events kind of play out. And the script is so good. I've just like all these different storylines just come together to make this thing happen for him. This curse cheating death kind of thing. And uh, it is the atmosphere is out of this world. Just Gothic atmosphere out everywhere. Um, good actors like this gorgeous woman who's like the lead, like final girl, or if you want to call her that just, she's wonderful. Um, and then there's this one guy who gets disfigured and he kind of becomes like a monster. That's what a lot of these movies were like. It's like, if there's a monster, it's a guy getting disfigured, but man, the performance from this guy is so crazy and over the top and awesome. Um, so I super, super love this movie. I love this whole box set, uh, but this one is my favorite. So that's uh, black pit of Dr. M 1959. Well, we all made the same pact, right? If anyone dies, come back and. <laughs> I mean, I'm coming back as a ghost for sure, for many okay. reasons, but that's one of them. Definitely let me know how that goes. Uh, I also feel like almost honored because I watched you buy this box set at the music box in Chicago. <laughs> oh. I feel like you turned to me and said, This is a really good deal for an Air box set, right? And I was like, Yeah, it was like 30 bucks or something. I, I got like, it for 30 oh, wow. bucks. That's insane. Crazy bananas, and I was like, "Yeah, you should buy." It. <laughs> I was like, "Yeah," and uh, I was. You talked about your channel. It sounded like such a fun, crazy movie, and I think at that time I thought this might be a Daniel's Discoveries like of the year list. Um, so I really want to see it. You've really sold me on it. I don't know. Is it? Is it? Can you rent it or watch anywhere? Is it like only on Blu-ray or? Uh, that's a good question. I haven't actually checked, but I'm going to look right now. It feels like the kind of thing that would be maybe hard to see, possibly. <laughs> so obscure mexican horror movie keith i'm assuming you've not seen this one either no i haven't uh, uh it's on tubi no, but oh no, god bless tubi. Tubi. <laughs> my god <laughs> every time uh, like where is this on tubi <laughs> no I, I haven't seen this i really was kind of watering at the mouth when i saw that this box set got announced though because uh it just looked really cool uh indicator has never disappointed me with any of their box sets. I own several of them and they're all killer. So, uh, man, this sounds awesome. I, I'm very curious. Yeah. The, this box set was a big deal for me because I recently also watched through two Italian Gothic box sets, one from Severin and one from arrow, and they're both good. But then I started watching this one and it like smacks me in the face with like, Ooh. Oh, this is a dramatically different quality. Like these movies <laughs> are good. And, uh, Sweet. they sure are. Yeah, I haven't seen many Mexican-based uh, films at all, so that I think that's also like the appeal for me. Um, I'm super curious. Yeah, that sounds awesome. And you're gonna pick up, I think Danny's talking about that set from uh, Vinegar Syndrome. That's like the Mexican Gothic, or I don't know what it's called. Like, yeah, it's, it's uh, there's three movies it. from one director, I think. But I didn't even notice when that came out. But then after I was looking for more Mexican horror, I came across Vinegar Syndrome did put out a Mexican Gothic box set. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's my number one must have in the Vinegar the Vinegar Syndrome sale this weekend. I'm I'm super excited to get that. Yeah, and I think if I remember when it came out, like Guillermo del Toro was like on Twitter going to bat for it saying like you guys got to pick this up it's got good nice. stuff i feel like it's a oh, nice cool. endorsement so um yeah that's exciting so um, one of those called like poison of the fairies and i'm like I oh my god a horror that. movie with the word fairies in the title that sounds so cool that sounds so gear that's the one i feel like know? people have talked up yeah. the most as being like a really, okay, really cool. great yeah. movie so um i gotta check that out too so um very cool very cool um keith what is your number six all right well i'm gonna go back to asia uh here's my my little uh mini run of asian films this is this is where this begins oh i'm in that um, run too on my list oh good, oh, good. Okay, we might match here i have a weird feeling we're about to match 
It's po- we'll it's possible. I <laughs> I know that you and I had talked maybe a little bit about this when it was coming out. Uh, maybe so. If it's your <laughs> pick that you were gonna okay. pick, I'm sorry. It's okay. <laughs> uh, and uh, this is from 1999 by Wilson Yip. Uh, it's called Bullets Over Summer. Maybe Did not maybe see that not. yet. Okay. I own. Oh, yeah, sadly, okay. I own the Blu-ray, okay. but I have not watched it. But I know you liked it. So I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I did. No, no, it's okay. Great. Um, yeah, this kind of just like kickstarted my love affair with Connie releasing the the partner label through Vinegar Syndrome. Uh, everything I've seen from them at the very least has been interesting or something unique that I've yet to see before, and uh, I think they all have been really good. Uh, and this one is just kind of like a buddy cop movie in a sense uh it starts off with a really great convenience store uh robbery uh i believe there is a bag of chips involved uh it's i don't know it's very 90s in its feel it's very frenetic and kind of stylized and fun and then from there it kind of just becomes this story of these two mis uh, mismatched guys uh these policemen who hole up in a like an old random old woman's apartment who has this like perfect view into a gangster's apartment and they're basically just on surveillance and from there it becomes this sort of relationship movie in a sense like it's about friendship and relationships uh and and it's it kind of just takes place over the course of a few days or maybe a week uh, but it was told like in such a loving and realistically kind of funny situational way that I, I couldn't not be endeared to it. Uh, it the filmmaking is nothing re- remarkable, I would say. Uh, it's good. Uh, Wilson Yip did, um, I think he does the Yip Man series, uh, which I've never, with Donnie Yen, I've never seen any of those, but I've heard good things. Uh, but yeah, it's just like a fun buddy cop movie on a stakeout and kind of just what happens during that time um and like the boredom it shows the boredom and them just like talking and getting on each other's nerves and it's funny and the old lady may or may not have a little bout of dementia so that adds to it um i just think it's like a charming a charming buddy cop movie with not very much action but it's like just like a just a pleasant movie uh yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I really liked it. And yeah, would recommend if anybody hasn't gotten into Connie's stuff, um, there's some really killer titles in there. I would, I would highly recommend, recommend checking out. Uh, they checking have been doing cool out. stuff on that label. Yeah. I feel like that label yeah. has been quiet for a little bit. I'm imagining, maybe I haven't paid attention. <laughs> like they, they've been, they've been at least putting out something. They were like a couple months ago, they didn't release anything. And then this past month, they just, they, oh, okay. They just okay. I must have missed release. that. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 yeah, I had that. I uh, Wilson Yep. I saw Bio Zombie, the movie he directed, because I was oh. like really excited about Bio Zombie for some reason. <laughs> like when when Vinny Simmons was announcing putting that Bio Zombie, and yeah, I was like, I really right. want to see that. And I was a little let down by it. Um, oh, I heard that was really good recently. It's not bad. bad. I just think I had really high expectations. <laughs> like, um, and it ended up being like a three star type movie for me. And I thought, I don't know why I thought it was going to go nuts over it. It just kind of sounded like my thing. Um, it's very 90s. It's very like low key. It almost starts off like a Kevin Smith <laughs> type, like hangout movie, like Clerks oh, wow. or something in like a Hong Kong, like kind of market. And then it, a zombie movie happens and it, the tone switches like radically at one point where it's like, it's kind of goofy and very low stakes and silly. And then it gets like very kind of serious and dour by the end. <laughs> and I'm not sure how much I loved the tone switch. It kind of just threw me for a loop. Um, it's interesting, but yeah, I just, I didn't love it, but I'm excited to watch Bullets Over Summer because I do own that. It seemed like I think I buddy cop type movie with a twist. That sounds like the thing I'd like. 
So yeah, yeah check that out at some point. <laughs> What'd you say it's called? Something of summer? Uh, bullets over summer. Oh, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Gotta add it to the list. Yeah. Thank you for keeping the list, by the way. I didn't know if I mm-hmm. thanked you for keeping our Oh, you're helpful. welcome. This is oh. this is my thing. That's what I do. <laughs> um it keeps me organized because I go back and go, wait, what did we put on the yeah. list? Like before <laughs> it saved me this year. I can just tell people it's not gonna be on my list. Is I almost put in a lonely place uh by oh, help, with, with Humphrey Bogart on my list. I was like, oh wait, Daniel did that like two years ago or last year. I think and, it was last year. Last yeah. Year, and I was like, yeah. well, that's probably why I watched it in the first place. But it, it would have been like number four for me. It was oh, like nice. really high up there. It's um, so good. And I was like, well, dude, that ending, it doesn't matter anymore. Oh my, my God. 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 <laughs> that's <yeah>. so good. <laughs> it's so brutal. It's one of those movies that when people would, I don't know, criticize, but they're like, oh, old Hollywood movies are stuffy and boring. Like show them in a lonely place. Cause I feel like it just defies expectations of that kind of thing. And it's like, it's just great. It's such a good movie, and like Humphrey Bogart's fantastic in it. Yeah. Like, um, because I always think of him as more like a caricature, almost like because he's been impersonated so much, and you know, like, but he's such a good actor when you actually watch him in stuff, and it's like, uh, he's great. That my my favorite thing I've seen him in, and I mean, Casablanca is fantastic, obviously, but I was like, and a lonely places, like that's it's really good. I really really loved it's it. So. so. Good. Yeah, that works- usually gets called his best performance. And from from okay. what I've seen, I would have to agree. Okay, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know we kind of had, it's like an, a rule, but like, it's like just to hopefully not try to cross over if someone's already had a, a call out the year before, which is not to repeat ourselves. So I had for, forgot it was on your list, so I was this close to doing it, so I'm glad we caught that. But, um, okay, so Keith, that was your number six. It was yep. Bullets Over Summer. Uh, my number six, I did not plan on this, honestly, but uh, I have another Michelle Yeoh movie. And I think this is the one I think we might still happen. Keith and I may cross over. Um, he just mentioned it. <laughs> uh, Royal Warriors. From... I kept it off my list because I felt like you were going to pick it. Oh, well, that was. But it, it is on you, my Keith. list of like my long. It's on my long list. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you. That was a good yeah, call because yes. I yeah. loved this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I must have loved it more than Hero Trio because it's one spot above. <laughs> like very close. Shockingly more grounded than Hero Trio because almost anything is when you're like evil <laughs> demons are stealing babies or whatever uh but it's just like um there's this great box set that came out this year called in the line of duty i think it's from 88 films uh this was on it it's like it's a weird series it's like in the line of duty one through four i believe only three and four are numbered that way <laughs> so like this is number one in the line of duty there's a movie called yes madam with michelle yo and oh i've seen that one Okay, it's yeah, it's a fun kung fu movie. Cynthia Rock Rock is the other one in Yes, Madam. Um, oh, that's nice. in the line of duty two, and then you get three and four, which I have not watched yet. But Roar Warriors was like such a great, like everything I'd want from a Hong Kong action movie. Um, Michelle Yeoh plays this in, uh, police inspector, and her and two other guys. Uh, the movie starts this way: <laughs> they stay, they they foil a mid-air. Um, like I think they're trying to rescue a criminal off this plane. Like other criminals are trying to get this guy off a plane, and then Michelle Yeoh and two other guys stop it. And I'm gonna go look up their names because I totally blanking right now. But that's how like that's like almost the inciting incident. But it's like a good twenty minutes, and there's like an action scene. You're like, wow, this is we're starting off like hot, and the rest of that's like the fallout from them stopping that rescue attempt. It's like basically these guys are trying to take them out for stopping that so the whole movie is them basically going against these criminals um oh one of the other guys is hiroyuki sonata who's been in a bunch of stuff john wick chapter four the wolverine 
sunshine like um and he's so young here i didn't even recognize him like he looks so different um and he's one of the guys michelle yo and it's just great action some crazy stuff happens like like twists and turns i did not see coming some very brutal things happen um and it's so awesome because it ends it kind of a mouth spoiler but like basically uh the final fight scene's so great it's like in a lumber yard a construction yard and michelle yo goes before this big fight to like someone the police lock up and it's like i need a vehicle and he gives us like ridiculous like mini tank thing <laughs> to take and she drives this thing into like the lumber yard and just starts kicking ass and she's like she's so great i mean michelle yo at academy award winner now and like i mean she's the best so um she's awesome in this um kicks a lot of ass it's so good uh yeah it's just a really nice tight like 90 minute Hong Kong action movie that like really delivers on the action. Cause I think at this point it's watching a lot of Hong Kong stuff. And like sometimes Hong Kong action movies do this thing where they kind of almost get like to me sidetracked with like kind of goofy comedy or like big melodrama. And you're like, can I get back to the action please? <laughs> and like Roy Warriors like skips a bunch of that stuff. Like it's just like boom, boom, boom. Like it's like, the criminals attack them. They fight back, back and forth. It's back and forth. It's very intense. Great action. It like never lets up um, and leads to this amazing finale where you're like, I've seen so much of this movie. How can they finish this movie? And they finish it with like go out with a bang. Um, it's great. It's wonderful. Um, I think I I feel like when I talked about it a while ago on the podcast, I feel like I actually sold to people and people like tweeted, I think, at me and were like, oh, my God, I rushed for Warriors like. Thank you, recommendation. So I'm very proud about that one. I want more people to still see it. Um, yeah, it's great. So Keith, I know you did see this one. So what did you want to say about this one? Oh, you're on mute. <laughs> Shoot. It's okay. Uh, yes. No, sorry. Um, yeah, this would actually be like top five material for me uh, for the year. It delivers on, like you said, kind of like every level. It gives you what you want in a Hong Kong action film. But it also gives you so much more than you that you didn't like realize you wanted and needed, like them shooting out like a an airplane window, and then just some guy's ass is just like stuck in the window until they land. Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, like that scene alone, like the way that the trio comes together on the plane is like pretty incredible. Uh, Michelle Yeoh is just great in this movie. And I love watching her fight. Mm -hmm. uh, I like the two guys that she's with a lot. They make a really good um, trio of of uh, of uh, people that are trying to like foil this crime. But they're there's they each have their own strengths. But they're, of course, the guys are you know a little bit more bumbly and like trying to get with Michelle Yeoh, of course, because that's like <laughs> just every Hong Kong movie apparently. Uh, but it's it's uh it was like incredibly enjoyable and it's just like one of those things that i was watching you know like midnight and thinking well maybe this might be a thing i have to finish in the morning and it just like every new set piece kept waking me up even more uh and by the yeah. end it was just like fuck did i just have like a cup of coffee because you're you're not <laughs> like the ending is absolutely crazy that tank situation is amazing so uh yeah uh, this was like easily one of my favorite things I've seen like in the last couple of years 
Uh, I absolutely loved it. It was amazing. <laughs> Isn't there also like a crazy stunts involving someone hanging outside of a building that looks like super dangerous? Am I thinking? Yes, you remember? I, no. Okay. I, I, yeah. 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 <laughs> I, knew, like, I, about, yeah. I was watching this going, how did someone not die doing what it's like someone hanging up a building? It's like the scariest. Cause there's, it's a shot from below, I think. Yeah. Right? And from it's below. Showing, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I and don't there's know. There's nothing there. <laughs> it's, uh, it's just it just guy. does not skimp on the action. Like it just does not no. hardly take a breath in between it just it's oh yeah it's so good it's okay dope, daniel yeah. sorry <laughs> we keep talking about <laughs> oh no i haven't seen it i i feel very very sold though you i mean basically did sell me too when you talked about it on the podcast but um so i was looking up that box set i was thinking about getting it and honestly then i forgot so i'm glad you reminded me um i definitely want to check this out sounds great Really I need good. to watch more Hong Kong movies. That is for sure. That's that is a takeaway here. That's going to be my takeaway from this whole list is you got to watch more Hong Kong movies. <laughs> like, definitely. Um, it's, uh, if you, if you don't want to buy the whole box set, it, it may be, it was on Criterion Channel at one point with other Michelle Yeah, Yo that's movies. what I'm seeing, Criterion Channel. Yep. So maybe, let, let me ask you guys there's yeah. one Hong Kong movie I'm kind of eyeing. Well, there's a couple of things in the Vinegar Syndrome sale. I won't, we, we don't have to take too long on this, but <laughs> the Made in Hong Kong box set sounds amazing. And Burning Paradise sounds Burning amazing. Paradise oh, is wild. Well, <laughs> that was the one I really wanted to sell when Keith and I did the Vinegar Syndrome yeah. episode in you May. You sold me on it. That was it? Okay. <laughs> that was. Burning, I thought maybe I that was it. Burning Paradise. Like, it's got some weirdly, like, I guess, problematic things, I would say. Definitely. definitely. But it's, like, also 30 years old, and, you know, I, things weren't quite, <laughs> you know, they, it's, like, some things where you're kind of like, Ugh, but it's, it, I, I think it kind of gets past that at a certain point. And, yeah. Um. You know, I just, but what was the other thing you said that was a, it's a, set? it's called made in Hong Kong. It's a box set of three. I think they're all horror movies. Oh Hong yeah. That movies. one, that one, I don't know if I'd recommend because they're like, I think they're category three movies, which are all like super gory movies from Hong Kong that I, cat three is like, that's just, I think a rating or a level. Um, mm -hmm. I know Mike Scott would know about this, but it's like, uh, I, those, I, yeah, I think they're all horror movies. I don't know if he'd like those. <laughs> like, like I even read about the descriptions, and I'm like, would I like these? <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know, because um, they might be kind of like too goofy or too just ridiculous and gross. Because I, I know they can get kind of gross sometimes. <laughs> so, um, okay. I can test for mixed things. I got that. I did pick it up in the last sale, but I've almost like been too scared to watch that. And I was oh, like, Ooh. interesting. Um, I can test run it for you and let you know what I think. Okay. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I, I told you guys in texting today, I've started watching Celeste de la Cabra on YouTube who reviews tons of vinegar syndrome stuff. And uh, they've really been selling me on a lot of the Hong Kong stuff that I hadn't, didn't they, really know anything about. They put out great Hong Kong stuff. There's a, yeah. a movie called undeclared war, which would be like a mm. honorable mention for me. That's a VSA. I think. That they put it's really right. really great it's like a it's kind of a, again kind of like a different movie for like a hong kong movie because it's like people speaking different languages which usually they didn't do and it was just kind of like uh i think i just watched justin liberty recommend this on a, uh just a disc with brian sour mm -hmm. actually was undeclared war and it's just like a really good hong kong action movie that kind of has more going on where like they're kind of dealing with the topic of like terrorism and it's a pretty well acted and it's just like a really solid movie. That one, I feel like it's kind of the Hong Kong stuff kind of tends to fly under the radar. I feel like with like because some of their fans do not like it. I've seen people comment on Facebook groups. It was like, oh, more Hong Kong stuff. And meanwhile, I'm like, that's why keep it, keep it coming. Like I keep it coming. Like, I love it. It's um, the best. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, but yeah, Burning Paradise is like my number one recommendation i love it's that wild. it's wild it's a wild movie <laughs> yeah when i heard about it it was it's described really as like 
martial arts meets gothic horror and i was like ooh. anytime i hear gothic <laughs> horror about any vinegar syndrome movie i'm like now i want it definitely yeah definitely got horror elements to it it's almost like yeah. got a weird like indiana jones type thing <laughs> like a lot of that's it's like what i was gonna say temples yeah. and traps and you know all kinds of yeah. stuff and a crazy villain like it's kind of like it's the villain's uh, nuts he's yeah. he's gross <laughs> he is really gross. he's gross <laughs> oh it's a good yeah. time good time that should be on sale i think because we talked about that yeah in may so it's definitely got to be on sale now i yeah. got it on i got it, it on be. last sale yeah 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 all right it was a good vinegar syndrome detour <laughs> like, <laughs> i'm so excited for that sale um two more days or three more days i guess but um okay uh i guess that's it on world warriors i kind of lost my place here so uh <laughs> top five daniel what is your number five Okay, most recent film that I have watched. Um, this is the one where I I almost said it was a foreign language film, and then I realized it wasn't. Uh, but all the actors have very heavy accents, and some of them actually didn't speak English. But technically, the movie is in English, and that is uh, Andy Warhol's Blood for Dracula from 1974. Technically directed by Paul Morrissey, um, starring Udo Kier as Dracula. Really, really bizarre telling of Dracula. <laughs> Where Dracula is played by Udo Kier and he's incredibly weak and sickly because he's up in Transylvania and he hasn't had virgin blood in many years because there are no more virgins around. And this movie really goes hard on the whole virgin blood thing that sometimes matters in vampire lore and I feel like usually doesn't. Uh, but it really like treats vampirism as a disease and virgin blood as an antidote. So his very skeevy underling servant is like, okay, we're going to go to Italy because there are a lot of religious people there and the religious people keep their daughters pure before marriage. So you're going to get virgins. And he's like, okay, cool. <laughs> so they go to this kind of broken down mansion of this formerly aristocratic family who's fallen on hard times and they really want to marry off their daughters to wealthy suitors. So it's a great opportunity for Dracula to come in as a wealthy suitor. And uh, he works his way through the daughters biting them and such and uh, discovers they're very much not virgins. They're actually very sleazy. And <laughs> um, and then like just Udo Kier's performance is overall throughout the movie so bizarre, like the most bizarre performance I've seen this year. And just whenever he like drinks blood that's not pure, he just like starts throwing up and there's just blood gushing out of his mouth. And it's so weird. So bizarre. And he starts like squirming all over the ground like he's having a stomach ache. Um, okay, so the movie is just the weirdest, most demented horror movie I saw this year, which is weird because it's a Dracula movie. And I feel like I've kind of seen it all with Dracula. And I haven't. This movie is super sick. It feels like it's from the mind of a psychopath. And I really just enjoyed it and appreciated it because it's very beautifully made in many ways. Like it visually gorgeous. It has a gorgeous score. Like the score is so beautiful, um, but it's super demented in many, many different ways. Um, it really just feels like the work of a madman. And uh, I love it. So that's blood for Dracula. <laughs> the way you describe it yeah. makes it sound fantastic. <laughs> like It sounds so much fun. Um, <laughs> I need to check that out. I kind of, I didn't know what to make of it. I did like when I saw it come out, I was like, do I, I yeah i don't know if i would like it from your description it sounds like more fun than i thought and also udo kier is like the perfect person to play a vampire because i still see him and stuff and think you're like a real vampire right <laughs> like like <laughs> he pops up in blade then he's, he's yeah. a vampire in that i'm like this is perfect vampire casting like he just feels like he's meant to be a vampire um so yeah i need to check that out at some point it sounds pretty great <laughs> This is this is one that I uh, this one in Flesh of Frankenstein, the two Paul Morrissey movies I, I had heard about like forever ago because uh, they rolled Criterion DVDs 
And uh, by the time I was able to like try and get them, they were out of print or whatever. So I, I actually haven't had a chance to check it out. I started Flesh for Frankenstein like a year or so ago. And I got about 10 minutes through and I was like, I don't know if I want to go back and watch that. <laughs> uh, so, but I, I, I'll give it another world, but I'm more interested in Blood for Dracula. I think that sounds a little bit more up my alley. I've just, I've just heard the famous line, the blood of these whores is killing me. Uh, yeah. And so, <laughs> so what a, what a line. That's amazing. Yeah. There's it's definitely like, wow. some sick, dark comedy to the movie, especially in the finale. That's like really yeah, it's, disgusting. It awesome. sounds kind of comedic. Do you think is in it so some curious? ways? Okay. But it's also like, so it's so wildly <laughs> fucked up that like, <laughs> Not everyone's gonna laugh at all right, that stuff. Like right. I did. Yeah. Sometimes my jaw was just on the floor at how far it was going. Oh, jeez. Uh, I'm Amazing. super curious about it for sure. <laughs> yeah, I want to watch this one. Okay, good job selling that one, Daniel. Flesh for Frankenstein <laughs> is one that I like. I technically do want in the Vinegar Syndrome sale, but even fifty percent off, it's forty dollars. It's so like it's just crazy. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, and it came yeah, out a long time ago, and it was kind of a big deal when it came out. But it's they've still got over a thousand units, so I'm like, you guys price this wrong. I don't <laughs> know why it's so expensive. Yeah. It's I'm hot. looking on eBay. <laughs> it's like, how much is it going for on there? Yeah. Uh, but okay. Well, that's listen. You did a great job selling that. So I want to see it now. So, um, <laughs> uh, okay. I guess Keith, we'll do, we'll go to your number five. Yeah. So I'm going to bring it back to the Connie stuff. Uh, Cause I, I truly saw maybe like four or five that I wanted to mention. Um, so I'm just kind of picking them randomly uh, for the ones that I like uh, enough to talk about. But um Viva Erotica from 1996 by Derek Lee and Lo Chi Lung. Um, it's it's like a it's it's kind of in the wheelhouse that I I I or my type of wheelhouse where it's movies about movie making and the behind the scenes type of sh- shenanigans that go on with that. Uh, and so basically, you spoke to Cat Three earlier, and it's about about this guy who's an out of work writer director. Uh, his last two movies had flopped severely in the theater, and he's having trouble getting work. So he's severely uh, down on his luck. He's depressed. His girlfriend is really trying to cheer him up um, and just get him like motivated and supportive, and 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 she's just like kind of the ideal person you'd want on your side when you're in a really bad spot. He gets a pitch meeting with this guy who ends up kind of end, you know, being like a thuggish. I think he's like a member of the triad, maybe or something, which you find out later. Uh, he's just kind of like this shitty guy that wants to make skin flicks and cat three movies. Uh, and the way that it was pitched to the writer director from his producer was like, "Yep, we're gonna go with your vision, whatever. Let's pitch it to him." And then he gets there and he's like, "Wait, I don't want to make this trash." Uh, and so basically it's kind of him having this conflict of, of his own personal principles because he's more of like a Wong Kar Wai type of guy. Like he's very artsy, much more interested in the beauty of filmmaking than like making schlocky entertainment. And so, uh, but he needs the paycheck. So he takes the job. He starts to kind of like it starts off him not really giving a shit. And then as it goes, he's realizing it's like, well, this is my shot. Like, I, if I'm going to do this, let me do this my way and I'm going to just go for it. And it, it's kind of really about like it, it's a it's a comedy, but it's also like a little bit of a drama. But I think it's more funny than it's not. Um, the comedic parts. I don't know if you guys have seen that movie Cashback from like mid to late 2000s. It's a British movie. Uh, 
it's similar similar vibe comedy drama type of thing um would recommend uh but it's basically like kind of when you throw yourself into something that you love uh and it this resonated for me too so deeply uh that you start the other things start falling by the wayside so like you know your your relationship with your partner can be uh definitely um uh, yeah tense uh at times because you've you've kind of chosen a preference uh, not a preference but you you're choosing to like use your time towards your craft and that's very much what happened what's happening here so it's creating this like weird divide in their apartment she was supportive at first but then she finds out she's making this type of movie and yeah just kind of goes from there but where it ultimately ends up is this this really beautiful kind of celebration of of um of filmmaking and like community uh akin to like a one cut of the dead in that way but like it's it's on a very different vibe and very different level it's a very uh, I don't know. It's it's very '90s in its look, but I also really appreciate that about it. It is very Wong Kar Wai in scenes. It's very like gorgeous to look at uh, at times, but it's just kind of about those ups and downs, about really committing yourself to what you're passionate about and what kind of sometimes can either fall by the wayside, wayside, or or you know become like a point of contention. Uh, and yeah, it's just it's just a really cool little movie that I don't think a lot of people are really checking out. Um, so yeah, Viva Erotica. You said Wong Kar Wai. My ears perked up. Uh, it's like <laughs> uh, Chunking Express and all that, and a lot of other things I've liked from Wong Kar oh, Wai. Uh, I've liked everything I've seen from Wong Kar Wai. Uh, shockingly, he's not on the list this year, but uh, twenty forty six would be an honorable mention from Wong Kar Wai. Oh um, man, that's a beautiful movie. movie. Yeah, a yeah. beautiful movie and like very creative. But um, I haven't seen this, but I did pick up the Blu Ray because it was oh cool in a sale at some point, and I think maybe you recommended to me or just mentioned that you had picked it up and i was like okay i'll grab that one too i think i mentioned it to you yeah yeah so i it's, the, the, yeah it's, it's on good. the shelf it's it's like it's uh i just i kind of i don't know why it's one of those things where it's like am i in the mood to watch this i, I didn't quite know what it was i was like is it drama mm -hmm. is it comedy is you know what kind of movie is it um so i just hadn't taken a chance on it yet but i do own it so i can i can watch it anytime and i probably should so um daniel thoughts on this one uh yeah, Keith, I I don't know anything about movies. I don't know like any of your picks. We're so on a different planet, and I respect it, man. This, this is what happens when you have a, a kid, and then you don't talk to anybody else about movies for like a year. Is that you start going real internal and cerebral with all your picks? Realize you've watched all these movies that no one's heard of. Like, I think I have heard of all of them, but I've like. <clears throat> haven't seen most of them. <laughs> I, I truly have reverted to me 20 years ago where I wanted to see every foreign thing ever. So yeah, that's kind of the, the, <laughs> like the lane I'm in right now. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, sorry. But, <laughs> but, but here, my, no, the you're, reason you're good. It's awesome. I, I, my, my list is my long list is comprised of movies that people have heard of, but I purposely picked these movies because I feel like not enough light has been uh, you know, shown upon them. So that's why I, I wanted to pick movies that maybe are a little bit more under the radar. So uh, it makes sense why you guys haven't seen pretty much any of my picks. So that's okay. <laughs> Th that's the idea. That's the idea. Yeah, no, that did, is the I fun did, part of I did formulate the idea. Yeah, the list. I sometimes feel like my so. picks are almost too normy. Not as much this year. I feel like they're a little different, but I will be <laughs> I'm glad you bring like a little more outside the box, you know, that's to stuff people are not talking about as much. Um, I try. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I was always like, I'm always like, have you guys ever seen uh, The Good, The Bad, The Ugly? Or, you know, something like that. <laughs> <laughs>
I haven't. Good. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen. Oh, you really not seen it? No, I have uh, the trilogy, but I've only seen Fistful of Dollars. I've seen that like four or five times, but I've never oh, seen wow. the other two. So I like all yeah. of them. You know, people debate. I need to get on. I, like I need to get on it. You can watch Fistful of Dollars four or five times in the length it takes to watch Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. <laughs> it's pretty long yeah i know i i you know i love short movies but I, i'm okay with that one being that long i don't know why yeah. i think it works i'm excited um, to watch like once upon a time in the west i'm okay with that too i'm like that's okay oh. you're it's like, so mm-hmm. good um okay uh okay so my number five still this is in like the asian cinema run although this is different this is a japanese animated film that keith actually pushed me to watch hey, which is my first Miyazaki movie, Spirited Away, yeah, in 2001. Yes, yes, one of the best movies ever. Hell it's yeah, amazing! It's so good. Like, another one where I'm like, do I need to say much about the plot? It's just like this. I mean, it's kind of like you know, a young girl becomes trapped in this weird kind of world. Um, and then uh, you know, it's, it's a very, I mean, just it's like. And then she's in this weird place and things are going kind of crazy. And then it's like, you know, um, it's just I, I I mean, the plot was, again, kind of secondary. It was like it was so blown away by the animation and the style and the creativity, like stuff. I'm like, who could even imagine some of these like creatures and like uh, the way things go when it's just so beautiful? Um, I mean, I, it's I don't <laughs> I say I don't want to bag on Disney. It's like, who cares? It's Disney. But like they've gone so far away from like traditional hand-drawn animation. Elha Miyazaki, I think, is like dead set on like no AI, no, none of this bullshit, just like hand-drawn animation. <laughs> and like, it just looks so good. Like, um, I mean, I just loved the vibe of this movie. I loved the look of it. I loved like how wildly creative it was. Like, um, you know, because as a kid, I watched a bunch of animated stuff and I'm like, trying to i i feel like i'm hardly ever in the mood to grab an animated movie or pull one up on streaming but like um yeah keith and i taught miyazaki a lot earlier this year for some reason yeah. like kept coming up and you give me recommendations i think Susanna gave me recommendations too yeah, like she, you guys she like, did. Yeah, <laughs> so, she did, yeah. um like i was like i gotta start watching some of these and i just kind of started off with one i had heard maybe the most about and people seem to like it's very popular and i it paid off i absolutely loved it i don't know what else to really say if anyone's seen it i'm sure they know what i'm talking about um if if you haven't seen it i can't really (laughs) describe it it's like because i thought i kind of knew about it and seen stuff but like to watch it and sit down and watch it like it blew me away i really was like just yeah it was just like uh you know it was just very different than any other anime movie i've ever seen um it's it's great i don't know what to say so uh daniel you go first uh you like cheered your arms went up like you were so excited (laughs) Yeah, I, I super, super love this movie. It's one of my absolute top animated films of all time. Um, I'm a huge Miyazaki fan. Uh, I'm not a big like anime watcher in terms of shows. I've seen some, but there are a lot of Japanese animated films that I, I really, really love. Uh, and this is probably my favorite. Uh, it's probably my overall favorite Miyazaki, favorite Japanese animated film. Um, it is the film that I saw a long time ago where it kind of first showed me that like that like the uh, one appeal of foreign films is when you see a film from another culture, you will see the kinds of things that you would never think of living in this culture. And like, I just saw a lot of imagery that I had never imagined before. And it kind of like opened me up to foreign movies in general. Um, So it's a very special movie to me. And I, it has like one of my absolute top all time favorite movie scores 
the music in this is so insanely beautiful. Oh my God. Yeah. So yeah, great pick, man. Great pick. Are, did you watch other Miyazaki fans? Um, other Miyazaki movies? The only you- other one I watched this year, which was very random, because I feel like everyone was like, watch Princess Mononoke, watch... Um, I think what the other one there was, like, but I went ahead and watched my neighbor Totoro, which is wow, like, okay, yeah, yeah. which so is much, like yeah. a delight, but it's like, I think Keith even warned me or something. That's very much for like, it feels like it's for like little kids. Um, yeah. And it kind of is, it's very much like, it, but it's so, it's like so sweet and innocent and like it's mm-hmm. childlike innocence. And it was like, it's great. It, yeah. It's like a Saturday morning. It. And I felt like watching like an animated cartoon. And I was like, I'll throw on my neighbor Totoro. Cause like, I don't want to like, think that hard and it was you know it's just like that seems nice put that on it was short i was like great um yeah it's super it was just very like sweet and nice it didn't blow me away like spirited away um and for, i've only seen those couple of miyazaki movies i feel like he gets like kids like the idea of like kids having like these big imaginations really well and like but like doesn't talk down to them and like it kind of gets down to their level i feel like i don't know how to describe it it's just like like you know, I just feel like it's it's funny because they're still very much like movies for children, but they just don't seem like they have all <laughs> I feel so like the dumb stuff American kids movies have. Like it's not just nonstop like fart and burp jokes and like that's not every anime kids movie in America, yeah, yeah. but it seems like there's just this real dumb like kids are dumb, talk to them dumb. And I feel like Milizaki's like, no, kids are imaginative and creative and like just give them something you know, fun to see. I don't know. It's it just felt like it was like he respected them more than a lot of yeah. like Western animated movies. That's kind of what it felt like. Like, oh, um, absolutely. I I saw Minions: The Rise of Gru, <laughs> and it felt like the movie was it literally in fast forward. I was like, how is it possible for any movie to move this fast? It's like <laughs> it's such a desperate movie. Like they're so desperate to not bore kids and i'm like yeah it's so sad yeah it's so both, sad the moments i saw miyazaki they're not afraid to kind of I don't, be slow is the wrong word but take their time especially yeah. the neighbor totoro like not much happens in a lot of that nope. movie like yeah um and it's okay it's just like it's fine just hang out enjoy the beautiful like kind of peaceful country atmosphere in that movie and then spirit away is like got this crazy fantastical world and um you know but still like is patient and takes its time and you know um yeah they i i gotta watch more because they're just the two i watched were just wonderful and i think i think i'd love princess mononoke that seems like it's Uh, knowing your taste you will go totally (laughs) it's so good it's so good that's what i I think i tried to watch it years ago like rented it or watched on tv and like i don't know what happened but i don't remember finishing it so i'm like i don't know what you know what that was about and i'm excited to see his new movie the boy and the heron which i think is his last movie he said like, like he said that yeah. so many times oh, okay years, I, yeah. I didn't know he's retiring and coming out of retirement <laughs> he's like god damn it these minion movies are coming out i gotta fight you know um i i know i didn't know he like retired multiple times but, yeah this is like his um, third time or something oh, geez. like okay, legitimately well, yeah but yeah it looks it looks beautiful as all his movies are so i'm yeah i mean i just it's one of those things i feel like it'd be in a very specific mood for this but but i'm in when i watch it I'm, i know it's gonna be great but i mean yeah, yeah so Okay. Yeah. That was. Uh, yeah. I I just want to say. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> Spirit, Spirit Away is also is one of my all timers. Um, it, it's it's like you said it's it's imaginative and creative, but yeah, it really does. I mean, not only treat the audience with a lot of respect, but it treats the main character Sen with a lot of respect as she earns it, mm-hmm. as she learns her skills and kind of gains responsibility throughout the film, and they really, it 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 paints a great picture of children 
once they're becoming aware of things, uh, they're a way smarter and way more in tune with things than you would ever imagine them to be. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I, and I do love that about it because it shows a respect to, to children. Um, and, yeah, I mean, Simon is two, and he loves Kiki's Delivery Service and My Neighbor Totoro, and he's seen both of them multiple times. And oh, thinks they're Kiki's like the Delivery best Service thing. is it's so, so good. <laughs> it's so good. So, yeah, Matt, uh, you should watch Kiki uh, for sure. Okay. I think I mean, I, at this point, I'm like, I'll just watch but... all of this movie. You know what I mean? I'm like, yeah, I, yeah. Because uh, yeah, I, I was looking through great. his filmography. It doesn't seem like there's like a dud in there, really. I mean, I'm sure people have their preferences, but... It doesn't uh, seem like anything's like, oh, what a he made that real piece of crap, you know? It's like I don't really like Porco Rosso. Oh, really? oh yeah. I think it's, it's, it's okay. It's that okay. is the I one like, people I, like I guess it. I haven't heard talk about very much. But I like I like that one, but I don't love it. The one I don't really like is Earwig and the Witch. Uh, oh, it's that one his CG one, and it's oh. not that's my him. Favorite. That's him. Yeah. Oh, oh, I knew it was Ghibli. I didn't know he did it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I don't. Be, I don't. I haven't seen. I don't it. love it, but it's it's okay. I thought he'd be so against like, you know, CG. Maybe he tried yeah. it and was like, no, no, I don't want to do this anymore. I mean, it's I'm glad he didn't do it again. Uh, I really <laughs> didn't like looking at it. Uh, oh. it. Just just because he does such a great job with the pencil and ink stuff, I just think it's so gorgeous what he does. Um, another one that I don't think gets talked about enough is Ponyo. Uh, I, that, again, is geared more towards children. That's another Little Mermaid. Yeah, it's the Little oh, Mermaid yeah. story. Yeah. It's It's so playful and fun, and it's so vibrant to look at. Uh, color wise, it's very a lot of blues and things like mm -hmm. that. But um, the colors just pop. I would recommend Ponyo too. It's a little bit more in that vein of like a Totoro, where it's definitely for children. But it's it's really good. Like yeah, these children's movies have such hardcore uh, like moral you know compasses and like adult stories embedded within them. And I don't know. I think kids do pick up on that stuff and like whether or not that's conscious or not. But I think it does uh, enhance the experience. I yeah. think. You know, they're more ratatouille that way. I need, to, I need, I need, I gotta ratatouille. see it. I gotta see it. <laughs> Maybe tomorrow I'll watch ratatouille. I gotta, I gotta make that happen. <laughs> um, okay, spirited away. I'm glad we all love it. I don't think I even knew how much you like those uh, Miyazaki movies, Daniels. That's yeah, that's that was, yeah, I was surprised I your reaction them. was like full cheering. I appreciate that. <laughs> so, um, okay, uh, Daniels number four. So we're on. I was like, where are we? <laughs> okay, uh, I got another criterion pick. I'm going oh. classy. Uh, it's not it's not the most artsy of of criterions. Uh, so my number four is Buck and the Preacher from 1972. Oh, cool. uh, it is a Western starring and directed uh, by Sidney Poitier. And uh, and it's about Sidney Poitier. He's this guy. It, it takes place in the Old West. And basically his job is he gets hired by uh, communities of recently freed, uh, previously enslaved people. It takes place after the Civil War. Um, and basically, even though these people are technically free, uh, a lot of their like plantation owners and such won't actually let them go, at least not without violence. Um, so basically, Buck's job is to be a guide and a bodyguard and get them into the north. Um, so it's a really cool story that, you know, absolutely was a thing that happened in history in the Old West. But there are like almost no Westerns that tell this story. So it's really cool from that perspective. And Sidney Poitier is really just like a perfect stoic, you know, badass Western hero. He just nails it. But man, the star of the show for me, Harry Belafonte, who is the preacher. Um, and he is just this super weirdo guy who dresses up like a preacher, carries around Bibles, but he's always up to some kind of skeevy, no good business. 
And um, and it seems like, you know, there are a lot of supporting performances out there and I, I, that I feel like like the top supporting performances everyone talks about are like guys acting like super weirdos. Like, yeah, Heath Ledger <laughs> is the Joker. Val Kilmer is Doc Holliday. Um, Johnny Depp is Jack Sparrow. I think Harry Belafonte as the preacher is like up there with those. Like it is a peak, super weirdo, but awesome, crazy, charismatic supporting performance. Um, that is so awesome. So it's just like a, a damn good Western, good action scene shootouts, very, you know, emotionally and morally satisfying because of the story it's telling uh, with just awesome performances at the, at the, at the helm and Sidney Poitier and Harry Belafonte. There's such good, like buddy chemistry to head up like an action Western like this. So um, yeah, it's, it's definitely my favorite Western discovery of the year for sure. So that's Buck and the Preacher. Nice. I have not seen it, but you mentioned it, I'm sure, in a YouTube video back. Yeah, <laughs> back a few times, the... I think. And uh, I, I don't think I even really heard anybody talk about it before. I know I got that criterion and then you talked about it and I was like, oh, this is not really it was on my radar. Um, I still haven't seen it, but I really want to. It sounds it sounds really good. Um, See, so yeah, I will check it out. Uh, Keith, have you seen this one? No, that's a, that's another one that I uh if very I'm, I'm very curious about I, i've watched like just clips from it and stuff and i've heard other people talk about it as well and it just looks like such a a cool uh i don't know a different take on the western that uh seems really appealing to me and i like those two performers a lot so i'm sure i'm, I'm kind of a shoe in for this one but yeah it's it's definitely on the list yeah yeah cool um awesome. i thought that was very fast but i'll move on i feel like we're speaking <laughs> so, now because sure. like it's approaching uh, 11 my time. Oh, that's, I got 40 minutes, but uh, it's like, I oh, guess yeah, daylight over. savings now put you two hours ahead of us. That sucks. Yeah, because it's nine where I'm at, nine twenty. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm sorry. I don't know why I said approaching 11. It's 1020 here. I don't know why. It's like I still have 40 minutes till 11. I'm still only an hour. Oh, ahead of okay. You yeah, yeah. Sorry. I said that it was weird. It's like, it's not that. Well, that makes but... it. You'd have the same deal. I, I remember podcasting with Mitch in Canada gets messed up by daylight oh. savings. Like I'm an hour behind and then suddenly it's two hours. I right. was thinking of that. I know. Yeah, you're yeah, in America. No, you're... <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> you're fine. Uh, Keith, what's but your I think Virginia four? counts. Yeah, Virginia still counts. We're not West Virginia. <laughs> they they barely count. Uh, <laughs> which everyone said I'm from at some point. I'm like, I'm not from West Virginia. They're different. Uh, so, um, Keith, what's your number four? Uh, I'm going to go horror with this pick. Uh, this yeah. Is, yeah. Yeah. This was this was a good one. Uh, this one's this was one that I wasn't expecting to like as much as I did. Uh, I wouldn't say that I'm the biggest found footage lover or hater, uh, but they have to be pretty damn good for me to latch onto it and get kind of sucked in. And this, this one did it for me. I put this on thinking, eh, I don't know. I've heard this title. Let's just check it out. And uh, I watched this little gem from 2015 called Hell House LLC, which uh man i well, i didn't like how that made me feel uh i was <laughs> terrified it's so hard to get scared uh for movies and i know i picked uh for one of our horror marathons i did that haunted asylum movie from oh uh, yeah. yeah from a while back and uh this is on par with that as far as <laughs> how it really creeped me the hell out uh it's basically just a group of professional haunt builders uh, that find this old hotel in what's called Abaddon, New York, which that's ominous enough, uh, calling it Abaddon. Uh, and the hotel had closed due to, of course, mysterious circumstances. So it's like that classic case of stuff goes wrong little by little. And then it's like a big blow up catastrophe at the end, which sounds 
Uh, very atypical, but when the, it, this is all about delivery and pacing and building tension. And it, this is like, as far as found footage goes, like this is probably, it's up there with like Blair Witch or something, like in terms of creating that very palpable tension, this creeped me the fuck out in a way that I was not prepared for. Cause I just thought it was going to be you know, like a v, uh, you know VHS movie or something, uh, which I'm not the biggest fan of, admittedly. Um, but like, everything was perfectly paced. It starts with the disaster, then works its way to kind of like lead up to those events in documentary style, using the found footage that you know this this girl who survived the uh, the account uh, had on her. And uh, I just really want to watch this again. I don't know. It's so cleverly put together how it unfolds. It's told through super, like a bunch of different perspectives. It's it's kind of like it's, it's uh, you know, people shooting videos for like Instagram lives or like YouTube or whatever to like upload as they're going through this haunt. And then you kind of see it from other people's perspectives that are doing the same thing. And also through like the the surveillance cam footage and the behind the scenes footage of the guys doing the haunt. So it's, Super interesting. Uh, I have a thing with clowns, real original, I know, but I don't <laughs> care for creepy clowns. And this takes the cake for me. Uh, it is like a comic book character compared to the clown mask situation in this movie. I did. I do not like this. I grew up in a house that was very much like, uh, we'll just say there was some activity uh, growing up. Whether or not you want to believe that, that's fine. But it was, I grew up in a very old house where my great grandfather died. Oh, and okay. things happened. I oh, in that I have house. so many questions. <laughs> yeah. Another time. Here comes a follow up question. <laughs> um, um, and so, so it's, it played on my, my imagination of like, oh shit, like this could, you know, is my house like that, you know, or like my, you know, childhood home. So, uh, didn't, didn't love that feeling, but like I had legit goosebumps, hair standing straight up on the back of my neck. I absolutely loved that experience. And this is like what I look for in any horror movie, uh, that I, when I want to get creeped out, this is how I want to feel. And this movie delivered, I loved it so much. So yeah, Hell House LLC, what a surprise, really dug it. Okay. Daniel, have you seen this? Yeah, a long time ago. Um, I don't really remember it very well, to be honest, so I need to revisit it. But I want to give a plug to our buddy Chris Hurtado because he had the director of this movie on his mm. podcast, Inside the Sequel, uh, to talk about the franchise. So that was cool. He also, I have to tell a little story about Chris. He had a weird experience in the lobby at a 24-hour marathon we went to where there was, he, he was like hanging out in the lobby like to, you know, rest his eyes and such from the screen. Um, and there was this like drunk guy out in the lobby who's like shit talking how Hell House LLC and he goes to Chris what? and he's like, have you seen Hell House LLC? And Chris is like, yeah. And he's like, do you like it? And he says, I love it. And the guy goes, oh, what do you know? And he goes, well, I had the director on my podcast. So there. And the guy's like, oh, <laughs> that's, that's pretty cool. But I that was pretty Wait, did this happen in the music box or different? Yeah, it happened in the music box, like in the middle of the night when like, oh, I think it was wow. while during um, Haze when Chris was like taking a break out in the lobby. Oh, yeah. Everyone took a break during Haze except. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, Chris came back like. Wait, did Chris come back or leave? Yeah, at some point, Chris came in or out. And it was like just me, him watching Hayes. And we're like, the fuck is going on? <laughs> like, uh, poor Hayes. They had to follow Candyman, which is like not an enviable Ugh, spot. That's and it tough. Was that's tough. Tough. Yeah. Um, but that's so funny. <laughs> it's like I had to direct my podcast. Like, oh, okay, well, um, <laughs> you want to hear that story. So that's amazing. 
<laughs> but um, <laughs> I've never seen it. But weirdly, it came up a few times, like before Halloween. Like I had one friend whose opinions I honestly don't trust about movies. <laughs> like say he hated it, didn't like it. Say he liked the sequels more. He kept watching the sequels because they were all, I guess, on Shutter. And he's like, I like the sequels more than the original. And then I think Hayden, I'm pretty sure, said he really the likes the first. Are terrible. <laughs> Hayden said, I like the first one. Don't watch the sequels. So it was yeah. like the opposite advice. Um, and then I feel like I was going to watch it, but I legitimately was not in the mood to actually be scared. <laughs> like That happens to me a lot where I'm like, I don't want to be creeped out right now. It might have been like late. I was like, I just want to go to bed peacefully. Um, so I'd seen some <laughs> screenshots of this movie or like clips. And I was like, it looked creepy enough. Um, people bag on found footage, but I feel like to me, nowadays it may be like the thing that mm. is the most effective way to scare me i think because yeah. just the way it shot the perspective um i don't know but like so i at some point will get the courage to watch Hell house LLC. but uh there's a even the like letterboxed i think like the header photo is scary to me it's like a clown standing on like a that's, staircase going down that's it yeah that's yeah it. it's creepy and i don't i don't have anything with clowns i feel like i don't i mean like anything's creepy if you dress up enough but like on a general level i have no problem with clowns but like um i don't know it's Ooh, that I, yeah, is a creepy I, image it's yeah, yeah. i just looked it up i don't In like the context it. Saw of it. that scene is like awful yeah it's just terrifying <laughs> it's so terrifying i saw it i was like i don't even like looking at this image close the <laughs> close the app <laughs> like i had to scroll uh, down <laughs> yeah i was like scroll away yeah. from this um so one day i will see yeah. it maybe i'll see it with friends so i'll be like <laughs> It's fun. Would, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of I fun. would love to see that play during a marathon at some point. That feels that sounds oh, like it'd man. be a fun movie for that. So um yeah, cool. Um I'm glad you dug that so much. So um I guess my number four. I thought Keith, you were gonna keep the Western thing going here because I was like, Oh, oh Keith no, has a Western. No. I got a Western for my number four. Um I really don't need to see much about it because we did a whole podcast on it. Me and Daniel and Lindsay and Anthony, the cult movies podcast. R.I.P. <laughs> to the searcher. Oh, yeah. We did the searchers. Um, oh, wow. That was this year. That feels like I, a long time ago for some reason. It. Uh, yeah, let me see when I actually logged it. Two or three it, months ago? It was it March. That long ago. Oh, shit. So that's why it feels like so long ago. Okay. Um, yeah. So we did. We talked all about it. I was really proud of the episode, too, because I, I did not see the searchers, I think, going in. So I didn't know what I was going to even say or think about it. And I thought we had a good discussion. But, um, I mean, yeah, basically John Wayne is this guy who's been in the Civil War um, and comes home to his family and they get attacked by a Native American tribe and most of the family is killed. And then but the couple of the young girls are taken and then he's searching for years to find them. Um, and it's like this. I, honestly, I have I have talked many times. I have a pretty bad John Wayne allergy, I think. It's like, I just don't. I know, yeah, I kind of felt like he was forced upon me in my house. Like, he's just always on. My stepdad loves Westerns, loves John Wayne. And I was like, this guy sucks. Like, I don't like this guy at all. Like, I know about him personally. Seems kind of racist. Uh, so it's like, I just, there was nothing, there was nothing me to like about him. It's like, I don't like your acting style. I don't like you as a normal, just a person. Um, and he's, but he's, really really good in the searchers i was like mm -hmm. oh john wayne can act when it's like the right circumstance a good director like john ford good material like because he has this amazing scene 
where he finds, well, I'm sorry, kind of spoilers. I would, he finds something very disturbing and goes back and tells the other guy he's with. And he like tries to basically like say like, you don't want to see that. Like I kind of, I don't care how he phrases. Like, I wish I hadn't seen that. It's very like, though he looks so. He says, what do you want me to draw you a picture? Cause right. he's asking yeah. like, like what, what did you see? He seems truly disturbed. Like he seems like he's really seen something like very disturbing the way he plays it. Um, and that moment alone, I was like, oh, John Wayne connect like he like because he, he genuinely seems like he saw something he never wanted to see, um, wishes he didn't see it. Um, he's really good in it. I love the, the ending. Obviously, he's very famous. It's been talked about to death. Um, the shot out the door with him standing there. Um, and I think what all that represents is really great. Like he's just is like a man that has no place in the world at this point. And they use like they use, like he kind of, he has this one, he can do these certain things. Like he doesn't have any other like, real skills. And like, once they don't need him anymore for that, he doesn't really fit into society anymore, but it's this whole amazing thing. Um, I, it's, I, it's a great movie. It's a beautifully shot Western. It's, it looks amazing. I mean, I just was kind of like surprised how dark it got for a 1954 or 56 movie. Um, yeah, I just thought it was it was fantastic. And I think I watched it twice for some reason. But I but I uh, I, I did really I really enjoyed it. So, yeah, The Searchers, which, yeah, I we talked about a whole bunch on that cult movies episode way back in, I guess, March or April, probably whenever it came out. So, um, yeah, Daniel, I know you've seen it. So, Keith, have you seen The Searchers? I have. Uh, I think it's not only one of the best Westerns ever made, but one of the great films ever. I think it's masterful. I think it's gorgeous uh, to look at. Um, it really paints a picture of the length of this expedition to find the the girls and um, just how grueling it is and how you really, f- you, the movie's long, you don't feel the length, but you feel the length of their length of their expedition, if that makes sense. Like you really feel yeah. how much <laughs> this has worn on them. Um, John Wayne gives a stellar performance. It's superb. Uh, I think it's it's just one for the ages. It's incredible. Uh, this is one I really want to revisit sooner than later. Um, I haven't seen a ton of Ford. Uh, I've seen like the whole town's talking. You know, it's like that's not a western, but I mean, I've seen some of his other non-westerny things. Uh, and I just think like it, it, just in terms of pure craft and pure like this is a director doing his thing like the searchers is is just like one of the coolest and uh best looking movies um yeah i don't know i think it's i think it's incredible um yeah I, it, great pick great pick uh daniel thoughts on the searchers i know we oh, this movie about it, sucks <laughs> <laughs> no i <laughs> really change your tunes that episode i love this movie. movies <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite westerns for sure and i also really enjoyed that uh cult movies that we did on it i loved loved guesting on cult movies so r.i.p but they had an yeah. amazing run yeah r.i.p cult movies anthony's fine not r.i.p anthony he's he's doing great he's alive and well he, yeah. as i know he's not dead yeah, yeah. no he's not <laughs> he's gonna be on the show soon we're gonna do i'll tease oh, it cool. i'll tease we're going to do a very special Christmas episode. That's all I will say. It is not going to be your normal Christmas episode. Okay. <laughs> um, I like it. Weird pick where I was, he said, it and I was like, oh, that is kind of a Christmas movie. Um, I'm very excited. I'm like, yeah, you'll, you're like, that's a movie for Matt and Anthony to talk about. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I do miss cult movies already. I'm like, oh, I, I get it though. He just, he posted like, he's like, busy like five days a week with like hockey stuff with for him and his kids. That man is a super dad. Like he absolute really is a dad super goals. dad. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so who can blame him? He's living, he's out there living life. So I can't, you know, um, I will miss him 
but he'll he'll say he's gonna guess but uh, you know he, i miss cult movies but uh that was a great conversation i you know search was a great movie so yeah i'm glad we're all on board so uh get top three so okay we're moving right along all right daniel what is your number three Okay, uh, my number three isn't really classy. And I'm sure a lot of people will be like, what, really? This is a five out of five movie for me. I've talked about it a lot. I've talked about it on Film Feast, so I, won't, I don't need to talk about it too much. Uh, but it's Sean S. Cunningham's The New Kids from 1985. Oh, yes. <laughs> Lori Laughlin, James Spader, uh, a couple of kids who are recently orphaned. Poor Tom Atkins meets a, meets a uh, untimely fate. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, they go to uh, they go to a small town to live with their aunt mm-hmm. and uncle, and they are met by James Spader and his gang who really, really want to get it on with Lori Laughlin. And she's like, no, you guys are the worst. And because <laughs> of that, they sort of like inflict war on these siblings. And I can't believe how much the movie escalates, how violent and crazy it gets uh, just between these teenagers. Um, James Spader is just in peak slimy form, even as a teenager. And uh, it's it's just awesome. I think it's like I, I like Friday the 13th, also done by Sean S. Cunningham. Definitely like it. But it's crazy. I think the quality jump that this movie is. I think this movie is amazing. So that's my number three. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad that's in your top three. It's, <laughs> it's a really <laughs> fun movie. I went back and I forgot. I letter I reverted to your letterbox here. Four stars. So, I mean, that's pretty high. Like, it wasn't five stars. But but I forgot. I was like, does that open like insane? Because it starts with Tom Atkins like waking up his kids by telling his son, like, wake up. Would you stay up too late whacking off? And then he, like, wow. he wakes up Lori Laughlin by like slapping her ass and some come on. I got to go make <laughs> more money to buy designer jeans for that sexy, that sexy little body. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> like, and that is like two minutes in the movie. And I was like, what is this movie going to be? Holy shit. It's weird though, just because it's Tom Atkins. I'm just like, ah, that's just yeah, Tom. Like, oh, Tom, you old cat. Like he's, he's oh. Dr. Chalice. Yeah. <laughs> he can get away with that stuff. Uh, it's just bananas. It's like, there's a training montage. I forgot. I'm reading this description, but I don't want to do the whole thing, but it's like, it's crazy. It's just like, it starts off so, it comes in so hot and then it gets like progressively like crazier. And yeah, uh, it's, I mean, it's a ton of fun. Keith, have you seen New Kids? <laughs> no, it's, oh. you're selling it even more. I've, I have, I've had this disc on my shelf for like three years and I haven't watched it yet. So I need to, I need to get on that. Uh, this, this needs to go to the top of the watch list. <laughs> okay. Okay. It sounds so, it sounds so fun though. Like I'm really looking forward to it. So super yeah, entertaining all the way through. It. And I think it's like another sub 90 minute movie. So it just like yeah. flies by. Um, yeah. It's a Into great it. time. I'm so excited. About that. <laughs> so, um, okay. New kids. Uh, we're, yeah. Keith, you're number three. Yeah, um, I'm going to do a breakout from an indicator box set as well. Uh, yeah. and so um, this one really, I I just was starting to like go through my my sets, my hammer sets, and I was just picking things at random. Uh, yeah, and uh, this movie <laughs> was a, just a banger. Uh, Taste of Fear from 1961. Yes, is so good. <laughs> uh, it's super well made, looked great. Uh, and it kept me guessing kind of the entire time, which for something like this is kind of hard to do because it throws you at the, like in the last 15 minutes, you're like, Oh my God, I didn't see that coming. Uh, it's got a great twist. 
Um, Susan Strasberg, uh, I only know her from Bloody Birthday, uh, so that's where she's from, uh, <laughs> plays a disabled woman who comes to France to see her father for the first time in 10 years. And when she gets there, she's told by her stepmother, who she's never met before, that her father had to go away on business. Uh, as her stay continues, she starts to see the body of her dad pop up in various places uh, around the around the property. And it just had me like... It just really was something that had me hooked kind of immediately. Like once she gets to the house, I'm I'm all in. Uh, the suspense is fantastic. Christopher Lee is in here and he plays a uh, like a doctor, which I love. And apparently this was like the favorite movie. This was like his favorite movie that he ever got to make. Um, and I can see why. I mean, it's that he made with Hammer. That he made with Hammer, yeah. To be sorry, yep, good call. Yep, to be to be specific. Uh, and I see why. I mean, it's it's incredibly well acted. It, it's so well directed. It's a lot of fun. Uh, keeps you guessing. It's got uh, the lead from Mr. Sardonicus in it, uh, the doctor who helps Mr. Sardonicus. Um, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but uh, but yeah, this was part of the Indicator uh, Hammer Volume Two Criminal Intent set, and I almost picked Never uh, Take Sweets from a Stranger which really kind of like impressed me as well this year. But this one was just like a cut above like by quite a bit. I just thought this was such a fun, uh, a fun movie. And um, I, this is like, has high rewatch value for me. Cause now I'm like, how did this now knowing what you know at the end, how does this all like, yeah. Transpire through the the course of the film. It's, it's, I just, yeah, it's amazing. It's great. No, I have not seen this. So I will let Daniel speak on this one. <laughs> Yeah, it's really, really good. Um, also known as the alternate title Scream of Fear, in case anyone is confused. Okay. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, one of Hammer's great thrillers, like a really typical like gaslight thriller, but yeah. which Hammer did a lot of. Um, there's there's a lot of Hammer thrillers where it's like, oh no, I think I might be going insane. And then it turns out like somebody's trying to make them think that. Um, <laughs> and it's super fun. I really like it. Um, I don't agree with Christopher Lee that it's his best Hammer movie, but I'm a Agreed. gothic horror boy. So <laughs> yeah, what can yeah. I say? <laughs> It's great. It's great stuff. If anybody hasn't seen it, I highly recommend it. Just a really good, like cozy little murder thriller movie to watch mm -hmm. when it's cold outside. I think. Is one. this? Do you know if this is in that Mill Creek Hammer box set? It is. Yeah. Okay, I thought it was, but I didn't remember. But yeah, it because they took a bunch of those indicator movies and put them on that Mill Creek box set, right? Like they collected them and. Yeah, clearly the the two companies were working with the same person because right. they're all the same <laughs> movies. Yeah. Okay, uh, I gotta watch it then. But I gotta, I gotta break that hammer box I got again because it like got put away and I didn't get to. I, well, I haven't watched much off of it, but um, that sounds really cool. That sounds like a really interesting premise. So, um, all right, add it to the, add it to the list. <laughs> we'll get to it. Um, uh, okay, uh, my number three. Uh, it's kind of you know what? It's kind of middle between classy and trashy. <laughs> We're going to keep with that theme. Um, uh, so it's from 1998, directed by Steven Soderbergh, Out of mm -hmm. Sight, with George Clooney and Jennifer Lopez, which Ooh. is just an awesome movie. <laughs> like, um, I think I just randomly bought the Kino um, and watched it. And I it, I somehow like just missed it for years. Like, it's like I, one I meant to see. Um Especially because I love Jackie Brown and has that connection to Michael Keaton playing the same character in both movies. And um, just seemed like it. I, I like Steven Soderbergh for the most part. Like, I was like, why did I not see this movie until now? But I I loved it. It's just like this really fun crime movie. It's very sexy. It's got very attractive leads. It's just like, you know, how can you go wrong? Um, 
great score. Soderbergh directs, like, he's having a lot of fun directing it. Um, and it's just basically, <clears throat> sorry, my cough is so bad. <laughs> um, and basically, George Clooney's a criminal, gets out of prison. Um, Jennifer Lopez, uh, they kind of, I won't say how they kind of, <laughs> I guess, link up. And there's an attraction there, but she's a U.S. Marshal. He's a criminal. Um he gets away doing a job. She is kind of put on that case to go after him for that job. But it's kind of a, a question of like, oh, will she let him go if she catches him? Like, what will he do? It's this great kind of back and forth. They have such great chemistry. It's like, I feel like it's one of those like, like you hear like a poll quote from a critic. It's like they they sizzle up the screen with their, their <laughs> but it's like really, it really is like that. It's really like one of those couples where you're like, good Lord, my TV set's now on fire from these attractive people like hooking up um it's I, it's just like a it's funny because it blew me away it's like a it's not like anything that's like a game changer like some mind-blowing it's just a really well done like crime kind of comedy thriller caper movie with like a really good cast even besides like Ving Rhames, Don Cheadle, Steve Zahn, Tennis Farina, Catherine Keener, Albert Brooks shows up, Luis Guzman, Viola Davis. It's like this, like, everyone kept popping up. And I was like, good Lord, everybody's in this movie. <laughs> like, a Michael Keaton cameo. It's like, people just keep popping up. And, um, yeah, just like a super well-made, like, fun crime movie that I just really had a great time with. So, yeah, that was my number three. Um, Keith, have you seen this? This is another one that has been on my shelf for like three years <laughs> and I've been wanting to, I remember it coming out on video. I actually had a cardboard standee for the movie from my local video store. I have no idea what happened to it. I don't know why I was like, I've heard this is good. Uh, you know, I was like in the eighth grade. Um, so I didn't get to see it. Uh, uh, and I still haven't seen it, but I want to very badly cause I, uh, I know it's great and I know I just need to buckle down and, and watch it. So Yeah. Again, another one that I'm bumping up even higher. <laughs> Got a lot of things to watch after this episode. Ratatouille, we do. the new yeah. kids, <laughs> and then out yeah. of sight. So. What a what a triple feature that could be. <laughs> be a hell of a time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Daniel, have you seen this one? Yeah, yeah, it's really good. It's really fun. Um, you're absolutely right that Clooney and uh, Jennifer Lopez are super sexy together. Um, that's something that I've been thinking about lately. I think it because I've been watching a lot of like European gothic horror. And they pretty much all have like a lot of sex and nudity, but there really is a difference between movies that have sex and nudity and then movies that actually are sexy because mm -hmm. there are a lot of movies that are not both and out of sight really is a sexy movie. It, yeah. it does pulls that off very, very well. Really, really good performances. Um, I don't know why Jennifer Lopez got such a, I feel like she got such a reputation for a long time of being a bad actress. Yeah. And I guess it's just because of the general bias against romantic comedies that's but what like, it feels like <laughs> yeah people acted like hustlers like oh my god she can act and she's great in that movie but like she did out of sight in the 90s and she's great in this yeah it felt like she was doing i mean i guess better be the wrong word but like better stuff in the 90s and then she got in the romantic comedy genre people thought that she was bad if they didn't like the movies and it's like you know it's like because you don't like the, it you know it's kind of like happened to like matthew mcconaughey i feel like he was in a bunch of yeah a run where he true. was in a bunch of like uh, romantic comedies everyone's like oh he sucks he's not a good actor and then he's in stuff like pops on wolf wall street or um mud uh, was like a big turnaround for mud him, yeah so. yeah dallas yeah. buyers club all these like interstellar like there's so many people like oh he can act it's like he just did movies you didn't like you know it's like or movies that didn't require him to give some really deep powerful performance yeah like those are just... movies where like your job is to be charming 
Like right. that's your job when you do those. Which Jennifer Lopez and Matt McConaughey both are. So yeah. yeah, I mean, she's I she's been good in a lot of stuff. So I think I mean she was in Geely, which everyone hated. Which I don't think I've I've never seen Geely. I don't know yeah, if she's like bad in that. I don't even but, know what it's about. Um, but yeah, I mean she's great out of sight. <laughs> um, I mean yeah, more often than not, she's good in stuff. I don't often think like oh Jennifer Lopez really dragged that thing down. <laughs> so um. Yeah, and it's funny because I don't think you really see anything like nudity wise in in no. uh, out of sight, but it's just this, it's a sexiness. I don't know. There's like an aura to it. It's it's like it's bananas. So, um, yeah, really, just a fun like crowd pleasing type movie. I yeah, I really had a good time with it. So, um, that was my number three. So, okay, top two time. So, Daniel, what is your number two? Every time we get back around to me, I'm like surprised and caught off guard. I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> it's my turn again. So, yes, I I am that guy who has two Lori Laughlin movies in his top three because my, <laughs> oh, my I know. number two is Secret Admirer. Yes. In 1985. Oh, this is another movie like Prophecy where if this wasn't like high on my list, like you would all know that I'm a liar. Like I'm just trying to sound <laughs> smart or something because I've talked about this movie so much this year. I love it so much. Um, I watched it on Tubi. It's a, it's a movie starring C. Thomas Howell. It's a teen movie. Where um, he gets an anonymous love letter, his buddies convince him that, ooh, maybe it was written by Kelly Preston, who is the hot girl in school who he has a crush on. So he starts kind of trying to go after Kelly Preston, but like, oh my gosh, maybe his best friend, who's Lori Laughlin, maybe she wrote the letter. So it's, it's <laughs> you know, it's that kind of typical thing. Um, but it's got great plot stuff going on with the parents, too, where the, the letter starts bouncing around the parents and a lot of misunderstandings come from that. Really, really funny. Fred, You got Fred Ward, you got Dee Wallace among the parents. Um, so it's just got a phenomenal cast and it's so funny. It's so fun. I think it's a lot smarter than you might give it credit for. Um, great 80s soundtrack. Like it just, it's really become like one of my absolute top 80s teen movies. And I I really like 80s teen movies when they're great. And I think this one is great. So um, I know I got Matt to watch it. So I know Matt has seen this one. <laughs> yeah, I assume this is your, your, your I have not seen two. this one. I have not seen this one. <laughs> Yeah, this is my number one. Throw it all out. Okay, like, cool, oh, cool. man. Sorry, William Freakin' Sorcerer. The Secret Admirer is <laughs> taking the number one spot up. Uh, I did really like it. It it did not make my list. I'm sorry, but I did really enjoy it. That's okay. Um, it's so funny. I think we talked about this too. That like Lori Laughlin's in an episode of Full House a few years later. That's like takes the exact same plot of Secret Admirer. Just does. I don't know if it's intentional. Like the people Wait, really? like, <laughs> I didn't like know that. it's it's like the same premise because like somebody writes a love letter in the house. And they're having much people over and it keeps getting passed around. Everyone's like, oh, so-and-so's got the hots for me. Like, you know, this person, that person. And like Jesse and Rebecca, like who's, you know, and she's, yeah. So I thought it was funny. I was like, this is a full house episode. <laughs> like, um, which I'm not sure if they saw the movie and were like, hey, Lori, you know that movie, Secret Admirer, wish she does an episode. Um, it's super charming. Um, great cast. I just think it's so funny that it's like, I, I guess Lori Laughlin's like, not like the nerdy girl. Like, it's not like she has glasses and her hair is pulled back and they're like, oh, you're so hideous, but it's just like Kelly Preston is like outshining everybody, I guess. But I, I just thought yeah. it was funny you have to pick. Like, what a terrible, what a, oh, what a hard show. You know, it's like, who I have with Lori Lawford <laughs> and Kelly Preston. Oh no, will I have gold or platinum? It's like, what it's like, um, you know, it's too, too, they're both great. I'd crush them both and watch the movie. I was like, they're both fantastic. Um, the adult, the stuff with the adults is fun. Like their parents getting involved. Like, um, you really sold me on it and it, it, definitely paid off i really really enjoyed it so keith you gotta get on this one <laughs> i know yeah i know it sounds right at my alley i like I like these types of movies so yes 
I will also say, just to make sure it doesn't get like some kind of full house stink on it, this movie is rated R. <laughs> it's got a good edge to it. It's not some some squeaky clean full house bullshit. So hey, guy, full I'll house is classic. Oh, I hate I hate full house. Oh, no. I hate. Oh, I, I, I didn't grow up with it. Like I was oh, only okay. exposed to it I because did, of yeah. my wife, and I've also been exposed to Fuller House, which is truly Oof. the worst abomination to ever. <laughs> touch this planet i can't go there i can't go it's there. so horrible oh. <laughs> no, i still i shouldn't say I, never mind i was gonna i was gonna take a shot at a really big comedy that i hate that was on for like 12 years and i could not understand it's big bang theory and i want to dance right i hate, oh, I, I, I hate, I hate, that, hate that show I hate good that show. lord I just, so i can't full house was not great and but i did grow up on full house i love full house Same. it is like i embrace the cheesiness of that show because i feel like it I was talking about something the other day. I think my mom was like watching an interview with John Samos and they were talking about how like somehow that show's endured when it's like, it should be like a lost, like cheesy eighties, nineties sitcom, but it's like endured more than other ones. I don't know what really? it was. I think the cast together is just really fun. And like, they seem like they genuinely like each other. And like, oh, that show felt weirdly genuine for how like cheesy and over the top it was. But if you didn't grow up with it, I understand. But, uh, but yeah, secret admirer is radar. I don't know if I knew that going in. So I was surprised when, uh, when there were boobs, I was like, oh, okay. It's <laughs> like, it's that, it's that kind of movie. It's the 80s, you know? So, um, yes, it is rated R. It is not as clean as Full House, but, you know, if you can't handle nudity in movies, you know, like some people, you can watch Full House and get the same. <laughs> um, Don't watch Blood for Dracula, for sure. No, no, no. no. I was just making fun <laughs> of all the, all the discourse right now with like, oh, no, we don't want sex scenes in movies. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's like, oh, oh no, boobs. Um, But... <laughs> I knew, when you said, um, oh God, uh, the, I'm totally blanking. Jesus, the Frankenheimer movie from earlier, The Prophecy. That's when I thought you were going to drop oh, Secret yeah. Admirer because you were like, I oh, talked about okay. it a bunch. And there was something else you said. I was like, oh, it's it's time for that pick. But no. Um, number okay. two. Baby. Number two. I thought it'd be high <laughs> on your list. I know how much you loved it. Um, okay. All right. Uh, Keith, what's your number two? Yeah, I'm switching it up a little bit. Uh, I'm going to go with an English speaking film. Again, <laughs> uh -huh. uh, otherwise I was going to have two German films, so we're going to go uh, in a row. So we're going to go with Girlfriends from 1978 by Claudia Wiles. Uh, this got a Criterion edition maybe two, three years ago, uh, but this one I was surprised by. I I, uh, I threw it on, and it's and it's a a film about two women that are best friends. They share an apartment in 1970s New York. And Susan, the uh, kind of the main protagonist, is thrown into adulthood once her roommate decides to leave to get married uh, to her boyfriend. And so she's basically hustling with her photography, but she's ultimately kind of trying to find her way. I I'm realizing this is like a common theme because I feel like I'm constantly derailed in my life where I don't know if I'm on the right path. So I'm having constant existential crisis, uh, crises, apparently. Uh, but like, but uh, basically, it's it's just like a really gorgeously shot kind of 70s snapshot of 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 new york city which is like one of my favorite eras i mean that's pretty common for people in our uh sphere i feel like <laughs> um but it, it tells a story that you know a lot of people i think you know myself included that can kind of relate to because you know people and places can be sort of like these i guess you'd i'd call them like anchors for budding adults who haven't realized that these are in fact anchors and they kind of keep them kind of tethered to like familiarity and comfort and so you know when that anchor is kind of taken away you're kind of left to sink or swim and i think um 
you know, I don't know. I think that's a very real thing, even in this, you know, like I'm, you know, almost 40 and I still feel that way. I feel like with each, each thing that changes, then I'm like losing, I'm losing like a grasp of like something I had control of or something like that. Like I was like, all right, well, I know this is a mess. This is a mess, but like, I've got this. And if I don't have that, then I'm an, it's another mess I've got to deal with. So it like kind of encompasses that really, really well, but also kind of a really like fun, it's like a really funny movie. I think it's really charming. Uh, the relationship between the two women is great. Uh, I love the protagonist. I think she's like so quirky and weird. Uh, and I don't know that I always agree with her, her moves, uh, but I, I do, uh, I, I can like relate to them as well. Uh, it's a really good movie. I don't, I don't know that a lot of people are talking about it uh, really or have seen it, but I, I think it's a really charming little movie and I was totally into it. Uh, I, I was really surprised by it. So yeah girlfriends uh daniel have you seen this one no i've heard about it i've heard it's great but uh, i still haven't checked it out yeah i feel like it came up maybe on the uh pure cinema podcast at one point as that a recommendation sounds right yeah maybe ryan i don't know um because i never even heard of it till it got the criterion release like i literally never heard of the movie um so it's i almost watched it again it's like a story of my life i've almost watched it once or twice but I never pushed play on it like i'm like oh i should watch that movie it's on my list i'm like oh i should watch that and i go to something else but um yeah. it sounds interesting i just yeah i didn't know much about it so um i'm glad you dug it that sounds actually pretty cool so it, it's it's way more charming than i'm like painting the picture of it being <laughs> i promise like it's really entertaining and it's it's pretty breezy it's not super long or anything like that but it's it's just i don't know i just find it really charming um yeah Cool little flick all right cool cool um okay uh my number two uh i realize i'm very stingy with five stars and letterbox i guess because i literally only of new stuff this year i only gave five stars to two movies so it's these two movies <laughs> um my okay number two is akira from 1988 so i had never seen akira before um which is like maybe the most famous anime movie <laughs> i don't it's like it is absolutely one of the like it was always even when i was a kid it was like you need to see this to get into anime um like one of the renowned movies and i just never watch it and it, it makes no sense because like it seems super cool at the time i was into anime when i was younger especially like dragon ball z and stuff like that um i know i saw like bits and pieces of it like at friends houses like sleepovers but it never could get fully invested in it um, for whatever reason. You know, you're like at a friend's house staying over. It's kind of like maybe they change the channel or maybe you just all get distracted. Doing... There could be like three other kids around all talking and you're like trying to watch this movie. Shut up. It's like, you know, I never I remember being on and I'm like, what the fuck is going on in this movie? <laughs> but like I had no because I came in like halfway. So I knew what was going on. But the imagery is so cool. I'd seen stills from it for years, clips, that famous the motorcycle slide has been, I did not realize how many times that had been replicated in media. Like, it's in Nope. It's in Batman the Animated Series. It's I mean, you, there was a whole montage on YouTube I watched of, like, people doing the Kira motorcycle slide and animation and live action. Um, it, it's groundbreaking. It's like, it, I watch it now. It's from 88. And it still feels, like, groundbreaking to me to watch this movie because it's uh, it kind of the same way, a spirited away. It's, like, so wildly imaginative and creative and i never had seen anything quite like it i've seen anime now 
copy it <laughs> like i've now seen it like and even akira is copying stuff from like blade runner like i think it's very heavily influenced by blade runner um but it's super cool i mean it's it's funny because it's off like it's weird but it's kind of straightforward it's like there's this military project and it's like in a it's neo tokyo it's like the future it's kind of apocalyptic kind of thing and uh um there's a biker gang and then these there's like a government secret project about psychics like psychic kits and it's like these biker gang kind of gets like roped into this kind of conspiracy and it gets like the movie gets like feel like progressively weirder and like the end is very like existential and i couldn't even begin to describe i want to spoil it, but i couldn't begin to describe it i had to go online and be like okay so what exactly does that last like kind of 15 minutes all mean and it's like sometimes i'm not okay with like if I feel like they didn't know how to end it and it's like, this is bullshit, but I felt like there's meaning there. I wasn't getting maybe because I'm not part of that culture. Um, or maybe there's something I'm missing. Cause it's, you know, it's 1988 Japan. That's a very different time than now, a different place. Um, and reading about it, I was like, okay, I see what they were doing, but it's just one of those things where I was like, I don't think I know what just happened, but it was very cool. <laughs> but I mean, so much cool imagery. I mean, it's also just kind of like a cool action movie at the part, like a cool sci-fi action movie, if you want that. Um, but there's deeper stuff going on there. I'm pretty sure it's, like, I mean, it's dealing with like Japan's kind of, uh, kind of you know, what, what they dealt with after World War II. I feel like that's definitely in there. Um, and just the nuclear bomb. And I mean, I just it, I, I don't know what took me so long because it was like as a kid, it was promoted as like the coolest thing you've ever seen. It was I remember like the trailer was like Neo Tokyo is about to explode. It was like boom, boom, boom images and all this cool stuff. And I was like, well, that looks awesome but never watched it until now. And it like blew my mind now. So I can only imagine what it would have done to like 13 year old me. But um, yeah, I think it, I recommend it. If people don't even think they're into anime, I think it's a good one to go with. Cause just super, the animation still looks great. Super cool. Um, yeah. I don't know. I love Akira. So uh, I'll start with Keith. Cause it looks like you have definitely seen it from the weird expression. <laughs> Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, this is one of the coolest looking movies ever made. <laughs> uh, this this is like a total movie that if you aren't sure if you're into anime or uh, animation at all, uh, this is a great uh, entry point alongside like Ghost in the Shell from 95, I believe, 96, somewhere in that ballpark. Which I still need um, to see too, actually. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, wow. I've seen okay. like the opening of that movie and I somehow I watched the bad remake i hated the remake like the american yeah. live action uh version it's whatever i know chris loves chris Hurtado's favorite movie <laughs> it exists <laughs> I, I, i'm i'm pretty lukewarm oh. on it i saw it in the theater and i was like eh, okay well it, it's like it's like it's like my take on nicholas cage's wicker man it's like yeah there it is but does it need to exist you know what i mean yeah. like yeah. so that's kind of how i feel about it um but uh, yeah i think uh you know this you were talking about like it being advertised. I remember very vividly from like maybe yeah, mid nineties, early nineties when manga video was like oh, a thing. Yeah. I don't know if you remember those, but so there'd be like these quick montages of like yes. Ninja scroll <laughs> and like all this cool stuff. And like Akira yep. was the one that stood out by leaps and bounds. And of course it was the motorcycle chase, you know, at the beginning of the movie that was like, and then like, tetsuo's arm like ripping apart and stuff oh, and yeah <laughs> like it's so cool um i you know I, knowing now that it because at the time i also did i when i first saw it and i and i've watched it quite a few times um 
it still like never makes complete sense. And, and I, and I know now that it's because they made the movie before they finished the series, like the comic series. So it's just kind of like this quick encapsulation of a few volumes, but not really telling the entire full story of what Akira is. Oh yeah. Uh, I was reading that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So there is that, um, which is, I think maybe why it's been like one of the most, touted uh properties to want to you know be remade like by everyone under the sun for the last like 30 <laughs> years for whatever reason um yeah I, I, it's brilliant speaking I, of jordan peele yeah, yeah i was gonna say yeah jordan yeah that he was uh yeah he was interested in that i remember was he going to actually make it like did that actually There's, yeah was, <laughs> i think that, so or is that that kind of fall by the way there's been a lot of people lined up to be involved yeah. i think spike lee was involved i yeah. think Taika Waititi, which God don't let that happen. I, don't, yeah, I, don't I have want, completely I don't turned that. on Taika Waititi. Oh, there'll be so many jokes. So many, and this movie is not like set up for jokes. Like you should not be joking. Like, no, it's I'm not saying it's like deadly dead serious, serious, but like his brand of goofiness would not fit here at all. Um, no, I think Leonardo no. DiCaprio was like heavily involved in trying to get this remade. Like, oh wow, um, yeah, Jordan Peele. I, I just I was watching this thinking there is absolutely no way that like you should or I don't think even can remake this no. in a Hollywood. No system no. it's so weird no. and i think it's so specific to like japan and their culture yeah. that i feel like it would just be there's no way it would be good <laughs> like i think it'd be almost insulting honestly like it's Absolutely. just yeah hard to replicate any of this in live action i mean it, it, the cg i i just i just was thinking about it afterwards like because i heard about the Akira remake for years love act the live action remake and i after i watched the movie i was like what are they thinking <laughs> like i understand <laughs> it's like a beloved property but i'm like you can't. You just. I don't think you can. Um, you have to change so much. It just wouldn't. You know. I don't know. I don't know. I just think it'd be a, a terrible, terrible idea. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. It's. I don't know. It's super unique. I've never seen anything quite like it. Uh, besides just people trying to, kind of copy it afterwards. But like, I was watching, going, oh, that's where that reference is from, or that's where that came from. Like, it's one of those movies where you're like, oh, I get this now. Um, yeah. I just. I loved it. I went crazy over it so yeah akira number two um daniel you have not seen this i assume <laughs> i feel like no i've seen it um, Oh, you have okay i feel like your mm -hmm. reaction was like i don't know <laughs> yeah no yeah uh, it's good i liked it i do think towards the end it did get a little weird for me to be totally <laughs> honest where i just like what am i even looking at anymore i mean yeah it goes yeah I will also say I didn't so much care for Ghost in the Shell the first time I saw it, and I rewatched that one, and I loved it on a second watch. So this might also be like a needs a second watch movie. I, I prefer Ghost in the Shell. I think that's like my favorite Japanese animated oh, okay. adult it, movie. Man, it's so, so it's good. It's so fucking great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, uh... I honestly did not get it the first time I saw it. Like, I didn't understand. <laughs> and then I watched same. it again, and I was like, oh, yeah, this is amazing. Yeah. I just got that 4K for like $7 on Amazon on like a early because oh, nice. Best Buy was doing their Black Friday deals early. And I was like, well, oh, I yeah, love the Kira. I should probably finally watch Ghost in the Shell. <laughs> um, it's a good it's a good uh, it's a good transfer. <clears throat> but yeah, the Kira is great. Um, I have the 4K now. <laughs> it's like I got to buy this on 4K immediately. Um, it looks like motorcycle chase in the beginning. It's so cool. The way you like the light trails, the motorcycles, yeah. like little stuff like that. It's just like so great. Um, so, yeah. Uh, OK. My God, we're at number one. I can't believe it. So, uh, Daniel, what is your number one? Okay, my number one. Uh, man, I, re I really play this close to the vast. My number one is Benny's video. Yep, <laughs> crossover. Uh, I can't believe it. Oh, man. God, your poker face is unbeatable. Yeah, uh, <laughs> let's talk about it. Yeah, let's get into it. Let's get into it. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, God. <laughs> 
No, but um, <laughs> my number one is um is the scariest movie I saw this year and the scariest movie I've seen in quite some time. And that is Ghost Watch from 1992, oh. which is a British movie that, uh, you know, speaking of found footage, it's, it's almost like found footage, more like mockumentary. But um, it basically posits that it is a live broadcast on Halloween night on BBC um, in which uh, there's news reporters and they're reporting, blah, blah, blah. And they have a news crew that's going into a haunted house. And the haunted house is actually based on a real haunted house, you know, supposedly at least. And, uh, and it's this single mother and her kids and they're dealing with a haunting and the news crew's investigating. And it is terrifying. Like it is amazing how much it drew me into the reality of the situation. And, uh, and it's one of those movies where like, you know, I hear, I hear people say a lot, like it's what you don't see that scares you. And like, I'm not a big fan of that idea because I I'm a horror fan and I like to see spooky stuff on screen, but this is like one of those movies. Cause there's like, Here's this shot I will never forget where uh, there's a door and the movie builds up the idea that they have a pretty good idea. There is something on the other side of that door, like a ghost. And uh, they're opening the door very slowly. And before like the camera gets like knocked over or cuts out, I don't remember. Like you just see like the briefest little glimpse of something. And it's like the scariest shit I've ever seen in my life. It's so good. Um, the movie was hugely controversial when it came out uh, because it played on TV. People thought it was real. Uh, supposedly, at least there were suicides because of oh. this, um, which is insane. That's but um, yeah, it's a movie that I watched by myself in my living room. And as soon as it ended and I was watching it in the dark, no lights. And I bolted from the living room in, <laughs> into the bedroom where my wife was in bed and I like jumped into the bed and I'm like, oh my God, I just watched the scariest thing ever. <laughs> it was such a... And Gosh. like Matt, you and I are different in that, like, for me, that's like an adrenaline boost that like I crave that like I love. Like I had no trouble sleeping that night. Like I once oh. the movie's over, it's over for me. But um <laughs> I just super, super loved it. So yeah, that that's my number one ghost watch. Well, it's been on my list for a while, uh, personally. Yeah. yeah I've it's it's it. kind of hard to see, right? It's not like I mean, it, it was, but it has a Blu-ray now. Has a Blu-ray now. It's pretty available on streaming. Okay, I think that was the thing too. It wasn't available on streaming, but now it has a Blu-ray. It's available. Like it was on Shutter, I think. Um, yeah. I'll be honest. Another one I've avoided because I didn't want to be scared. I'll be honest with you. I'm, yeah. I'm a I gotcha. big baby. That's cool. Is what we're all getting for this episode. <laughs> I was like, I like horror, but not too scary. Um, like that's my thing, I guess. Um, Ghostwatch, yeah, seemed too like raw for me, even though like I know it's fake. I've seen like clips here and there like uh things i'm like oh jesus like it's just i that stuff scares me worse than anything like the little like subtle stuff you're talking about like especially when it's like in just like a normal house and then it's like the the idea of like oh did i see something you know in that corner or behind that door that man this movie plays on that big time oh, so God. yeah you probably don't <laughs> want to watch this <laughs> that stuff gets like you know so... like oh we filmed this let's rewind back what is like yeah. that glimpse oh. in the camera you know oh my god i got so scared the other night because like my closet was like open and like there was some stuff that was like forming like a almost like a figure and i woke up and i was like oh fuck i was like what is that <laughs> like it kind of looked like like i just watched a nun too which the nun too was not good and not that scary but it almost formed like a nun, like, because it was like black, but then some white. And I was like, oh, shit, it's valid. Like, I'm dead. Like, it's like, oh, no, it's like a weird. It's just some <laughs> clothes that were put in a weird way. Um, Dude, nun too. Good. Did you like it? No, I don't think it's pretty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, no, I haven't seen it. It's on HBO Max. Um, oh, OK. So, I mean, it's there if you have HBO Max. I watched it 
you know, the friend of mine who, I don't know, it's so weird. He was like joking about like, he's trying to watch more horror movies. He's a guy that does not watch horror movies. For some reason, he's like, I want to watch more horror. And he watched The Nun. And like, I think he liked it, which I didn't really like The Nun that much. But I, no, I thought that was one of those boring movies. Ever. <laughs> I could have sworn I heard people say, hey, I, I didn't like The Nun, but I liked The Nun too. So I was kind of excited to that watch too. Nun 2. And I thought Nun 2 may be worse than the first one. <laughs> like, oh, I man. didn't think it was very good. Like, it's just, it's again, it's not super scary. There are a couple good scares, but they, they gave them all away in the trailer. Like, oh, yeah. And like at that point, it's like, well, I don't really have anything to latch onto here. And like the nun is not in it that much. There's like this bullshit where it's like there's like a surrogate. There's like a groundskeeper who, well, it's the guy from the first movie. Now he's like got the he's carrying the nun around, basically. <laughs> and it's like they um, expect us to remember the guy from the first. movie. I know. Thank I God sure there's a recap montage at the beginning because I didn't remember him at all. All I remembered was Taste of Formiga. That's it. Um it's not great. It's not on my discovery. It wouldn't be my discoveries. Won't be my top 10 of the year. <laughs> None of that. Uh, it's very mediocre. <laughs> so sorry. I hope we got there. But yeah, Ghost Watch. I do want to see it. I want to like watch it with like a group of friends or something. I feel like it'd be a fun group watch to be like, oh, did you see that? Or like, you know, like, plus I'd be less scared. That's a good call. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, yeah, I'm a I'm a baby. Keith, what about you? <laughs> Uh, I I have not I have not seen Ghost Watch, but I but I definitely want to see it really badly. I I was gonna get that um, the Blu-ray when it came out. Was that a one on one films release? I feel like it maybe was. it was a, a label I'm not very familiar with. Okay, I think I think but Region B maybe or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so I I haven't I haven't picked it up or anything yet. But uh, it's high on my list. I've heard nothing but like great things, and this yeah, you've just kind of further sold me on it. So yeah, I can't people wait to love watch it, that and yeah, it caused quite the controversy when it came out it's like i guess they used real bbc reporters right and it was that's like true yeah it, it felt right. very yeah. authentic and yeah um that's wild that it can't that all came together and actually <laughs> happened you know i know i know and if they let it happen and then like everyone played along and like i mean actually had no way to like discredit it and like whatever was it 92 you said like like or 92 yeah okay yeah, like, yeah so you're not pulling out your smartphone to check right i could go on twitter and be like is this real like you know, but there's no <laughs> there's no way to know um so yeah i mean I, i've always found the story around it kind of like as interesting as just the movie you know like the whole like background of how they pulled it off the controversy afterwards so um one day i'll work up the courage and watch it and hell house loc <laughs> like uh one day maybe next october <laughs> We'll see. I'm kind of horror. I'm kind of burned out on horror right now, but not not like I hate it. Let me get that clear. <laughs> Want to be perfectly clear? I don't hate it. I'm just a little. Now burnt. we're getting to your number one, Neon Maniacs. Of right? Course. Oh god. <laughs> oh, the movie that almost broke me. Um. So, <laughs> I'm sorry, Keith. Uh, what is your number one? That's all right. Of the year? Well, first off, I need to shout out Simon, my son, because his number one is cat in the hat knows a lot about Halloween and, uh, <laughs> and he really, <laughs> he loves it. Martin short plays cat and, and it's great. And, and uh, that sounds good. I'm down to watch actually, any kids Halloween, anything <laughs> dude, check it out. It's on prime. Uh, I've seen it literally like probably 20 times. Uh, he watches it like every day still. Uh, so he's, he's uh, yeah, uh, I don't know. But anyway, um, Martin short, pretty good cat in the hat. And uh, anyway, not important. Uh, moving on, my number one is actually probably it might be my number one of the year. Like overall, if I if there was a ranking on this list, like this actually might be my number one. It might be uh, this my or number Lad. one. Might be my number. One. I mean, I mean, 
off off mic and my favorite on, statement like <laughs> when i make my big list it, it it still might remain the number one it wasn't number one in my notes uh but i'm bumping it up uh and that is the german film ali Fear Eats the Soul from 1974 by Rainer Werner uh, Fassbender. Um, and this was captivating. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen any other Fassbender movies, but they're, they tend to be a little Michael bit more. Michael Fassbender, yes. X-Men Apocalypse. <laughs> X-Men no, First Class. So Mag- Magneto made the, the killer. shit out of this movie. Great. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> um, well, um, they tend to lean more serious, I guess, like, completely i feel like uh he's done a couple other movies that i've seen uh, like uh, bitter tears of petra von kant and um world on a wire those are very like kind of self-serious movies they're dramas this is a drama but it isn't a drama like it's again another like kind of ultimately charming sweet movie uh and there is drama in it and it is serious at times but it um just the the relationship between the two main characters who are there's like an elderly not elderly but she's you know she's like maybe in her 50s almost 60 she's a widower she's going to a bar and she meets this uh arabic man uh at this uh kind of bar she just goes to uh for a quick drink and it's mostly known for like arab immigrants uh that are coming into the country and and this is kind of their hangout she quickly kind of falls into a deep romantic love with this guy who's easily 20 30 years younger um and they they have a genuinely like sweet like you you love to see them together it's not creepy it's not weird they're so tender with each other they're very loving he can't speak a ton of german but that doesn't matter because it's just all in their actions and how they treat each other it's beautiful and they quickly get married uh her son who is a grown-ass man uh, not thrilled that uh, she has married not only uh, another guy who happens to be close to his age, but also is an immigrant. So what you're dealing with is you're kind of dealing with kind of a lot of xenophobia and prejudice and kind of ageism in a way. And so they're basically kind of, it's a, it's this beautiful love story of kind of kind of triumphing in love at all costs. Like no matter what, it's, there's some like you know obviously rocky periods because it's a drama it's got to happen but but basically everyone's criticizing them and then they kind of like start to see like oh shit we're like shitty for criticizing this very pure very true love that you can see right in front of you and it's just like i don't i don't know it was like the loveliest thing i've seen all year and it was something that touched me so much like I've never seen a story like that other than like Harold and Maude, which is so delightful in its own way. And it's super fun, but that's played more for like, yes, drama, but it's also equal measure, like comedy. I think, I think it's, it's a very funny movie, but this is just like a great examination of kind of true love. In my opinion, like Suzanne watched it with me and we just kind of like looked at each other and like did this big sigh. We were I was weepy. Like it was, it's such a great, great movie. Um, again, Criterion sale, 50% off, go get it. Um, <laughs> but it gets like the highest recommend, um, between this and Lahan, I think like Ali might be like, I think this is my number, like just absolutely with a bullet, like top number one, um, film. I've never seen anything quite like it. It's, it's, wow. it's truly just lovely. 
Wow. You're rooting for them like the entire time. It's fucking <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, you sold that very well, Keith. I was oh, just thanks. kind of like take I was listening, taking it back. I was like, this because I've heard the title for years. Yeah. And I had no idea what kind of movie it was. Cause it was a weird title. I mean, it was Ali Colon Theory yeah. to Soul. Yeah. I'm like, what is that? Like, I was like, yeah, what? Yeah. Like almost like yeah, I thought movie. it was a horror movie. That's yeah, what it sounds like to me. It, it does. Yeah. When absolutely. I hear Fear Eats the Soul, I'm like, that's a horror movie, right? Um, I had no idea. Um, I think I didn't know it had a Criterion too, so I knew it must have been like something pretty classy. Uh, it's like, yeah, this, yeah. Also, this should be sponsored by Criterion. This whole episode, I think, we got to get that on board. Um, <laughs> <That's a lot. laughs> uh, it sounds great. I again, now that you've like actually told me about the movie, I'm actually pretty interested in it because I really didn't know anything about it. So um, I'm adding to the list right now. <laughs> so, cool, cool. Uh, Daniel, what about you? Yeah, I mean, that sounds really good. I will also say, speaking of Douglas Sirk. Keith, you should definitely watch All That Heaven Allows because it sounds very similar. Actually. Oh, sure. It sounds like sure. a very similar plot. Yeah, it's really great. Too. Okay, cool. Very nice. It's been so classy around here. Fastbent. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Next year okay. will be a total shit show. It's going to be just nothing but pure trash, like trauma movies. This like trauma movie. I would all... love to do like a discoveries <laughs> list, but only trash picks. That's all, that's all that's allowed. Oh, man, Ooh, that could be, be so fun. That would be we really could do two separate discoveries episodes. That, the classy and the trash. <laughs> Holy shit! I'm in. Like a, we're releasing like, a double album. We're like doing the classy film the feast trashy. and film slop. <laughs> oh my god! This might actually happen next year. Uh, so, I'm so down. So, um, <laughs> back to me. But number, number one pick here, the whole favorite discovery. And I watched this movie in January, and I knew at the time I was like, it's gonna be real hard to top this movie. Um, and nothing did the rest of the year. <laughs> like, uh, it is John Woo's Bullet in the Head from 1990, yeah. which, I mean, my boy John Woo. So I was like, uh, a movie that's not easy to see. I had to go out and buy a DVD on eBay, which is not the worst. I was, you know, DVD, it's kind of like, you don't know what kind of quality. <laughs> like, how does this look? But not a bad DVD, I thought. Um and I was like, cool, I, this is, a, this is you know, not bad. And uh, it's one I heard about for years because it's like, it's between the killer and hard-boiled. So it's like between arguably his two most famous Hong Kong movies. And it's the one that doesn't get talked about as much. I think it was a critical and commercial failure. He self-financed this movie because he really wanted to get Bull in the Head made because it was like a personal story to him. Um, and it did not go over well. <laughs> um, probably because it's very bleak. I mean, it is very much like his version of the Deer Hunter. It, it like, and especially now, I also watched a Deer Hunter for the first time this year, and I liked it, but I like Bullet in the Head better. <laughs> like, but I could clearly see how he he was very heavily influenced by that movie. Um, but John Woo just aligns more with my taste. So I was like, well, I like Bullet in the Head, even though like clearly it's taken from Deer Hunter. But basically, it's three friends who grew up in Hong Kong. Um, they kind of get into this, like they could get into trouble, like, you know, fights with other kind of groups of guys and they get into some like kind of light criminal stuff, like nothing too not murdering people, but it's like, then some stuff goes bad and they realize they have to leave the country because they're in like kind of deep shit. So they go to Vietnam and this is set I think 19 late 1960s. So the, the Vietnam war is going on. Um, and they escaped, they go to Vietnam because they're like, oh, I hear we can make a living over there is smuggling stuff because of the, the war, we could smuggle all this stuff. They go over there 
and get into more shit. And I mean, the real kind of crux of everything comes when they get captured, they get arrested, and they get thrown into a Vietnamese prison camp with like American soldiers. And they're thrown in there with them. Like, that's how they're being punished. And it is horrific. Like, it is, I mean, there's atrocities going on there. They're making like people kill other prisoners. Like, it is brutal. It is really, really rough. I was watching this going, oh, no wonder this bombed. Because, like, uh, you know, I it's not exactly a fun movie. Um, and, uh, you know, but I thought it was so well done. It's super powerful. Great performances, especially by Tony Lung, who is never bad, as far as I've seen. Like, Tony Lung makes everything better. He's even great in, like, Shang-Chi, which, you know, is like, a good movie, but, like, he, I think, elevates that movie. and like He's you know, great in that movie, for sure. Yeah, he's really, I mean, he's just great. Every time I watch him, I'm like, is this guy one of our greatest living actors? Because, like, everything he's in, I'm like, he's just incredible. So, he's great in Bull in the Head. Also, is, uh Jackie Chung, Simon Yam, who's been in a bunch of Hong Kong movies. I mean, um, and, like, so they go through this horrible ordeal, this prison camp, and they get out. And then, so it, it has the structure of the deer hunter. It's, like, before stuff goes bad, there's even a wedding, which happens in deer hunter. And then they go to the prison camp where it's, like, terrible shit happens to them. And then they get away from the prison camp. And the, the last kind of back part of the movie is the fallout from that, what happens to each of the guys. Like, one guy really, like, the lives all kind of fall apart, but one guy really gets it bad and like it's like disabled and like turns gets addicted to drugs and like heroin and like he's all kinds of fucked up and it's just like and then it becomes like it's, it's still flashes of john woo like still his style um especially near the end i feel like there's a crazy kind of i don't think called action sequence like just big climax on like a pier type thing and it's just shot so crazy and i'm like oh there's john woo like it's like but it's it's funny because i always think of him as like this like fun action director and like I know he was very bloody violence people getting shot but like bull in the head is like like bleak like it's like just these guys who were like great friends and they were just young guys living it up in Hong Kong and then like they make bad decisions and their lives just like go to shit I know it does not sound fun how I'm describing it but I was like blown away by it um I thought it was so well made I it kind of it straddles that line between like yes this is very like bleak and serious, but also like, I guess I don't know, entertaining is the right word, but it's got, I, I could see myself rewatching it, even though I'm describing it, it makes it sound like a horror show, but it's, um, it's just so great. It's like, it's one of those things. Cause I think of my favorites, I'm like, you know, will I rewatch this? Like, is it actually that fun? And I mean, this is like, it's just so good. I, I really, really enjoyed it. I was like blown away by it. So yeah, back in January, I was like, nothing's going to beat bull in the head and nothing did. So, um, yeah, that's my number one. So has anybody seen Bull in the Head? <laughs> it's been on my list since the late 90s when I first heard about it um, through my my uncle because <laughs> he was getting <laughs> me into like Asian films and stuff um, when I was in high school. And that was one of them. And uh, yeah, no, it's been on my list for a long time, but I actually really didn't know much about it. So this is fun to hear you kind of talk about kind of the vibe of the movie. Um, I just love the title and I just wanted to see everything John Woo because... That's kind of what I was, he's John Woo. <laughs> yeah, was doing yeah. too. Yeah, it was like, yeah. I got to see everything John Woo. And then this is the one that I feel like people don't talk about that much. But when they do talk about it, they talk about it like very glowingly and like how mm -hmm. it's a masterpiece. And yeah, I really had to track it down. I mean, I think it's you can get on eBay. And I don't think I paid like that much for it. I think I paid maybe like 20 something bucks for a DVD, which 
I know it sounds crazy to pay 20 bucks for a DVD now, but like for a movie that you can't get, uh, not bad and very much worth bad. it. Yeah, I I just, his stuff's so weird. Like he should have like a box set on Criterion or like the killer in Hardboard. I mean, they had Criterions way back in the day, like Laserdisc or DVD, but, and like Bull in the Head just needs, it's hard to see. I don't think you could pay to rent it um, or anything like that. So it's like, you have to, it's, I think that's part of the problem is it's just, it's not easy for people to access. Cause I think, if it was easier to see this John Woo movie, people would see a John Woo movie, but it's like, you really got to go out of your way to see it. Um, so yeah, I thought it was great. I would, I, I can't put it above Hardboiled and the Killer for me because I love those movies so much, but it's like, to me, it's a it's my number three favorite now John Woo movie behind those two. It's, yeah. <laughs> so it's great. Um, yeah, and that's, that's it. I don't know if anybody has anything else to say on that, but yeah, we did it. <laughs> we did it. Oh, what a time. Uh, it's like, <laughs> I don't think it's quite four hours, so we're ahead of schedule. I think it's about three and a half. Okay, yeah, we're good. We cut it down a little. We're killing it. <laughs> we came down a little bit from last year. Um, we did start a little later, but um, does anyone want to run through an honorable mentions really quick on your list? Like, just I'm rattle down. them off. Like, yeah, you guys uh, can start if you want to. Yeah. Okay, I Who's... gotta find my list. Okay, Daniel, you're ready. I want to catch you off guard. <laughs> uh, yeah, I gotta pull it back up. Oh, and... If you guys, I mean, I, I have it. mine right here, so I don't know if I don't have anything. I don't have things in any kind of order. I'll just kind of skip around. Oh, yeah, me um, run with Patrick Dempsey. Super. That's on that. my list because of you. That's on yeah. my list. It's it's so good. So good. Uh, Hitchcock's The Trouble with Harry. Primal Rage. Love that movie. <laughs> um, the original National Lampoon's Vacation. Never seen it until this oh, year. Wow. And I thought it was Good super one. fun and funny. Yeah. Uh, to Sir with Love. Really great Sydney Poitier, like teacher drama. Uh, the Wonderful World of Brothers Grimm. Great fairy tale movie. The Music Man. Never seen The Music Man oh, until this year. Great musical. Yeah. Treasure the Sierra Madre. Eve's Bayou. Just recently saw Eve's Bayou. Super oh. good. Um, a couple, a few horror movies, Valerie and her week of wonders, oh, monkey so shines, village yeah. of the damned, uh, a carpenter village of the damned to be specific, burnt offerings, um, <laughs> Douglas Sirk's written on the wind and, uh, another melodrama with, um, Shirley MacLaine and Frank Sinatra, some come running and, oh, this is a great one to end with sidekicks with Chuck Norris. Yes. <laughs> I'm buying yes. that 4k. <laughs> I love sidekicks. I wish I'd seen sidekicks when I was a kid because it would have gone yeah, right oh. with my last action hero obsession. Like it would have like Oh, you hadn't you hadn't seen it until recently? I never till this year I had uh yeah. I streaming somewhere because I think Daniel I got so many recommendations, both you guys, but like yeah, I think Daniel said specifically yeah. he described I think it's the last action hero riff or something. I saw it, my ears perked up and I was like, Oh it's and so he's like, I'm good. glad you saw that. <laughs> like I wanted you to see that so you'd watch it. And I watched like on Prime or something. And yeah. uh yeah, it was just really kind of nice in a weird way. Like, mm-hmm. it was like just like a real charming movie. Like, it's kind of, I don't know if sweet, I don't know, which is, it was not as, uh, I don't know, if it's, I think I thought it'd be, I don't know, more actually more intense. It's like kind of goofy, but in like a really, it's like, it is like a sweet coming of age movie. Yeah. It also has like fantasy action sequences with Chuck Norris. Yeah. And even like the big tournament at the end, if I remember, I don't think anybody like fights anybody. It's about like doing stuff yourself, like breaking yeah. bricks and like, mm-hmm. It's not about as much fighting as I was going to be. It's more about like just finding confidence in yourself, which I thought was really mm-hmm. nice. So I was like, I dug sidekick. So um, uh, Keith, honorable mentions, you want to? Oh, yeah, us? sure. Um, I have a few. Uh, <laughs> Barry Lyndon, I watched for the first time that oh. almost made the list. Ooh. But again, I wanted to talk, talk about stuff that people probably hadn't heard of. 
but that was pretty high up there. I loved that movie. Uh, Emperor's Naked March, Naked Army Marches On, which I think I talked to you about, Matt, maybe on one of our episodes. We're not uh, supposed to put porn on these lists. Keith. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Please. Come uh, on. Keith. I apologize. <laughs> um, uh, I watched Stop Making Sense for the first time, which I watched fo- like way ahead of the 4K re-release, like theatrical release before I knew that was even happening. So I was just like, oh, I should watch uh, Before that. it was cool. Before it was cool. <laughs> no, I want to see I want to see that. I want to see that um, new restoration, though, because uh, that movie is joyous and I love the talking heads um, documentary called I Like Killing Flies. Uh, another documentary, Hitman Heart, Wrestling with Shadows, uh, oh, yeah. which I talked with you about, uh, Matt. Uh, the Fun House by Toby Hooper. Hal Ashby's Being There. Royal Warriors. When Harry Met Sally. Uh, Whoa! Yeah, I've never <laughs> I seen, hadn't seen that till last year, Keith. So you're not alone. Like, I it's was, great. Okay. It's, it's really great. good. I think yeah, it is. Me and Andy were doing like a podcast on it at one point because Anthony loves it, and I was like, I could talk about when Harry Met Sally. I think it's, it's his a, favorite movie. Oh wow! It's, if it's it's top five, if not his favorite, it's definitely up there for him. But I yeah, I loved it. I couldn't believe how much I enjoyed it because it also wasn't the movie I think I expected from my whole life hearing about it. Like yeah, it was, yeah, same. It was yeah, it was really good. Tears. I had. I really enjoyed oh, yeah. it. I loved it. Um, Mr. Vampire, which is incredible. I want to really, see that. That's on oh, my list. I think you might like it. Uh, it's ridiculous. It's so fun. Um, we had a great time with that one uh video phobia which was another connie uh releasing title that i wanted to talk about but i thought it's it's kind of more a little bit more ambiguous but really good um mr sodonicus by william castle mm, super good um, i loved it so much it was so good uh red sun which was a radiance films release from this year and uh one way passage with william powell and k francis i loved it so much Okay. Um, so I will save a couple because I, I think I, I know I mentioned this at some point, but I'm doing another discoveries episode with Carmelita and Preston because I love doing oh, these. Right. Yeah, I about yeah, that. I yeah. I love doing these. And I like those two people deserve a platform to talk about, like, cause I know, like, I think Lindsay and Anthony go on, um, unsung horrors, I think, and do a top five discoveries or like, I feel like other friends of ours have places to do their discoveries. And I was like, I really want to hear like, Preston and Carmelita's like discoveries. I mean, they watch a, a lot of movies. Like I'm sure their picks will be super interesting. So I was like, why don't you guys be on the discoveries episode? So we'll do that. Probably. I think it should be out next week after this episode. I won't really have much to do besides like kind of do cover commentary, basically, you know, like kind of say like, you're number 10, you know? but I'm going to keep a couple of mentions, like just kind of to talk about, just to have something to talk about, but I'll read a bunch. Um, I'll start with one Keith did last year that me and Daniel both really enjoyed shakedown. Hell oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, shakedown rules. Hell <laughs> it's yeah. good. Uh, a good run one. with Patrick Dempsey, which Jane already mentioned, which was great. Needs a Kino Blu-ray. It's a perfect Kino movie. Um, investigation of a citizen above suspicion. Great movie. No one talks yes. about that one. You know, Love it's it's that good. Movie. It's so interesting. Oh. Um, the setup from 1949 directed by Robert Wise. Nice. Oh, yeah. Good um, Pass of Glory, the Kubrick movie. <laughs> Finally watched that. Oh, um, yeah. Shadow of a Doubt. Uh, the Third Man. Oh, wow. Uh, Spike Lee's Summer of Sam, uh, Sea of Love with Pacino, which is great, which I watched over the course of three days when I first got COVID because I couldn't focus. So it took me like three days to watch it. And I still really enjoyed it. Um, uh, another one, Daniel Love's Return of the Living Dead Part 3. So yeah. good. So good. Um, 
Uh, two from the marathon that we both love, the convent and burnt offerings on here. Uh, Martin Scorsese's Hugo. It's a great, great kids movie. Like only he could make that movie. Um, Devil's Backbone. Del Toro's Devil's mm-hmm. Backbone. Ford versus Ferrari. The Deer Hunter. Open Range. Uh, Harold and Maude. Keith, which you brought yep. up earlier. Good one. Um, Josie and the Pussycats from 2001. Dude. Yes. <laughs> it's such an unbelievably fun movie. Like, it's so good. The music's great. Um, a movie from 1987 called Enemy Territory, which I don't think has an official release. Uh, it co-stars. This is the two co-stars. Jan Michael Vincent and Ray Parker Jr. Dude, that movie fucking rules. The Ghostbusters so theme song. Right. <laughs> yes, it yes. does. It's so awesome. It's on YouTube. It's so good. It is on YouTube. In, like, so okay good. quality. That's how I watched it. It's a ton of fun. It's like a siege movie. And I think Tony Todd plays like the bad guy and his he's name been... is the the count. Yeah, <laughs> he's like he's the, he's the head of the vampires, the gang in the in the building. The gang, yeah, Daniel. The gang's yeah, called yeah, the vampires. Yeah. Tony Todd leads a gang called the Count. <laughs> it rules. And like, yeah, I think Jan Michael Vincent's like an insurance guy who gets stuck in this like apartment building. Uh and basically Red Parker Jr. is like his only help out of there. And they're basically it's like it's like a uh, Jan proto- Michael Vincent Jan Michael Vincent's actually the the wheelchair bound guy who like oh, has fortified his apartment like second so i forgot uh, yeah no the... he's he's like the crazy doomsday prepper type of like military guy okay then my who, bad like, blow shit up because it's <laughs> fucking awesome it's hard I to forgot. forget that god yeah. yeah they had yeah. him build like so second good. though so i thought he was gonna... i think gary frank i don't know was the other lead but this like really mild-mannered insurance guy goes to this like rough part of town apartment complex and gets kind of stuck there at night and then it's just like a fight for survival raid siege type movie it's awesome um uh <laughs> Sicario Day of the uh, Soldado, which I heard nothing but bad things about, but I thought was awesome. The Man, Sicario I hate scene. that movie. I saw oh, really? it in theaters. I was so pissed. <laughs> oh, I thought it was awesome. I was like, this movie rules. <laughs> like, hey, cool guys with guns. Um, so, um, Goodbye Dragon Inn, which I believe is a movie from oh, Taiwan. Uh, My Neighbor Totoro, Undeclared War, which I mentioned earlier, The Great Silence. It's oh, heck yeah. one. That's a great one. Uh, 2046, which is a one car Y movie, Drunken Master 2, Jackie Chan movie, which is so fantastic. Yep. Uh, Inner Space, uh, The <laughs> Hunted, Freakins, The Hunted, Hardcore, which is we talked about. Oh, I shit. think I paired with the searchers on that episode, was Hardcore, Ooh. Paul Schrader's Hardcore. And finally, Phantom Thread, Paul Thomas Anderson's Phantom Thread. What? My favorite PTA movie. It's really I, great. I, I, I can't I, say it's my favorite, but it's really, it's again, a guy who's like, almost all his movies are great so it's like how do you, you know uh, i'm still a boogie nights guy i think so <laughs> it's like it's still ready to die for that movie um and i'll say i have a few more but i'll save those for uh the carmelita preston discoveries episode just to have something more to talk about <laughs> so because there's like five or six that like i had in the list like pulled out of the list and it was like the ones i didn't read or like the ones that were like oh, right on the cusp so um yeah i think i had more than i thought but it was i mean it's 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 a great i mean i watch so many movies that like there's tons of good ones in there. So um, I just love it. I just, I was like, I love doing this episode with you guys. It's like so many things come up that like I want to watch or haven't seen yet or never even heard of. And it's just like, it's the most fun. So absolutely. <laughs> yes. Uh, Agreed. Thank you guys. For doing that. I know we ran super long as usual, but yeah. you know, next year we'll be, we'll do three hours. I can, I can feel it. <laughs> people know what to expect with these, you know, yeah. I think, and I think so people like it in general i think so i i really um, love doing these long form pods and i love listening to them as well because that when i'm at work it's like oh half my day's gone because i just was listening to my <laughs> that's my true. friends that's, talk you know it's yeah like, it's, it's never sweet. a problem because i'm at work and like they go by so fast and like 
you know, the only people that complain about how long they are, like friends and family who were like, does it need to be three and a half hours? I'm like, well, don't listen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've gotten no complaints from anybody who listens, uh, I don't think. So, um, but yeah, I, people have this episode every year, I think is pretty popular. So um, yeah, great time. Guys, thank you so much. This was a blast as always. Um, thank you. So I don't who wants to plug stuff first? Keith, you want to go first and people sure. follow you? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, I am the host, as you mentioned at the top of the show uh, ages ago, uh, that I am the host of the Varsity Cinema Podcast. Uh, We are a podcast that's pretty much just dedicated to the screenings at the uh, our local cinema in Des Moines, Iowa, and kind of our schedule. Um, Really exciting tidbit. I got to program uh, some films for October this year for our Midnight's at 10, which is like our kind of cult movies uh, series and it was super fun. Um, I got to do a kind of like a teen late nineties, early two thousands type of horror thing. So I showed, um, disturbing behavior, the craft and, uh, final destination. And, uh, while the, the numbers in attendance were small, uh, the reactions were mighty, especially for disturbing <laughs> behavior. Uh, literally everyone in the, in the theater came up and told me how much they enjoyed that movie. Um, so yeah, I, I consider that a win. Uh, but yeah, it's just a podcast that kind of goes over the schedule, but I also do, um, kind of little interview portion, which makes up the bulk of the episode. And this past month we had our director, uh, of the theater and a couple people that kind of help volunteer and run the blog and newsletter, um, and their experience at the Telluride and New York film festivals. So that was really cool. Um, and then things are going to slow down, uh, for the next couple months, but, um, I'll still be putting out uh, an episode a month. Uh, so I'm unsure what the next one will be. I have to see if I have time for it, uh, but it will happen. So check it out wherever you get podcasts, but varsity cinema podcast. Cool. Very cool. I wish we checking that out. Um, I know you're busy mancing with the second baby coming. So <laughs> yeah, like... yeah. It's going to be bonkers. Yeah. That's <laughs> all right. It's all right. I have yeah. faith in you. You can, you can do it. Uh, <laughs> who needs on. sleep? Who I needs know, sleep? right? Yeah. Uh, so, um, Daniel, you want to plug people to follow you and all your all your stuff? Yeah, um, mainly on YouTube these days at the Cobwebs channel. Uh, just having fun talking about Blu-rays, ranking movies, uh, keeping things mostly vintage and spooky. Uh, and then t- doing a John Carpenter series on the Cobwebs podcast. We just released a movie on The Thing, which is a movie that uh, is kind of popular. People kind of like that movie. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, the people seem to enjoy that one. And we had good think episode. We're all in agreement. So that's good. There was no, I mean, I don't want to spoil your podcast, but there, I don't think there was any crazy hot takes on the Beth thing. On that not one. on that one. No, yeah, yeah, not on that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, I'm so, I'm so excited about your YouTube channel. Like that seems like it's going fantastic. So thanks, man. Just, um, I watch the videos. I'm excited when new one comes out. Same. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's really good. So I'm glad it's, it's going so well. So thanks, it's like a fun doing it. So, um, Except people make comments that are weird. <laughs> Sometimes like, I get weird comments, but most comments. comments are very nice and I appreciate it. It does. Them. Yeah. It seems like I look at those and most people are pretty positive because I think they know like what channel they subscribe to. But so, yeah. you know, it's like, um, but yeah, it's good stuff. So um, for our stuff, uh, you can follow the podcast uh, on Twitter, but yeah, whatever it's called these days. Uh, Twitter. Uh, I'm still going to call it Twitter. Film Peace Pod. Uh, you can follow me on there at MapLit87. Follow me in the podcast on Instagram, film piece, all one word. Uh, you can follow me on Letterboxd. I think it's just at, or just MapLed87. Um, uh, if you haven't listened, I mean, it's been a while since so I plugged this, but uh, if you don't, if you want to be so kind as to uh, rate and review us uh, in the Apple podcast, whatever they call it now, or Spotify, they have ratings now. Um, would appreciate it. Uh, and we'll be back next week with more discoveries from Carmelita 
uh, Bellas McCoy and Preston Mitchell, who are two of you know the best guests, and I'm sure they're gonna have a lot of crazy picks. And I I keep joking, like I'm how many picks I won't have seen of their movies because <laughs> I feel like our taste maybe diverge. Both of them like have different tastes than me, so I'm curious like what's gonna you know, go on there, but uh, it should be fun. Easier for me too, because I just get to host it. Um, so uh, thanks everybody. And we'll talk to you next time. Bye everybody.